The following program contains language and subject matter that you may consider unsuitable for children. Parental discretion is advised. Let me down. believe in him verbal Keaton always said I don't believe in God but I'm afraid of him well I believe in God and the only thing that scares me is but I'm afraid of him well I believe in God and the only thing that scares me is but I'm afraid of him but I'm afraid of him you people understand the psychology of dealing with a highway traffic your normal speeder will panic and immediately go over to the line. Maybe we can cut a deal. It arouses contempt in the cop heart. Making the bastard chase him. will And as you can see, son, we live in a world that has walls, and those walls have to be guarded by men with guns. Who's gonna do it? You? That's what they call me. Some call me Angel. Some call me the Jackal. You can call me whatever you want. But if you're here tonight, you can call me your friend. Welcome to another great show here on Jackal's Head. And things have been manifesting recently. In fact, I'm going to be sharing with you guys a lot of uh, cool stuff tonight. A lot of uh, fun stuff that's coming up on the show here. I'm going to be talking about a little bit later. As the uh, chat room starts populating, I see a few of the familiar faces in there. I got uh, my friend Jamie, Just D, Paranormal Guys, RD47, my homie Cyanide, and Euphonot Moderator, or Mike, as we call him. Welcome, guys. Tonight is going to be kind of a cool night. It's the first time ever on the Jackal's Head that I actually have a live show giveaway. Now you ask yourself, what the hell is you talking about, a live giveaway? Well, what I'm talking about is I'm actually going to give away DVDs tonight. <coughs> and in fact, I'm sorry, I'm so kind of sick, but you're going to have to bear with me here. In fact, from now on, every Wednesday is going to be DVD giveaway night. Uh, starting tonight, I have two badass DVDs I'm going to be giving away later on tonight. 
Now, here are the rules, and it's very simple. He who makes, or she, he or she who makes the best call tonight with the best question and actually, you know, impresses me a little bit, will win the DVDs. Now, what DVDs are they? Well, you're going to have to wait until we come back from the break to actually get the answer to that. Let me take a little sip here from my Sprite. Hold on. Delicious. Ah, great stuff. But we are going to go on a little bit of a break like we customly do here. and We've been doing it for the last two years on the show, um, you know, on and off, mostly on. And uh, let's see, who do I want to play tonight? You know, uh, you guys know my taste. I have a little bit of a bizarre taste. But uh, tonight I'm going to keep it a little simple. Let's see here. Yeah, yeah. Whoa, my switchboard went blank. What in the hell? That is awesome. Literally, my entire switchboard just went black. Um, so, yeah, we're going to continue talking to my switchboard. It starts acting normal here. In fact, let me just uh, close that screen and come and open up a different screen. That is weird. Uh. Whoa, hey now. That wasn't me. That's the result of a lot of alcohol and a bad switchboard. Sorry about that. But let's see if the switchboard wants to cooperate. Until then, I want to say one thing. I just uh, heard a show over in uh, Euphonaut Radio with uh, Sheldon Knighton, or Knightle, and awesome show, guys. You guys uh, do it again every week, week after week, week after week after week after week. You put on a great show over there and. Yeah, he is a very informative guy, that Sheldon. He uh, he seems to uh, either be really on it or he's really out there. It's one or the other because, I mean, a lot of the stuff he's talking about is, uh, you know, it's very uh, Hollywoodish. if you know what I mean. It's it's out there. I mean, it, it, I really actually do like one thing. I do like the name, the Galactic Federation of Planets. That makes me want to boldly go where no man has ever gone before, like Uranus or Pluto, maybe Neptune. Somewhere in deep in the stars, like Rihanna's butt cheeks. Deep in there makes me want to go there. It's a cool name. I, you know, he has been on Euphonaut twice now, and he's a, he's a cool guest to have. In fact, if, uh, you know, time permits in the next few months, I'll try to see if I can book him on here so you guys who might not have not heard, even though I think everybody in the chat room heard the damn show, you guys didn't hear it for whatever reason, you'll be able to hear it. But uh, he, he has a cool guest. It's an interesting story, if you want to believe you know, the story that um, the Sheldon talks about. He, of course, talks about that there's already a contact being made, so to speak, and uh, he's the one making the contact. He kind of did dodge my question, though. Uh, with uh, the whole implant thing, and uh, I wasn't the only one that thought that. Uh, there was actually a comment uh, posted to me by a future guest here who uh, I agree with. He kind of did dodge that question. It was almost like, uh, he, you know, he really didn't want to go there. <laughs> but, you know, we'll see. We'll see in time if, uh, if his story actually checks out, if his story actually, you know, has any weight to it. I've completely lost uh, all respect for uh, David Wilcox. I mean, 
he lost complete credibility in my book. He said very clearly that Obama would, you know, announce disclosure of aliens by the 27th of November. It is now the 3rd of December, and I'm still waiting for the aliens. No aliens in sight, just like the switchboard is still not coming back up. I don't know what the hell's going on tonight with uh, with Block Talk, but the uh, entire page is frozen on me. What the hell, man? Yeah, let me see if maybe I can get a little bit better uh, service by closing a couple emails that I have open here on Google. Uh, no, still frozen. Well, that's the fun of live radio. When shit doesn't work, you look like a jackass. But it's all good. It's all right. Eventually stuff will work. But it's funny. It's 2009, and uh, a line from Spaceballs resonates really, really true right now. Even in the future, nothing works. Oh, yeah. Isn't that the truth, Lord Helmet? Damn it, man. Things pissing me off. I can't even see if I have callers. Uh, nothing. I got nothing over here. This is like the worst thing that could ever happen on Block Talk Radio. It just happened. Literally, my switchboard died. That's what happened right now. So right now, you're hearing the angry voice of an angry man who is about to start cursing on live radio if his switchboard doesn't come back up. Ah, boy. Well, let's see. Uh, what to talk about until this uh, stuff uh, starts working here? Because I have stuff to talk about later. But you know, I don't want to do that now because then I won't have nothing to talk about later. So I had actually an old agenda put together. But you know, Black Talk Radio is kind of cock blocking me right now, and I hate to use that kind of terminology, but it really feels like that. Oh, look at that! Now it's kind of working a little faster. I don't know if it was maybe DSL that is kind of acting trippy, but. My page just pulled up. Let's see now if I can get into the switchboard. You know, it's funny. I even pressed the uh, the track that I wanted to play, and I couldn't get to it. It just, for the life of me, it would not play. You know what it might be? I have BitLord open, and I'm downloading uh, an actual um, copy of Windows 7, and I think that, oh, snap, I should not have said that on radio. Uh, downloading some pornography. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm downloading pornography on BitLoid. It's about six gigs of pornography, you know, injury pornography. Just like every red-blooded American here on uh, Block Talk Radio. And uh, like some other hosts here who really enjoy pornography. Uh, I'm just trying to get my hands on the best, if you know what I mean. And, uh, yeah, I have BitLoid downloading some stuff, and I think that might be causing me issues. Or maybe not. Maybe it's just my overactive imagination here, but we'll see in about two seconds because I just turned it off. So if it does start working, then I'm going to look like a complete idiot for trying to run BitLord while I'm trying to run a show, which that's not cool, man. It's not cool to run BitLord and to try to do a show at the same time, man. Yeah, I think I'm going to lose a lot of the uh, guests in the chat unless uh, this uh, thing here starts uh, working. Hey, Jesse, have you ever had anything like this happen to you, man, with a switchboard? I mean, I know you have people who uh, help produce the show over there, but, uh, you know, I'm self-produced. I don't have, uh, you know, Mike or Tim or, or anybody. I'm all alone. 
And right now the thing does not want to cooperate. Damn it. Ah, man. You know, the words of another host come to mind right now. I'm feeling a little butthurt. I don't know if, uh, if you guys know what I'm talking about, but... His name is Todd Anderson. He likes to masturbate a lot. Why am I whispering? I have no freaking clue. But I'll tell you this much. It will be a really, really funny thing. If you guys uh, knew what I was talking about, because I'm sure he does like to, you know, whack it. Uh, let's see if maybe uh, this thing starts working now. And I had a really nice track to play, too, man. This is upsetting. This is throwing me off my track here, man. I had to start stabbing the motherfucker. <laughs> you know, this is crazy, dog. Look, Jamie, I don't, I don't ask you to uh, check yours, man, all right? It's a... Uh, it's my switchboard is acting a fool. You know, I, I wish you can call in or somebody can call in, but unfortunately, uh, you know, no calls right now because I can't access my switchboard. If you're going to do the whole prepubescent riff about masturbation, bad porn, and other rather juvenile topics, I think I have some sleepy cats around. Well, that wasn't the, the point, just me. Uh, right now, I'm having a technical issue with my switchboard, which is really throwing me off, but that wasn't the point uh, of the show tonight, just to let you know. It's just uh, kind of throwing a little humor into the fire, you know? That's all. You know what, Jamie? For the first time in my life, I want to three-way you. Don't take that in a sexual way whatsoever, you know, just even leave the, uh, the room here. But I'm going to do that. I'm going to add a... Number. Damn it, man. All right, I'm going to call you the other number. All right, bye. See, even in the future, nothing works. It's just a series of comical misadventures. All right, now we're in business. Check that out. Now I don't sound like an idiot talking to myself for a while. I'm trying to fix the switchboard. Good yeah, that, that's got to be your worst nightmare, just to be on air and not be able to do anything at all. Dude, I feel like right now, like if I had gone to class butt naked and I was, you know, asked to stand in front of the, the class and just do like, you know, a reading or something. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel right now. But, of course, I am butt naked. I mean, I am naked. But yeah, me too. That's neither, that's neither here nor there, you know. I go on Block Talk Radio naked all the time. It's wonderful. I mean, it's good stuff. Yeah. I uh, oh. I stream live video too naked. If the uh, guests want the link, I'll give it to them. All right. You do that. <laughs> Just don't show it to me. 
Because <laughs> I don't want to see you in that direction, my friend. Where's but look at that. The chat, the uh, switchboard just popped up. Nice. Like a hard-on. It just erected itself. Very nice. Here, stick around. Let's take that little uh, pause. You know what? Screw the pause. Man, I got some UFO news to talk. Let's about. talk about UFOs, man. Now that the switchboard, switchboard is up, I don't even. I don't even want to go to a pause. Why pause? Why? Why? Why even? Why? Why stop? I mean, yeah. we're here. We're here. Mister E is queer. God damn it! Let's talk about UFOs. Come on. <laughs> Tell me something about UFOs I don't know yet. Well, uh, there's some news uh, today. A uh, big UFO was seen over uh, Peoria, Illinois, a triangle craft, uh, reported on the 1st. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, Gary McKinnon has been given more time to challenge his extradition um, and for Alan Johnson to make his decision whether he will extradite him or not. Um, huh. All because he hacked uh, some... Uh, some government system and saw some alleged UFOs, huh? I guess so. And yeah. uh, we got some mass UFO sightings across South America causing panic. There's video. And, nice. Uh, was any of this video shot by Nate? No, Nathan? not at all. He was okay, on, cool. He was on uh, Weeby earlier, and uh, oh boy, Heavenly Angel was on there, and he was in, in there as a guest as Nate. And uh, I said, Nate... She's like, do you know Nate? And I was like, I think so. And then she's like, well, this is his YouTube. I said, yeah, I know. She, and then Nate's like, I'm showing her my videos right now. And I said, let me know what you think of them, Angel. Huh. She came huh. up, like, oh, they look pretty good. I was like, oh, okay. And she has the audacity to have the name Angel attached to her? Yeah. Jesus Christ, man. She and should be ashamed of herself. And we got some uh, UFOs over Britain. I'm going to paste the uh, link into the chat if anybody Sweet. wants to uh, read up more on some of them stories. Um, you know, we got all kind of all kinds of news going on here. Now, Jamie, as you heard, I'm giving away some DVDs today. Um, now, one of them is, you know, related to aliens or UFOs or outer space. Mm-hmm. One of the, in fact, I'm going to give this one away in the first hour and the second away in the second hour. The first one I'm giving away is Dark City. Nice. Now, the way the rules work on this thing is whoever has the best call of the night gets the the actual DVD. Okay, so it's uh, any topic by whoever calls in and impresses you. Exactly. With some... And, uh, Knowledge. Right now, you're leading the pack, my friend, because you know you're the only oh. one that's called so far. <laughs> I know, but I, uh, as much as I want them, I am going to uh, back out of this one and give it to. Uh, I don't want it to seem set up. So, uh, listeners, call in and beat me. If you can't beat me, uh, you don't. Don't even bother calling in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, seriously. Uh, you know, he's not even trying here. Come on. No. Not at all. He's, he's giving you guys freedom to go ahead and have at it, man. And I'm going to give the number out real quick here. If you guys do want to call in, whatever you want to talk about, whatever topic, as long as it's ufology or paranormal related, and give me a good call. I want to either hear a, a story of something that's happened to you, perhaps, 
you know, maybe uh, an incident that you had, maybe you were abducted and anally probed. If you have a really good story, tell me. That might win the, the movie for you. Or if you can call in and have a really badass question, something that stumps me or stumps Jamie, that might win it for you. So go ahead, call 347-205-9961. I want to give this out before the hour is over. So uh, please start calling now and uh, impress us. Yeah. If anybody knows anything on Project ISIS, call in and impress me. If you know more than I do about it, then... Uh that that won't impress Jackal. I'm easy to impress, so yeah. I don't know why I'm trying to get to this thing, but uh, after watching the playlist, uh, it's 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 an amazing story, and I want to find out if there's truth supporting it. So. What the uh, Project ISIS? Yeah, the Tomb of the Visitor, the KGB yeah, yeah. whole thing, you know. Um, there's really not many uh, facts to it. The guy that wrote the book, uh, passed away in 07, and uh, there really ain't too many experts on it. I mean, it, it's not a, a well-known story in ufology. Yeah, and, and it's it's funny because uh, how long were they uh, investigating this before uh, before they, they stopped altogether? I mean, they, they went on this for a little bit, right? Yeah, he... Um, I mean, the book, I think... The, the initial investigation I'm talking about, though. The investigation? Yeah. I don't know. Um, I have no clue, but... Uh, it surfaced years later, after the Cold War, um, some tapes surfaced, and uh, the guy, uh, Dr. Vi- Victor Ivanovich, uh, got a hold of it, and he started researching the story, and he actually wrote the book, uh, Project Isis, Tomb of the Visitor. Uh, he's the one that passed away, but um, you know he investigated it for quite a while right after the Cold War ended, and uh, you know there's just it, it ain't out there like most big stories are, and this could be a huge story because uh, they say that the the alien corpse that they found in in the sarcophagus or whatever was. Uh, dated to 11,000 B.C., which is, you know, old, way older than the Egyptians oh, yeah. are even dated to. So I, I don't know what's going on there. Well, as, as you know, the Sphinx itself was actually carbon dated not too long ago, and it's much, much older than, you know, the initial records show. Yeah. Uh, in fact, uh, I think it was, what, like thirty to 50,000 years older? Or yeah, something they, like that. they actually... Uh, the way they found that out is they found uh, water flow. Mm-hmm, they yeah. found out that water was actually flowing around it at one time, and they went back in history and found that it's it's definitely a lot older than they thought. And, and yeah, just I mean, so people would be like, well, what does water have to do with anything? Well, think about it. If water didn't exist uh, in Egypt, uh, you know, recent in recent history. Water existed thousands and thousands of years ago. Before whatever great you know disaster happened, it took away all the water. But uh, you know that water hasn't been there for many, many, many thousands of years. So for there to be any water erosion whatsoever, that's incredible in itself. That's you know like saying, well, you know this this statue we think is ten thousand years old, but wait a second, the erosion around it is you know dated to be more than fifty thousand years old. 
so the logic now we have to look into you know the actual historical record and see wait a second you know that can't be right you know because some of the records do date it to be a little bit less older than fifty thousand years but yeah I wish I wish they would allow um, allow digging under the Sphinx paw because you know uh, Edgar Casey predicted that there was uh, um, Atlantis's records were were there in a in a chamber under the the I think it's the right paw of the Sphinx. Mm-hmm. Sphinx. Yeah, and, I heard uh, about that. They've actually done uh, ground penetrating radar and proved that there is a cavern down there, but I don't know why they just they can't dig there. They're not allowed to. So. Well, I think it's, I think it's a government uh, thing. The government won't allow them to, to yeah. uh, get in there. Yep. It's it's uh, yeah, it's odd. I mean, if they can prove uh, what's down there is relevant to you know to anything, you know, especially to the history of the planet, that that'll be amazing. Uh, was it said that Edgar Casey's one that said that, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, that was one of his prophecies um, on Atlantis. Now, it was were his prophecies kind of saying that Atlantis was here on Earth, uh, or that Atlantis was uh, from another planet that came here? Do you remember that, or at all, or? No, he he said that that Atlantis did exist. He said it would resurface in '69, just off of Bimini, which the the Bimini Road surfaced at that time. But um, he he said when he would go into his states, he he said he pulled all this knowledge from what what he called the the Hall of Knowledge, mm, yeah, which was like it, yeah. a you know. Uh, a place where the knowledge like, for the past and the future is there. Like an intergalactic supernatural highway yeah. for telecommunications. Something <laughs> like that, yep. For the ETs. Now, you were listening to uh, Sheldon uh, Nidal over on uh, Jesse's show on Newfoundland, right? Yeah. Now, what were your thoughts of, of what he was talking about in his story? Um, you know, people tend to... Uh, be very, very skeptical with stories like that. Uh, I'm having a guy on tomorrow who is a friend of mine who has uh, stories that are going to top that big time. I mean, this guy has multiple claims, and and he just uh, you just got to take what he says and, and and process it in your own mind and believe what you want to believe and look at the facts if there is any. Um, I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm on the fence as far as as abductions go. Um, you know, I don't know if people really do get abducted or if it's uh, sleep paralysis. I've no. I've I've experienced sleep paralysis on one occasion, which was terrifying. But but there's been so many cases of of human abduction that um, you know it could be true. Yeah, speaking of human abduction, so I'm going to have a guest on the show here on the 9th who has a little uh, knowledge of being abducted. Uh, in <laughs> fact, uh, some of you guys may be very familiar with this gentleman. He goes by the name of Travis Walton. Yeah, the that Travis Walton, yep. The man, one of the hardest the. guests to get, has not done radio. Well, he, he did his first radio appearance in years the other day. Um think a couple of weeks ago. I just mm-hmm. I just um posted a link in the chat to some new video I uploaded today. 
of uh, footage from the 28th and 29th. Um, first 40 seconds aren't that great, but it gets going real good. And uh, there's no, they're not airplanes, so <laughs> you guys can have a look. They're actually in one of the shots. I, I'm filming this craft, right? And, and they're just like I, I call them, I call them like star objects because they're, they look like satellites and they, they go on, on straight paths, but they do change course. And I'm filming this one, and there's a plane coming in the background. I'm like, great, people are gonna hear this plane and think I'm filming a plane. So I pan over to the plane, then I pan back to the object, and you know, after about four minutes, you can see the plane and the object in the same frame, and you can see the plane blinking away, and the object. Uh, we filmed. Uh, there's a, there's a good amount of uh, objects on that video. Uh, redid it today. I had to do a full system restore on my computer yesterday. That was a pain in the ass, but it's uh, back up working. So. A pain in the wazoo, I can imagine now. Yeah, it was. About a six-hour process. I just, I, I don't know what I would do without the internet. It was weird before I had it, you know. I really didn't think about it, but now, like, just trying to go a day without getting online. I'm like, man, I gotta see what's going on. I gotta see what's going on, you know. Yeah, it's kind of like what Jesse was, uh, what Jesse and Sheldon was talking about and when I called in. Uh, the internet is actually becoming, in a sense, an intergalactic, you know, connection for the planet. I mean, it's pretty much there for everybody, you know, it unites the entire world, but it's now become such a necessity for an everyday living. Uh, for example, my job, if the Internet goes down, work stops. Yeah. I mean, literally, nobody does nothing for, you know, for how many hours. Um, and we work over the phone as, you know, my company, we sell advertising for to other companies, uh, for the Internet advertising, Internet advertising, but we work over the phones calling people. But even, the, even though the fact that we call people over the phone, uh, I don't do that because I work in a different department. I'm not in sales. I'm actually the web designer for the company, but... Uh, you know, th this is what they do. You know, they'll stop literally doing what they're doing if the internet goes down, even though they're working over the phone, calling people. Yeah. So that tells you how important the internet is to just about every basic function that we have. You know, in life, uh, yeah, I can't, I can't even remember not having internet in my house, and that that goes, and that tells you, yeah, and I, you know, I remember, but I don't remember it. You know what I mean? Like I remember th that time period, but it doesn't feel real. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Not having internet. I was a late comer. I didn't get online until uh yeah, you said comer. <laughs> <laughs> until uh middle of 2007 and uh I I think it's responsible for you know for the increase in paranormal and UFO activity. We all link together and uh you know anybody can see anybody's stories. And uh it, it's definitely played a huge role you know, in almost every subject out there. Yep, I really have, yeah. I mean, you got you got everything at your fingertips that you used to have to go to the library for, search for months for, you know, certain files before you'd have to go. Search. Now we have Google. Yep. And Bing.com. And it's the best invention since the toilet paper, <laughs> you know. Oh, yeah. Google comes in handy, boy, let me tell you. Google saves lives. Uh, 
it's funny. I was uh, at work, and uh, we, were, we actually faced a, a little bit of a catastrophe because we had a client who we, uh, we we lost his information. Like, literally, we didn't know anything, even his phone number. We couldn't get a hold of him. And I vaguely remembered his name. And we found him just by Googling his name. And it was vague. I didn't remember his full name. Like, I remember his middle and his last name, and he was a doctor. So we kind of keyed in like that, and, and we keyed in on the city, and we found him like in five minutes, yeah. thanks to Google. Ten years ago, never would have spoken to that man again. I do that sometimes. I search my own name just to see what comes up, and, uh, you know, it's amazing how much stuff is out there just in the two years I've been online. Um, I mean, everything's out there. Just in all my different usernames. I only have three or four different usernames, but... Even my real name, there's just, every little comment I've ever made is out there, it's weird. Everything you do eventually gets put into that search engine. Oh yeah, and everything you do online comes back to haunt you and bite you in the ass sometimes. In fact, there's a little thing that happened yesterday which came back to bite somebody in the ass in, in, in a little bit of a funny way. Uh, the other host here on Block Talk Radio who likes to masturbate a lot to uh, gay pornography or child pornography or whatever he likes. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah, He uh, and it was kind of funny. He uh, came out yesterday on his show. Uh, I was actually in TalkBox, just minding my own business, and he had booted somebody from his room thinking it was me. And it was funny that there was a body, somebody in TalkBox who came in telling me, hey, Jackal, because you know, they know me. I don't want to say who it is, but uh, they were like, hey, Jacko, you should put on uh, so-and-so's show because they're they're bashing you really bad on a show right now. And I was like, oh, please, I you know I hear that on every show he does. You know, and he, That's yeah. been the M.O. for the last four months. Uh, and he goes, no, no, but seriously, like you got to put this shit on. It's pretty funny. He booted somebody, and he did it thinking it was you. Are you in the room? And I was like, dude, I'm like, I'm not even like listening to the radio right now. So uh, whatever, I ended up you know, going into the room. He didn't boot me out. So I actually, I, for like, I think a good portion of, like, the last 40 minutes I was in the room just watching all the people type in. I even saved the uh, the chat in case anybody didn't believe me, you know, one day. <laughs> and I read everything that was uh, that was brought up. But the funny thing is, and this is going to be funny to Rich and to other people who hear this, uh, this other host had a guy on his show who runs a website. And it's actually a pretty cool website. I went to the website. It's uh, dramatube.net, Okay. Uh, it's kind of it's one of those Ning websites, yeah. And it, I, I'm sure you're familiar with Ning. Everybody has a Ning account now. Uh, I have uh, a Ning website, so yeah. <laughs> exactly. I, I so do I. I have two of them actually. Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, so yeah, he has a Ning website, and it turns out that the other host, Todd, which is his real name, uh, since he likes calling me Angel by my real name, like that's going to insult me because yeah, he said that wasn't his real name, but that's what he gets called. It's that his whole life. No, no. His real name is Todd, and I know. his wife's name is Sandra. I know. So. I know. But uh, funny, you know, he was saying Ijo, like you know, like that's hurting my feelings or something because he doesn't understand how much you know vagina I've done in my life thanks to. Whoa, got booted off there. Jamie, just talk, call back in, and I'll, I'll patch you right into the uh, the switchboard there. We got disconnected. Uh, but like I was saying before uh, Block Talk rudely interrupted, um, 
Yeah, you know, um, let me see. Can you hear me, Jamie? Yeah, can you hear me? All right, cool. Perfect. Yeah, the last word I heard you say was your name, Angels, got you so much, and then it got disconnected. Yeah, like, yeah, I was I was about to say that, uh, you know, he says <laughs> my name, Angel, a couple times last night. Like, that's supposed to hurt my feelings. Like, you know, he doesn't uh-huh. really understand that I have gotten laid many times because just my name is Angel, <laughs> and chicks dig my name. Uh, so thank you for telling everybody my name. I've actually said it before on radio here. My name is Angel. Uh, you know, chicks dig it. Uh, like I said, it's gotten me many of uh, opportunities with women in the past. Uh, he wouldn't know about that, of course, since, you know, he likes guys, apparently. Uh, but, you know, he started quoting my name a lot. So I went to that website, and I created a, a Ning account uh, profile on the website. Uh, and it's funny, he divulged some funny information on, on his show. He said that he was banned from that website. Guess what for? What's that? He was banned from the website for instigating fights among people and fighting with other people himself. Oh, wow. That's not like... Does that not sound familiar? <laughs> it's all ratings, people. That's what he said. That's really... That's really it right there. I mean, the guy is a media whore who uh, just wants ratings. That's really all it is. Uh, but, yeah, I found that pretty funny. And then, you know, since he was, you know, bashing me, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to that website and I'm going to create an account. So I created an account over there and I've been hanging out over there. It's actually a pretty neat website. You know, he was stalking me for like three months. He wouldn't leave me alone, so now I'm just returning the favor. Maybe one day I'll go over and visit and we'll have some coffee or something. Is that, uh, or maybe not. You're talking about his site, right? No, no, I'm talking about uh, the uh, dramatube.net website. Oh. Yeah, that website. Anyway, folks, that's the, the funny story from uh, the idiot show last night, <coughs> or as I like to call him, Todd. Todd Anderson. That was from his show last night. Uh, if anybody uh, wants to get in on this raffle that I'm doing for the movie, again, it's the movie Dark City, which stars Rufus Sewell, Kiefer Sutherland, Jennifer Connelly, and William Hurt. Badass movie. It's uh, on DVD, New Lines uh, Platinum Series Edition. It's uh, a badass copy. Brand new. If you guys want it, the number is 347-205-9961. I haven't gotten a call, so... I'm kind of uh, I'm upset by that, but, you know, make my night. Call in and win some shit. You know, that's uh, that's how it works here. You call in, you win some shit. Well, what I other show is going to give you that? I just got you about five more listeners should be popping in here. Um, oh, I think our buddy Nate might be one of them. He's been hanging out on the Weeby uh, chat. Hey, you know what? Let Nate call in. In fact, you know, I'm not going to be a dick to him or anything like that. If he wants to call in. Uh, well, I'll put him on here. We'll talk to him, and he can win one of these DVDs. You know, I'll let him. I'll let him. You know, give me a a good talking to for a couple minutes yeah. and have him win. Yeah, let's see what he knows. Um, um, you know, somebody call I mean, and I'll give you. Th- me and Jackal will give you two or three different cases or topics or something, and see what you know about it. If you know a lot about it, you win. That's that simple. The number is 347-205-9961. As you can see, I'm actually in a pretty good mood today, so I'm not going to, uh, you know, bash Nathan or anything like that. So, Nathan, if you want to call in, call in, bro. No harm don't, no harm done. Uh, I'm in a good mood because yesterday I got free publicity from uh, the other idiot 
on Block Talk Radio show. He gave me about 40 minutes of publicity on his show, uh, which is great. You know, any publicity is good publicity, especially when he's saying my name Angel on radio. Because <laughs> now I'm going to have chicks as fans want to get to know me better. Thank you, buddy. Oh, I want to say the uh, the website's looking awesome, man. We haven't uh, talked about it on your show yet, but it's coming together really good. Oh, yeah. That thing is pimping. In fact, uh, I'm going to place a link unless you beat me to it. I'll beat you uh, to it. Probably will because I don't have it saved on this computer. So, yeah, just beat me to it. Post the link on there. It's uh, coming up pretty nice, man. I still have to do another round of updates, which will probably get done, uh, I would say, by Friday. And, and we're going to change the URL, too, so. Yeah, that URL is temporary. I mean, that, that'll that still, you know, point you to, to the website. Yeah. You'll be able yep. to to find it through there anyway. But the URL is going to be a little shorter. It'll be skywatchersradio.com. Has a nice link to it, doesn't it? It rolls off the tongue well. Skywatchers Radio. And, uh... You know, if any of you guys out there are uh, interested in advertising on the site, just give me a, um, send me a message or send Jack a message, and uh, we'll get you put up there. And we're easy to find. You can either find us here, or you can just go to the website and send us an email through there, either way. Or call us. Or you could put a note on a pigeon and send it that way. Maybe perhaps in a bottle for the I ocean. I wondered how that worked back then. I mean, how the pigeon know where to go? But I'm not even going to get into it. Yeah, that's uh. Well, I mean, I think we have to get into the metaphysical of the <laughs> and the ego of the pigeon itself. Will the ego allow the pigeon to do these things? That's the real question. The ego, man. It's all about the ego. Remember that. So, Ego uh, dominates everything. I don't and think I've announced on the, on your show yet. <coughs> uh, Little coughing is bad. That I have Mr. Jerry Pippen coming on the fifteenth, which is going to be a great show. So uh, definitely stop by then. Tomorrow I'm having Myron Myron Hardiman on. He's uh, a multiple alien abductee. He has synchronization numbers. He's ex Air Force. Um, father's a pastor. It's going to be a great show. Um, he's the kind of guy that can talk forever. We've talked probably 16 hours just him calling me and just listening to all the stuff he has. So that's tomorrow at 10 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, you have a pretty good lineup uh, for the next, what, week or month or so? Yeah, I got, um, I got Myron on Tuesday. I got Davini. Or Myron nice. tomorrow. I got the Vinny coming on the eighth, which is Tuesday, my normal days. Then next Tuesday I have Pippin. Then the seventeenth I have Michael Cohen coming on from um, uh, AllNewsWeb.com. That's going to be a, a great interview because he doesn't do too many shows. I don't. I've never heard of him being on a talk show. There's been some controversy with him about him ruining ufology by some of the articles he puts up. But he's actually doing a service to us because what he does is he goes to um, other languages like Japanese, Russian stories, 
you know, he gets all the stories from the other languages, and he has them translated the right way so we can all read them and see what's going on. I mean, that's a good service. But a lot of yeah, people, no, really is. a lot of people knock him for it. Oh, well, you know, there's always naysayers and everything. Yeah. Yep, that's true. Unfortunately, yeah. But uh, here, this is not a naysayer type of thing. Uh, if you guys call, you'll win some sea shit. 347-205-9961. Come on, people. Get on the damn phones and make a phone call. It does not cost you anything. Nope. Get your fingers, take them out of your rectum, and dial 347-205-9961. I got it. With me in my possession, Dark City, from the director of The Crow. Plus, which was going to be for the second hour, but screw it, I'll put it for both hours. You know, you'll get, you'll pick whichever one you want. How's that? Also, have interview with the vampire. Nice. Original DVD, brand new. Also, you guys pick the one you want, and it'll be yours if you call in. Hell, if you call in, you might just win the shit. Okay. Yeah, just call in. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us some jokes. Uh, do something. Make me laugh. Yes, make them laugh. Make me laugh like a clown. How's that? Hey, look, if Nate calls in, I will buy him the Ranger camera he wants. How's that? No. <laughs> He'll be calling in in two seconds. Uh, let me let me uh, tell him that we want him to call in. I don't know. Yeah, if, you... I don't know if he's listening live or not, but uh, I got him here on chat. Yeah, I got him here on chat. Oh boy. Yeah, I kind of felt bad uh, after listening to the show the other night. I reheard it. Oh, it was a little hard on the kid. You know, he is a kid. He uh, he clearly is, you know, not doing uh, the right things. But, you know, he's trying, and uh, he's, he's enthusiastic about what he's doing. And listen, we have a call, 425. You're on the Jackal's Head with Jamie and the Jackal. Welcome to the show. You want to win some free shit? Uh, sure. Okay, who's this? This is Angel from Weeby UFO Believers. Hello, Angel. Isn't that such a beautiful name, Angel? Thank you. Your name is unusual. My name is Angel also. <laughs> Jackal of all trades. No. <laughs> that's what I'm that's that's my slogan. There you go. So you guys are having fun tonight? Yeah. Oh, uh, we're always we're always having a good time here. Thank you. Yeah, well Jamie's my friend. Love him, love him, love him. Jamie is an awesome person. Uh, yes, he is. I'm very impressed with him. How much do you love Jamie? So much that I would give him a big hug around the world. Damn, that's, that's, that's a lot of loving. Yeah, that's a lot. Uh, and the universe. Let's put the universe in there, too. Damn, that's even more loving. See, that's real loving right there, man. That's, I'm telling you, I got that that's for him. That's unconditional. That's unconditional. <laughs> that's right. No, I... Can you turn the, the radio in the background uh, down? It's kind of I, uh, I got off. it off now. Oh, there you see. Angels are in sync with each other. I thought it. She didn't. Saw that one. <laughs> are you an angel with horns? Sometimes. <laughs> only only where when overgrown bullies try to push me around, then my horns come out, and then I get nasty. <laughs> And I get disrespectful. <laughs> and then they meet the jackal. Nate's tuning into the show now, so 
Uh, All right, welcome to the show. Hey, Nate. He don't believe me, so go ahead and tell him, Jackal. Well, he doesn't believe you that I'm going to be nice to the kid. Yeah. Aww. Hey, Nate, listen, man. Call in, bro. I'm going to be nice to you. I'm not going to bash you. I'm not going to yell at you. I already got my uh, my yelling out of my system the other day by telling you how I felt. And, you know, I did listen to the archive. I felt kind of bad because, you know, you are a kid and you're going to be you're enthusiastic about UFOs, man. So who am I to tell you that your planes are not UFOs? You know what I mean? Who am I? Yeah, who are you? Yeah, who am I? I'm just a jackal. That's all I am. I'm nobody. This is just Block Talk Radio and Angel. I just met Nate tonight online and looked at his site, and I'm very impressed with his site. Well, you almost had a DVD until you said that, but damn it, why'd you have to ruin it for yourself? That's okay. I don't really need one. <laughs> they're airplanes, man. No, they're not. Jack- yes, they are. I've done that experiment, and I, I've proven they're airplanes. Jack-o-day. But that's neither here nor there. We're not trying to get into that tonight. Yeah. I don't want to you know, make this uh, bash. Uh, you know, Nathan Part 2 here on the show, so let's hey, not do that. Even I have filmed an airplane thinking it was a triangle. Exactly. Seriously. It was on high altitude uh, Boeing, and it, had, it was a triangle, a total triangle. And, uh, wow. It turned out... I, was, think what, I think what's happening with uh, Nasty Nate over here is that uh, he's, uh, you know, filming planes from far away and not noticing their planes, and uh, I think he really believes that they're UFOs. Yeah. But I know the difference, believe me, and I know the trick how it's done. Uh, I know how a hoaxer should do it because I've done it on purpose to see if it works. And I have a better camera than he has, and I could do the same thing that he did. Yeah, Jackal actually got me with a video that I thought was a true UFO. Completely. I mean, everybody bought it. In fact, I will post the link, if you give me a minute here, where you two uh, conversate. Yeah, that'd be great. And this not only fooled Jamie, it fooled... Everybody who sees it on YouTube, everybody. There's not one person wow. who, it who does not think it's a, a legitimate UFO. In fact, it's gotten stars across the board, all five stars. Uh, everybody's giving me rave reviews on, on capturing such an amazing you know, piece of footage, and it was an airplane. Completely hmm. an airplane. And it looks like a big, giant orb in the sky, like a UFO. It looks just like what a UFO would look like. But... I know the difference. That's the thing, and that's what I was trying to explain to Nasty Nate over here. That mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you might be capturing things, and because you're not maybe looking with your eyes, you're just looking through the camera. You're not seeing what's really there. Remember, there, there's something that people don't understand when it comes to yeah. camera work. The camera does not focus in on objects as well as your eyes would. Uh, for example, the camera has to read the fact that there's an object there and there's light on the object. Now, when right. there's light on the object, when the camera is reading it, since it doesn't have the same focus that we have with our natural vision, the camera distorts the light because of the fact that it's too bright for it to pick it up and focus in on the object. So the object becomes part of the light in a sense, and it gets distorted in there, and it creates what people are recording as orbs flying around. That's an optical illusion. That's all that is. There's yeah, nothing else to it. You can actually see it in the video I posted tonight. I'll post it again, but when you watch it, um, in the beginning of the video, <clears throat> you'll see it. You'll see it blurry, and then you'll see it autofocus and zoom right in. You can tell what it is. And even in my video, towards the end of it, you'll see a uh, you'll see a plane and an actual 
um, UFO. Now, when I say UFOs, I'm not talking about little green men. Um, I'm not talking about satellites. I'm talking about objects that that don't go in a straight path, that change direction, um, you know, and do all kinds of different other things. You know, I, I film everything in the air I don't think is a plane, and I rule out satellites. But, um, you know, through certain cameras, you can zoom into an airplane, and it distorts the image. I have a degree as a photojournalist. I worked with, with the Charlotte Sun-Herald for three years as a photographer, so I don't know what I'm talking about. And and even my old camera, my JVC, when you would zoom into it, it would look like a white orb, no matter what light you zoomed into. So when I film, I don't use any zoom at all. All my all my footage is no zoom. You may see me zoom in once in a while to something. Right. But uh, I don't zoom in at all. But, yeah, Jack and posted his uh, video link. Yeah, I just uh, posted the link. Well, what about when you're seeing it with your own eyes and not just the camera? Well, yeah, that's, that's you know, same thing. I mean... Yeah, no, sometimes a plane will be so far away that you can still see the light, uh, but even your eyes won't be able to make the shape of what it is. Uh, and, of course, mm-hmm. if you see it in a certain direction, it's going to look a little weird because of maybe the direction it's flying. I'm not saying that there is no such thing as UFOs. Don't don't get it twisted. I'm not trying to say that. I believe in UFOs. I believe in aliens. I believe in life. Uh, Have you seen any here. UFOs? I've actually seen two objects which I will say are not conventional aircrafts. I know the difference between an airplane and I know the difference between what I saw. What I saw was an object that was moving in one direction, suddenly stop, stay still for about, I would say, five minutes, and then shoot straight up in the air and disappear. And the second object I saw did very something very similar. It went in it was a straight direction, uh, away from the house where it was actually me and my father saw it together. We had a. But what did they uh, look like? Well, no, no, let me finish. Let me finish. Let me get there. Uh, me and my father kind of saw the object together, and uh, we both saw it at the same time. The thing was traveling uh, like away from us, and then it stopped and disappeared like a minute later. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen those before too. Okay. Yeah. Those are the two objects that I saw. Now I, they were so far away I couldn't tell an actual shape. I just saw a light in the sky. Uh, that could be anything. It could be uh, maybe a government aircraft. It could be an alien spacecraft. It could be a, yeah. uh, a satellite hitting, you know, reentering or, or orbit and burning up and deflecting somewhere else because, you know, those things happen. Certain pieces of, of uh, debris that is in space sometimes it does go, come back into orbit. And as it's breaking up during reentry, they will take the shape or the appearance from far away of maybe a UFO because it looks like, you know, something burning in the sky falling down. So it will have that appearance. So I don't know what it was. Uh, all I know is that it made a very sudden move and shot straight upwards and disappeared. Let's That's the first one. I just posted the perfect uh, link. The link I just posted, the last one here in the chat, is uh, is the one that turned out to be a plane. You'll see it. Okay. You'll see it look just like a regular orb in the sky. It's not blue. Mm-hmm. But I zoom into it, and it actually looks like a triangle as it's going across the sky. But but it's actually been identified as a a very high altitude Boeing uh, 747. They got these new kind of 747s that have lights um, in that configuration, and we've also seen other ones that have uh, configurations that almost look like a flying A. They have, like, uh, lights on both wings and then across the belly. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen those. Yeah, I've seen that no, recently around here. I'm right. I Boeing is here. I'm in Seattle. So we have two fields, three fields here that 
take off with Boeing yeah. planes all day long. So and I'm like, I'm less than, I'm like a mile away from one of them. Yeah, when they fly over here, they're either going to Miami or they're going international. Yep. So, you know, they're at 30-plus thousand feet. And, mm -hmm. uh, but, uh, you know, a lot of... Now, how could you tell that that was a plane, though? I'm looking at the triangle video right now. Well, actually, um, I just, uh, I've had a couple people look at it. And they all identified it as a, well, one said it was a plane. Did you hear any noise? No, none at all. But, but it, but so then why wouldn't you think that it was a UFO instead of, why are you thinking it's a plane instead of a UFO? If there was no noise. There was no noise, but it's, it's such high altitude. and Yeah, the noise there's going to be noise at that altitude. Yeah, the uh, noise does impossible. precede a plane, too. I mean, the plane could have been gone by the time I'm done filming and in the house, and then the noise comes, you know what I mean? That happens yeah. all the time where you're, you'll hear a plane and you look. That's true. You're right about that. And you look, and it's somewhere else. So um, Right. So I'm not saying, you know, it's 100%. Well, this one does look like a plane to me. It doesn't look like a UFO yeah. the way... Have you seen the one that I posted? I'm sorry, say that again. Did you see the one that I put in the room there? I'm I'm looking at Jamie's. I'll look at yours right now. All right, look at mine and tell me what you think of that one. Okay. His basically does the same thing my old JVC did. Is when you zoom into something so far, it distorts it and makes it uh, like an orange. You know, Jamie, the the triangle one you posted. The one thing that really gives it away that it's a plane. It's the blinking lights. Yeah, the blinking light and the tail. Yeah, but yeah that completely not, gives Well, you can't really see the tail much, but the blinking lights, that gives like away. Well, like you can't see the tail. Go ahead. Sorry, Jamie. Yeah, it's just not like the normal blinking lights, like, uh, you know, they blink red and, red and whatever. So, mm -hmm. you know, I filmed it, and I, I thought it was my first triangle. I've been waiting to capture my first triangle, but I'm actually looking at Jackal's video right now. Don't feel bad, buddy. You'll catch one eventually. Man, I can't believe I didn't okay. think plane. But see, you know, I'm, I'm looking at yours now, Jackal. Cool. But just look, just imagine. We know that's a, a plane that you captured there, Jamie. Imagine if you're a kid like Nathan who's 20 or 19 or whatever, and doesn't have the experience we have, you know, in, in sky watching or. Yeah. Or, uh, I don't think age really has much to do with it or experience. No, it won't yeah, it does. <laughs> it does because he, he's starting out. He's admitted he's starting out now. He doesn't really know what he's doing. He hasn't really done any scientific, you know, experiments on his own footage to see if it really is a UFO or not. He's just took some footage, slapped together with some, you know, some, with some animation, uh, Photoshop, and just put it online. That's not very smart thinking because there are people online who are much dumber who are going to believe, you know, what he's posting on there, who just are going to take it at face value. And that's a bad thing to do. That's bad for ufology. Uh, that's, that's bad for humanity because you're, you're pretty much lying to people, you know what I mean, without knowing any hard facts of what really you're capturing. Um, that's why I have respect for people who don't put all their footage, you know, out right away, who allow people to scrutinize it and to have scientific, you know, work done on it before they put it out in the public. Yeah. So people can say, hey, you know, we saw this. We had experts look at it, and guess what? Uh, it is a UFO. We can't explain what the hell this is. Then yeah. you put mm -hmm. the footage out. Well, that that way, you don't, you know, a, you don't tarnish ufology, and B, you don't make it an ass out of yourself because that's really what you do when you do something like that. Uh, and, you know, just look at that video. I mean, Jimmy knows that's a plane. I know that's a plane that he put on there. Uh, but just think about it, the dumb people that are going to believe that's a UFO. 
because they'd annoy you better. The last link I just posted is real true orbs. It's it, these are the serious things we're seeing. You will be able to tell the difference if you click on that last link. Okay. The first 40 seconds or so is a little rough. It's me positioning. But then after that, the whole rest of the video is nothing but these things that we're catching. Now, I, I found out through a source, which I'm allowed to say, Billy Cox, who's part of the Paradigm Research Group. Um, he told me that there is submarines in the Atlantic and the Gulf that are now testing reconnaissance craft that they launch from their submarines that that actually goes up into the air and and moves around to do surveillance. Right. So I don't know if that's what I'm capturing or not, but whatever I capture, you know, I skywatch pretty every pretty much every night. Uh, I spend uh, at least three hours out there, and the three hours I spend out there is the hours that the sun would reflect off of the object. So that that's why I capture so many. But, yeah, I've captured planes, a few here and there that I'm mistaken, but, you know, there's some that yeah. are totally, you can totally tell they're not planes. And that video that I posted for sure, at the very end of it, you can actually see an example of the object I was tracking the whole time, and then the plane is next to it. And you can see them both in the same frame, and you can see the plane blinking, and this object staying solid the whole time. So, Jackal, what would you say was in the video that you sent? If that's not a uh, UFO? That's an airplane. I know that for a fact. I saw it with my own eyes. An airplane that's not moving? That's sitting still? The the one that says UFO with a question mark? Uh, I'm sorry, what did you say? This is how you fool huh? people when you do this. This is how you trick people when you when you do hoaxes. Now I'm going to explain to you why the plane appears like it's not moving. Yep. Okay. The reason this happens is an optical illusion that goes along with the illusion of it looking like an orb. It's actually flying towards me. If the plane is flying towards you, you're going to have a good 10 minutes of footage, which is it's going to look like it's just sitting there in the sky. And it's not yeah. Okay. Much now the plane was coming towards me. I was sitting in my car, parked right in front of the thing, flying towards me, and it was pretty far oh. away. So as I'm sitting there, it just looks like it's sitting right there, but it's actually flying towards me. And when it got too close that the object got really big, I turned the camera off. I only got like five minutes of footage. But I said, oh, it was like eight hours that was sitting out there. That's how you manipulate people into believing a lie. Now, the reason I did that video and I put it online, I did it as a socialized experiment to see how many people are dumb enough to fall for it, A. Uh, B, to see how many people I can dupe into believing it who are trying to pass off their plane videos as UFO videos. Um, mm -hmm. and Nathan, unfortunately, did not pass that test. Uh, as soon as I showed him that video, he said, oh, my God, man, I have videos exactly like that. That looks exactly like the stuff I'm recording. Well, yes, it does, because you're capturing airplanes also, Nathan. That was my answer to him. He's, he's because, mad now because he thinks that you're, he's real mad. He thinks you're still calling him a hoaxer. But well, the, look, call in. I'm not going to, like I said, I'm not going to yell at you, dude. I'm going to, uh, this but, tone of voice but, you hear. Just to clear it up, you said you don't think he's doing a purpose. I don't either. From the point no, point, no point, way, not at all. At this point, I'm, I'm starting to believe that he might actually believe that they're UFOs just because he's not looking at them with his own eyes. I, he might just be looking through the camera because he just got a new toy or something, and he's 
just looking up at the camera, and he sees it, and he's not really paying but, attention to it properly. But, but, Nate, then again, that's only one person's opinion, Nate. That's that's yep. only one person. That's Jacko's opinion. That's that's not my opinion. That's not Angel's opinion. Now, that's not here's the thing. Opinion. Here's the thing. One video that he does have on there, which I got pretty pissed at because it's pretty stupid, Oh, actually, two videos. Is uh, One of them is the handprints on the garbage can, and the other one is the crop circles on his lawn. Which, first of all, the handprints, you can clearly see the regular five fingers of his hand, and he's saying it's an alien hand. Uh, and the crop circles, you can clearly see that's just like piss stains on the, on the yard from the dogs or something. You know how like sometimes when you put like a piece of lumber on the yard or a piece of wood or something and it stays in the backyard, and when you go to lift it up, the, the actual grass is all dead? That's kind of what yeah. it looks like. Like he just maybe put a, some weights or something, left it in the yard for a couple of days, and when he took them off, boom, the yard you know, was kind of dead in that one spot. And well, I haven't that seen that video, so I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it's like little spots on the, on the grass. He's saying those are crop circles from aliens. See, it's stuff like that that really upset me. If it was just the UFOs that he's capturing, uh, supposedly, you know, I wouldn't, probably wouldn't have been so upset with the kid. But the fact that he's putting stuff like that on purpose knowing that that stuff is not real, uh, that tells me that there's more that meets the eye with this kid uh, as far as the hoaxer is concerned because now he's doing stuff on purpose. He's not just capturing something and saying, well, it could be a UFO. No, he's grabbing a garbage can or garbage can or whatever you want to call it, a lid, and, you know, has a handprint on it. And he's calling that an alien handprint. And he's making a serious video and putting it on YouTube where, you know, millions of stupid people get, you know, download that and think, oh, man, there's a alien handprint on that there trash can. That's not cool, man. Listen, guys, if uh, some, if if I go out, it's because um, we have... You have a hot date or something? No, cool. we have severe weather right now. We have tornado warnings on the ground. I just, oh, wow. I just posted our Doppler satellite link in there. We're, we're actually just about to get slammed very bad. Oh, wow. Yeah, it, it, it probably hits you tomorrow, but it's a uh, front coming through. Uh, we have a cell that's wrapping around to the north of me about five miles, so my power tends to go out in these corners. But uh, we'll stay with you as long as we can. Is well, Nate on the phone? No, he's not. Uh, uh, and I was about to say, you know, it, it'll be nice if he calls in. Like I said, Nate, I'm not going to yell at you. I already said what I had to say to you. Um, if you want to call in, you know, call in, bro. Nobody's going to bash you or anything. Uh, you know, talk to us. Tell us, you know, why you're doing this, why you're, you know, videotaping UFOs, uh, what got you into ufology. Uh, tell me about your, your family. Tell me about your, upgr- or your upbringing. Tell me about your schooling. Uh, tell me about when you were in diapers. I don't know. Tell me anything. Just talk. You know, call in. 347-205-9961. Like I said, we're going to be friendly here tonight. I'm not going to bash you. I'm not going to yell at you. I'm not going to call you a hoaxer. Uh, even though, you know, I might, that might be my opinion. I'm not going to say it to your face again. No, I don't think he's a hoaxer, though. Well, the alternative is a lot worse than being a hoaxer for him. <laughs> yeah, well, so it starts with a C it, and the second word is P. It would be good for him to call in because, you know, he, he needs to back up his story. If he's going to post them, you know, in my opinion, he should back them up. Um I understand it may be a little nervous coming on the radio show. Uh, first time I was on radio show, I was very nervous. But um, he's already called in before, so. Uh, yeah, you know what? I'll, I'll give him props. He did call in. He called in right under the the the, the, the heat. Yes, 
for the say because I was, you know, firing some uh, pretty mean stuff at you know his way because of the video he was posting me and Davini when the and the uh, show together. And he, you know, when he showed up, he called in, and I'll give him props for that. He did call in. Uh, he, you know, it takes a big man to call in when somebody's talking shit about you. Yeah, it does. Uh, yeah. And I'm, I'm a bigger man to say, hey, I give you props for that, bro. You called in, and you took it. You know, you call, you didn't just call in and say, hey, fuck you guys, man, and hung up the phone. No, you stayed on the line, and you know, you let us question you. So for that, you earned some respect back from me. I'll give you some respect for you because of that, because it takes a big man to do that. Not everybody is that big of a man to just put themselves in that spot. But uh, like I said, tonight, I'm not going to bash you if you call in. I'm not going to point fingers at you and call you nasty names or anything like that, even though I've kind of nicknamed them Nasty Nate. But, but let's, uh, let's take this in another direction. Uh, yeah. Well, I've seen lots of UFOs yeah, throughout my life. My first one was when I was age five. Yeah. And I, and I don't need a camera <laughs> to verify what I saw. <laughs> I know what I saw, yeah, that's you know. And I've seen them up close. Uh, Have you seen any uh, recently? Yes, I have. My daughter and I both did. Um, My youngest one at 5 o'clock in the morning, it was a triangular-shaped one, very low. It was small. It was black, and it had lights underneath that were like... um, The colors changed so quickly and so fast, it was like a disco ball almost effect. And it was, um, I was, it was flying under radar, and it was right over the top of us. I ran outside, um, outside to the front of the yard, and it went right overhead, right over the top of me, and it was gliding. It wasn't like, it wasn't. There was no noise, nothing. It was a clear night, and it must have been probably about 200 feet above me. It was not that far. Not that um, far from me. Now, do you live uh, near Mount Adams or? or uh... No, 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 no. I live um, in Seattle, Seattle area. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Where there's a lot of Boeing. That's what I'm saying. There's three Boeing fields here. Yeah. And I'm one mile away from one, but it was right under the radar. Chances Boeing... are you saw a Boeing. Huh? The chances are you saw a Boeing. I don't know. Gliding, no noise. You ever heard of Occam's razor? What is it? You ever heard of Occam's razor? No. What is that? Let me tell you what what it looked like. There was triangular shape. Uh-huh. It had round, uh, kind of like rounded corners, not 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 pointed. Um, I would say it was probably it wasn't that big. I mean, maybe like twelve feet. In length, it wasn't that long at all. That's what's surprising to me. It was 12 feet, and how far up was it? Probably about 200 feet above me. About 200. I mean, it was it was very close. I mean, it was like just. I'm sorry, what? It was 200 feet above you, and it's 12 feet long. That's a pretty big craft. Didn't look that big though. Click on that link. Because it's 200 feet above you, sweetie. That's the reason why it doesn't look that big. But that'll be about the size of a Boeing 747. So it's 200 feet above you. I just put a link in the chat. Click on that and tell me if... Yeah, I see that. Yeah, I see... Oh, wait, hold on. Let me get to Now, do you know Occam's Razor? You ever heard of that before or you never heard of that? No, uh uh-uh. Okay, Occam's Razor, uh, to put it in simple terms, it's uh, when you take 
for example, two stories, usually the simple way to the answer is normally the correct answer. Uh, and that applies throughout science and throughout most oh. uh, problems you want to have. Uh, what is the easiest answer is the correct answer. Now, the reason I but say But it that had a dome it, over the top of it, like a hold, little hold dome. On, hold on. Hold on. Let me finish. Let me finish. Okay. The reason okay. I say that is because you live in Seattle where there's boring airplanes right. out of Seattle. Uh, chances are you saw a Boeing aircraft. Uh, and you know, like I'm saying, chances are it could not. It may not be too. They may be coming here to investigate. For all we know. And there's another option that they could be testing reverse engineered secret craft too. That's true. That's true because we do have that here. Again, Arkham's razor. That's all I'm saying. So, but it had like a dome uh, effect on the top. Not, not. I can't yeah, explain it. No. Boeing 747s, the top of them look kind of domish. I kid you not. No, not. Google it. It was not a plane. There was no wings. There was no no wings. We just got to put it out there. Jackal thinks every UFO is an airplane. Not every, but uh, a Well, my first one that I saw was 50 feet above me, and I was five years old. Now you're going to tell me I was too young to remember what I saw, a cigar-shaped UFO yeah. that I'll never I, forget. Uh, I saw Santa Claus when I was five years old, and I swear to God, he was real, too. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm smarter than that. I was smarter than that. I knew it yeah, was my I, father I know, dressed up. <laughs> I knew it was just an alcoholic that we called dad. That's, you know, <laughs> either here nor there, though. No, look, I believe that there is... <laughs> well, I saw... T- I, I, saw I took a plane I twice to California this summer. Each time I went down, I saw two uh-huh. orbs, metal orbs, clearly. One was silver and one was copper, and they were one. Was, the copper one was about the size of a basketball, and it went okay. the uh, opposite direction of the plane, right, right, went right underneath the wing, and I was on the window side, right next to the wing, and it passed right by me. <laughs> what kind of phone are you on, Angel? You're loud as hell. I'm sorry, it's my cell phone. No, I'm just wondering. Wait. Everybody, t- everybody tells me I'm loud on on this phone. Uh, sorry. My phone's low. I just bought a new headset to try to get louder because my show's low. <laughs> and you still sorry. sound like you're far away, dude. You still sound like you're very, very sorry. far away. How about now? You're, Jamie, you're in a galaxy far, far away, my friend. Yeah, I know I am. I'll probably be there forever. Probably. Now, see, if you would have told me you lived in, say, oh, uh, I don't know, Mississippi? Yeah, somewhere in the boonies. Yeah. yeah, then I would be like, yeah, that's probably, uh, you know, some government aircraft or a UFO or something. But yeah. if I live right near Seattle. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, it's breaking up. Yep. I can hear you now. Yeah. Here's a is, cool he gone? is Jacko gone? He might be. Here's a, here's a cool Aww. One. He'll be back on. I just posted another image of a triangle craft. Okay. Click the link and you'll see it. I'm going to... Um, all right. Let's go in here until Jackal gets back on the switchboard. Well, you know, Jackal's—he's kind of hard because he hates hoaxers and stuff. But uh, I don't know. I do believe he takes it a little far with calling people UFOs, airplanes, without. Oh, he's just got a strong personality. I can handle him. I know. I'm a big girl. <laughs> some of my stuff, planes, but yeah, I know. I know. I know what I've seen. <laughs> I know what I Nobody's saw. Nobody's going to deter me. 
I know what I saw. I saw my phone go blank there for a second. Yeah, well, and I got <laughs> we sure did. We sure did. <laughs> welcome back to your show, Jackal. Yeah, thank you. It was a pleasure to be here on my show and, <laughs> and enjoy my fans listening to my show. And hopefully we can have Nate, nasty Nate call into my show and get him on air here. And Nice Nate. Nice Nate. He's Good very nice. Welcome. Okay, call him by his name. Nate Wolvine. Call in. <laughs> there you go. Nate Wolvine, come on down and win some free crap. Hey, listen, Angel, you know, it's it's really been awesome having another person here on the show named Angel. Uh, that kicks ass. It really does. Uh, <laughs> and just for that, I do want to give you one of these free DVDs that I'm giving out tonight. So you have you have a choice here, Dark City or Interview with a Vampire. You pick. Um, the first one. Dark City? Yeah. All right, there you go. Send me an email. I'll, I'll give you my email uh, with your address, and I'll ship it out to you immediately. You okay. Want. Thank you. See how, I see appreciate how it. This, folks? You're welcome. Uh, where is I? Didn't you have another? Didn't you have a sidekick? Who me? Jackal. Jackal. No, yeah, I did, but I kicked him out of the group because uh, oh. you know, he he likes to. Um, I could have put this delicately with delicately. Yeah, I already know. I already got you. With, with a lady on the phone. I I've listened to your show before. <laughs> he, he enjoys uh, self-gratification, if you know what I mean. Yeah, he goes on a lot <laughs> yes, of, I understand. He goes on a lot of yeah. cruises, if you know what I mean. He, he does, yeah, yes. a lot of gay cruises, yes. I, I, got, I got it. The first yeah, night when sweat. I heard him, I understand. No, we're not here. Ah, well, but do you understand why we talk like this with this gentleman? Or I use the word gentleman very loosely, by the way, extremely loosely. Yeah. I should say, I should <laughs> he's say a this man. drag queen. That's all I gotta say. I should, I should say this, I should say this drag queen, not gentleman. <laughs> oh well, teach their own. And I'm not talking about Nathan either. Nathan is not you, bro. Well, uh, no. Be Nate. In about a half hour, I'm gonna be outside filming this storm. All right, yeah. from UFO Skywatcher to Stormwatcher. Oh, I've always been a Stormwatcher. Uh, I've been through two Cat 4s, hurricanes, and, uh, you know, always loved it. Always went to the beach when they were hitting. I was outside the whole time during Charlie. I was right in the eye of Charlie in Port Charlotte. Um, I actually found a nice cubby hole on the side of my house where it was blocking the wind from all directions, and I was outside there. It's awesome. But um, I love storms. I, I filmed a little eye report earlier and sent it into CNN uh, with the front approaching. And hopefully I'm going to get some night vision footage of some lightning tonight, maybe a twister. Hey, Angel, listen, I put my uh, my email in the chat room so you can go ahead and send me an email so I can ship up okay. the you. Don't forget. I won't. And I got Davini in the chat here. What's up, Davini? Welcome to the show, brother. All right, that was a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's a that's rule numero uno in the radio, not to do. Well, actually, it's probably rule numero three, but uh, it's one of the rules not to talk to your chat room while you're live on air. That's okay to do that. I violate that every show, though. I I just constantly violate that rule. I don't know. that and talk to yourself in a, in a in a you know bad way, like you know down talk to yourself. I do that often also. I hate you. I hate me. I want to hurt you. Well, I love you, and I love me. I love myself. 
Oh, that's sweet. We have four guests. Hmm, I wonder uh, which guests these could be. Huh. Devaney, you're forgiven, my friend. No harm, no foul, no I've worries. Done it plenty of time. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, stuff happens. Sometimes people got to sleep, you know. I, I fall asleep all the time. Sometimes I don't wake up. We still like have right now. I'm not awake. This is all a dream. This is a dream. Uh, Nate says that he's seen UFOs with his own eyes really close. Tell him he might need new glasses. <laughs> not just camera. That's what he's saying. Tell him to call in and tell me this. I mean, I'm not going to be mean to the kid. No, watch when he calls in. I'll be like, you mother. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that, Nate. No. I'm not, dude. I'm not. I'm going to be nice. Today, you have Angel. You don't have the jackal. This is Angel. And this is the Angel's head. This is what we're going to call it. This is Angel's head tonight. This is not Jackal's head. Tonight is Angel's head. I'm giving away. No angels shit. with horns. <laughs> no, 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 no angels with horns here. Not tonight. Tonight it's just angels with wings. And I've got wings. I give away Dark City. I have another movie to give out. We have 38 minutes. Whoever calls in, if Nate, this could be you, bro. Call in. You might just win yourself interview with the vampire. Great movie. Let's see. Nate says, "Tell Jackal I've seen UFOs with my eyes really close and with binoculars." Again, we're not reading any more of Nate's IMs. Call in, bro. Call in. Enough of the hidden messages. You want to talk? Call in. Uh, That's how I feel too. You know, right, oh, I forgot right to there. Sorry about that. All right, well, it's, you're forgiven. Hey, afternoon delight. <laughs> <laughs> Huh, that was more like evening. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> you got to roll with the punches here, sweetie. You know, I don't have an evening. Yet. I am rolling, baby. Can't you see that? <laughs> so, Angel, let me ask you a question. What month were you born? What sign are you? I don't believe in that, but if you want to go there, it's January. So you're Capricorn. Yeah, I'm stubborn. That's what am I. <laughs> believe it or not, I'm a Capricorn, too. What day? I thought it didn't matter. I didn't say that. I didn't say it didn't matter what day. I said I, it doesn't matter about... I thought you didn't believe in all that. Capricorn. No, I, I, <laughs> uh, I was born December 31st. In fact, my birthday's coming up. Oh, New Year's Eve. Yay. New Year's Eve, baby, which sucked uh, for we me. All, we all have birthdays within uh, a month of each other tonight. Oh, really? When's your birthday? February 4th. February 4th. Yeah, that's right. Party in the, the pants. With the pants. Party with pants? That's going to be your birthday. We're going to have a party with the pants. I'm hitting pants the big <laughs> Hitting 3-0. It's going to be hard for me. Oh, crime. So you really get yeah. to celebrate on the 31st, though, Jackal. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm turning 32. Ah, you're still a baby. <sighs> I don't feel like a baby. I mean, <laughs> I, you know, I wake up every day at 8 in the morning. I go to work. I have a great job. I like my job. It pays me really well. and It's cool. I do, you know, cool work, create websites and whatnot, and hang out with cool people, man. And then I go home to my lonely existence in my mother's basement here in Florida. Well, there is no basements, but people say I live in a basement. <laughs> so you're living in a hole in the ground? Pretty much, yeah. I live in the hole in the ground with my head sticking up from the dirt. And uh, <laughs> I do this on a nightly basis. I, I dig myself in there deep, and I just I, I wallow in my own pity. 
Well, one day you may not be able to get out. That's kind of uh, that's my biggest fear, actually, not being able to get out of my own hole. <laughs> Does that sound perverted at all? No? Well, here, I'll give you a hand and pull you out. Whoa, hey, you're going to give me a hand, all right. And now we're talking. It sounds like a Mr. Peace show now. <laughs> Uh-oh. Yeah, I'm trying to pull up my house on this uh, street-level Doppler. Sweet. Whatever the hell I was going to If uh, anybody uh, wants to uh, pull it up, it's... Uh, he's, uh, he's about to die. Big uh, storm. 1383. Um, nowhere Ave in Glitch, Florida. Interesting. Mm. Sounds familiar. I think I've been there before. Yes, you have. Land Lampard's even been here. He did a show tonight, actually. And I was oh, did he? Did he uh, finally answer the question? No, dude. I was actually there for hours. And every person that popped in the chat, he said hi to, but he didn't say a word to me the whole show. He wasn't taking callers. Nothing. Dude, what the hell's up with this mm. guy? I don't know. It, it, and here we, we we had given him props of being, you know, a really cool guy. And, yeah, man. I mean, he, me and him been friends for a long time, but I... He, he said he's been real sick with pneumonia, but even if that was the case, you'd think he would have said hi to me the two hours I was in his chat listening to his live show. Yeah, if he has pneumonia, why is he doing a live show? And you don't need to talk to type. Yeah. Land, land fear. Okay. If that's your real name. It is his real Sounds name. like a made-up name to me. No, he says his mothers were hippies or his parents were hippies. Oh, that explains a lot. You know, people that... Do massive amounts of drugs usually have kids that are kind of wacko. And, uh, it's, it's okay, well, well, if Nate calls in, Jack will expect to to be kind, as you said. Hey, I promise I'll be sweet, I'll be lovely, I'll be kind. I will caress him. He's a very time. nice young man, and he deserves he respect. He does, even though he's out of his mind. But he does, he deserves respect. No, don't respect. say that. He's not out of his mind. No, no, he's not. He's just cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. No, but he's cool. No, he's young and he's learning. Yeah, you got to teach about. him a few things. I would love but to you teach him that he made a You can't if I you mean, don't give respect back. Yeah. This is true. This is very true, yeah. See, this is why I enjoy having another angel on the show to keep me grounded. And It's awesome that you call me and you have to call in more often. trying to film something, so you got to give it to him. Yeah, man. I didn't hear a word you just said, but yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> they were all good words. <laughs> they were. Yeah, and I'm sure he, he put them together really well in a sentence, but I did not hear a word of it. That's the problem. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to have to do to get the, my voice any louder. I'm going to have to buy me a, uh, uh, I don't know, even Skype I'm not loud, loud enough. You ever tried yelling? Maybe <laughs> higher? Well, you know, I was on a show one time that had about a quarter of a million listeners. And uh, the guy said he couldn't hear me, so I started doing my interview yelling. And uh, I ended up getting kicked off the show. Well, I didn't get kicked off. I hung up on him because he was making me look like a idiot. Huh. That was pretty funny, though. I don't know, yeah, it, it, it has to be the phone lines in this house because 
Uh, I've tried multiple phones. I don't know what's going on. I'm going to call my phone company and tell them I want some new lines put in. Hook me up the fiber optic. Um, megaphone, Jamie. Uh-huh. Rob says megaphone. Or mm-hmm. you could do what I did and buy the G1 Google phone and be with the cool kids and be with the in crowd and have a cool phone, man. They're only 180 bucks. They're badass. It comes with a nice earpiece, which doubles as my mic for the show here. Uh-huh. And, am I coming in clear and loud? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're very I'm, clear. Not as and loud I'm, as Angel, though. I mean, I'm barely well, speaking. I'm, I'm actually Angels listening. have louder voices. <laughs> this is true, Jamie. You got <laughs> it, babe. So, yeah, Nate is <laughs> calling. we got 30 minutes, man. If you, uh, if you want to call in, man, this is, this is Angel. This is not the jackal tonight. You don't have to be scared. I'm not going to bash you, dude. Just call in. Feel free. Divinity, if you want to call in too, man, today's just, you know, easy Wednesdays, man. We're just talking, and I'm trying to give away some free stuff. I have a free movie here to give away, man. Anybody who calls in, in fact, and gives me a good question or something or a cool story or just, you know, says hi, you know, just say hi to me. I don't care. You might win a movie. I have Interview with the Vampire on DVD. I already gave away... Dark City, so you guys, you know, you, you ask a lot. Well, they now. can have the choice of either one if they want. Well, see, that's why you're an angel. I'm going to go to my secret email address and send you an email pretending to be angel and get that free DVD. <laughs> <laughs> go for it. And the lines are 347-205-9961. That's west of the Rockies, east of the Rockies, and somewhere in between. We got 111111111 on the line. How are you doing, 111? 111. Hey. Is this Nate? Hey, Nate. No, no, no. This is Davini. He's not the cuckoo. Oh, sorry. Hey, Davini. What's up, man? Oh, man. I've I've been a little under the weather today. Uh, I'm not sick. I'm just, I don't know, man. I, I fell asleep earlier today around 5 p.m. I just woke up, man, jumped in the chat, and I was like, wow. Uh, I actually woke up and thought, you know, that it was early in the morning the next day, but no. <laughs> oh, Davini, I really uh, kind of like touched on it earlier, but you weren't here, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you know now. Uh, guess who I'm going to have on my show on the night, bro? Uh, I don't know who. Travis Walton. Oh, you are? Really? Awesome, man. Awesome. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. I was just checking him out today. He is going to be right here. We're not talking about any other shows he's on tonight because... Yeah, yeah. That host is an asshole. I was going to ask Jamie to to get him on his show, too. Well, that might be the future. I have uh, Davini coming on the 8th. I have Mm -hmm. my show tomorrow. I have Jerry Pippen. That's a huge guest, so... Uh, I also have a secret I'm working on. Jackal knows who it is. If uh, oh, oh, yeah. If I get this guy, I'm going to top everybody. Wow. So, so you're yeah, getting you guys God, huh? Drive. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> you read my freaking mind. Woo, yeah, baby. <laughs> Angel fake once again, man. <laughs> and look, we we have another one, 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 one. Welcome Caller. to the party line here in Jackal's Head. Hello. 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 All right, the original three, be quiet for a second. New caller, how you doing? Hello. Hey, what's Is going on? Is this Nate? Yeah. <clears throat> yes. 
Hey. Hi, Nate. Hey. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, there you go. Thanks for calling yeah, in. You little... No, I'm just kidding. Dude. I'm not going to call. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> I, just, I just wanted to... What are you on? No, I'm only playing, dude. Chill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to clear up a few things. Yeah, let's hear your fire story. Yeah, let's let's hear everything without a word. Go ahead. Go for it. All right, yeah, I'm on the spot. <clears throat> okay. Go ahead. Speak a little louder there, because you're like Jamie. You're not coming in that, that loud. Say again. Exactly. There you go. Good job. No, he said speak up a little bit, Nate. We can't hear you too well. Okay. Thank oh, you. Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah. There you, there you go. That's better. That's why I said good job. Okay. Um. But yeah. I see these UFOs in my eyes, too, in the binoculars. And it's not just through my camera lens. I mean, if I if I think I'm filming a plane, I wouldn't film it. But I admit I do have some triangle videos that are controversial, and they possibly could be planes. But the other videos I have are strictly, strict, just strictly uh, solid light. So, um... They they don't blink at all. Even with my eyes, I can see with my eyes they don't blink. And and a lot of them are like the ones way up in space, like the like how a satellite would look. But I check on the satellite database afterwards, and it turns out that they're not satellites. And how long have you been going at this, Nate? Now for about a year. Yeah, about a year. Are you in business? Jackal. You, uh, what? What? My birthday? What do you mean? For about a year, I mean, Nate. Yeah, about a year. <laughs> I actually seen a UFO tonight. Yes, you did. I remember you telling me when it was happening. Yeah, that when was, it that happened. Was, it was uh, amazing. Have you done your first episode yet of uh, Live Skywatch on your channel? No, I'm still waiting on the Yukon Ranger. When I get the Yukon Ranger, I'll I'll hook that show up. Oh. And I'm make it like a like a schedule kind of thing. You should check out them uh them night scopes I sent you. I lost that link since I had to do a full system restore, but there's a lot of good ones in there that you could use. So uh Jamie, um let me ask our friend here, Nathan, a question. Uh Nathan, now let me ask you about the uh trash can video with the handprint on it. Because we were talking about that last time when we got cut off. Uh, are we clear that that video really should not have been posted? I mean, you kind of agree with that now, or, or are you still holding back to that Canadian handprint? Um, I just I seen the handprint and I and I examined it and now I think, huh? Go ahead. Question number two there. How did you examine it? What was the examination process? The, you know. Well, part? I looked at it and then. I tried to rub it off to see if it would come off, like if it was just like on on top of the surface, and it wouldn't come off or nothing. And then. And wait a second, the handprint wouldn't come off or anything. No. So you you raised the other two fingers, and you had the three fingers exposed there, and you couldn't erase those three fingers, huh? Well, yeah. When when with me looking at it with my eyes. The pictures don't really do it much justice, but when I was looking at it and actually right there in front of it, I could tell that there was other individual fingerprints around it, and there was uh, two fingers right there 
that had three segments, and I could tell it was separate from the rest of the fingerprints. I do admit it looks like it has five fingers, but the other, the, each fingerprint on the end of each of the three fingers, it looks like a finger on the on the, on the handprint, but it ain't because when I look at it with my own eyes, like in person, you can tell it's different. It's like a different step. You know, that one of the crop circle ones I found uh, interesting also, the uh, the little crop circles on the yard. Now, have you gone uh, to many people's backyards in America here or in your in your hood? I've just seen that in my, back, in my backyard. Because, like uh, you know, that kind of uh, formation, if you want to call it, or crop circle, uh, appears in a lot of people's backyards. Now, do you think... Uh, that these aliens are trying to tell us something with these kind of uh, formations in people ba people's backyards. We know about the crop circles over in the UK. That's some freaky stuff. But if I start seeing crop circles in my backyards, I'm going to start really getting scared now, especially. Yeah. I mean, would these be tiny aliens? Do you think? Because that was a pretty small crop circle there. Yeah, I don't think. No. I don't think it's tiny aliens. I think it's if it is from alien origin, it could be those small metallic. Fly around in the daytime are those small white orbs, those white glowing orbs at nighttime. It could be, or you know, I was actually kind of hoping it would be the little aliens from Men in Black when they're in the locker. Yeah. <laughs> little aliens from the locker, that'd be kind of cool. But Davini, uh, I think you wanted to ask them. Yeah, hey uh, Nathan, this is Davini. First, I want to say uh, we're sorry about the last show um, that you were on because uh, you kind of got cut out there. Uh, that was just a uh, technical issues. So no one hung up on you. Um, but I, I, I had a question for you that last show, and then, um, you know, the, the show went down. But I was asking you if you if you felt like you've been contacted or abducted or anything like that, and I don't remember you giving an answer. Uh, um, no, I've never been contacted directly or anything like that. But I have okay. had those shine lights at me before. Had any missing time? Thank you. Have you had any missing time? No, not not that I know of. Have you ever done peyote? What's that? Come on now. <laughs> hey, we all have done pe peyote a couple times. How about acid? You dropped acid there? I've done that way too many times. <laughs> <laughs> no, but... Well, hey, Nathan. Nathan, this is Davinia again. Um, I understand that in your videos uh, that you've got a girlfriend or a wife, or, or I'm not sure what she is. Um, has she seen anything in the skies? Oh, yeah, she's seen a bunch with me. Oh, okay, all right. Oh, and I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just trying to understand your background and everything, um, because usually when people call in, we always give an interview, you know. Um, now, I know Jackal's poking fun of you a, a little bit, but... Uh, yeah, I'm being nice, yeah. I'm being polite. Who has the chirping sound? Who's having that chirping sound in the background? It keeps killing me over here. It sounds like a fire alarm. I hear... You hear that? Did it sound No, I don't hear it. Wait, wait. Did it sound like this? No, not that. No, it's a chirping sound. It sounds like a fire alarm. Yeah. Or a smoke detector. Like every now and then it chirps sometimes. Oh, that's jackals. No, 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 that's not that's not mine, dude. This is, like, really loud, and it's going to yes. come on. I don't hear it, but it's um, not me. Well, I'll, I'll roll with the punches, man. I, I'll, I'll, I'll Nathan, take it. Uh, 
Nathan said he had something to say. You guys were talking, but he did say he had something to say. He still is. Oh, go for it, man. Um, about my fiance seeing stuff too. I was out there UFO hunting one night with her. He rarely. I think it's Nathan. Up. I think I think the aliens are trying to get to Nathan or something because I think it's you. Because when you talk, that's when the noise gets really loud. But go ahead, bro. Must be my phone. Go ahead and finish with your fiance. Yeah, sorry about that. But anyway, um, I was outside UFO hunting with my fiance, and she rarely comes out there with me because it freaks her out whenever she sees anything. But uh, I was out there, and I seen a, a solid object in the distance, so like over the mountain line. Mm-hmm. And then, and then she's standing on the porch, facing like it's the. It's hard to explain. She was facing. Uh, Hang on. North, south. Well, you, you don't have west. to give us a direction. I mean, we just we just take your time, to Nate. Take your time. Take your time and pick one. North, east, west, south, southwest, southeast. Yeah, I, I was facing the northwest, and she was north, facing northwest or northwest. And she's facing. Uh, hang on. I'm taking the second. On air pee on the Jackal show ever. <laughs> that is a special moment. Hold on, nobody talk. Uh, nobody say a uh, word. I was looking the other way. Hey, and, uh, you're breaking you're breaking the silence rule here. Be quiet for a second. Uh, it's all done. See, man, you Nathan, you ruined <laughs> it, man. You <laughs> ruined it, and you know what? Because of that, you get this, man. Did you throw a trident? Didn't yeah. anything. He was in the middle of talking, fire, and he and was I killed interrupted. Guy with a trident. Sorry. Go ahead, Nate. Right finish there. finish your story, Nate. Tell us. I'll put in a simple simple form of words. I was facing one way, and she was facing almost the same way, where she can see behind me and everything else. And uh, she seen uh, like a, a little bit bigger than a basketball light fly right over my head, and I didn't even see it. It must have come from another direction. But as soon as she said my name, I looked up. She said it just went away. So was it a sphere or orb? What was it? it was oh, okay. Like a, a white ball. A Boeing seven forty-seven. What what color was it? Said it was white. White. Boeing seven. Everything's a Boeing seven forty-seven to you. <laughs> if you saw an angel standing in front of you, it'd be. It's a Boeing 747. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Nate, Nate, you got to laugh, man. You got to learn to laugh at shit, dude. Uh, you're a little too wound up. Laugh, man. I'm poking fun of you. It's funny shit. It's I'm funny not. because <laughs> it's, I'm saying funny stuff, man. I want to hear you laughing. You're too uptight. Laugh. Ha, 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 ha. Come on, give me, give me a laughter. I want to hear you. I never heard you laugh before. <laughs> That's coughing. Yeah. That's completely. That's the opposite of laughing. That's a completely <laughs> different direction from what I want to hear from you, bro. No, that was would, a 747. <laughs> I'll get a laugh out of him. Uh, that might have been a 747. <laughs> <laughs> it was after it passed us and the sound came through. Ah, that's what that was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't give up. Never give up, Jamie. Never. I posted Nathan's website in the chat if anybody's uh, curious to learn more about him. I'd like to thank Oh, yeah, that's Jackal. a great idea. 
And I'd like to thank Jackal for not being so mean this time. You're welcome, brother. I told you I was going to be nice to you. I told I, at least you first I, came I in the talk box that uh, you just got to take it lightly. He was a little too hard on you, but... Oh, a little too hard on the boy. Pure initiation. But anyway, I'd well, like Nathan. Nathan. Nathan, hey. this is Davini. Um, do you have uh, any friends or anybody that you work with in a group or, or any associates um, that does this or anything like that? Because some you, you seem to post a lot of videos on YouTube. I'm just wondering if you have anybody else because some of your videos has uh, some other people in it, like the crop circles. You just can't tell who they are. I mean, do you have anybody that works with you in ufology or uh, just studies this? No, not really. It's just me and my fiance. I moved up here from Mississippi. Oh, okay. All right. I don't really yeah. know much, much people. Like. Okay, well, that, that's all right. Um, well, you, you know, um, I, I guess uh, what we're trying to do is we're just, we're trying to let you tell your story, and we're trying to show your uh, your website. Um, uh, but you know, we do we do we do got to ask questions because we you know we've had a lot of people uh, in I'm the past. Not you know, talk about uh, abductions and this and that. Some of them are credible, some of them don't seem credible. Um, and and honestly, I just think that some of your videos are, are kind of in between. Um, or else they, they do seem like they're not what they appear to be. And, and I'm not trying to be critical, um, but that that's, that, you know, that's, uh, you know, it's a hard thing dealing with uh, the study of uh, this, uh, even from an amateur level or professional level. And uh, you get people that obviously... Um, tell stories. So we just we just want to make sure you're not in that category. I mean, if you're yeah. seeing something, then it, it's cool to upload it. If you've recorded it, um, we just want to hear your story. I mean, so do you have any other uh, UFO stories or sightings that you'd like to share, or anything oh, yeah. like that? Anything really weird? I have a I have a couple. Yeah, I have have some questions for you. All right, go ahead and talk. I tell you my flying saucer encounter. Okay, go ahead. Um. It was December twenty third, two thousand eight. I was outside. Yeah, why gotta be why gotta be December twenty third? Just like the Mayans. Jeez. Really? That's December. Always in December. <laughs> Go ahead, man. I, I didn't know anything about that. Anyway, it was December twenty third, two thousand eight. I I don't know exactly what time it was. But it was in like the middle the middle of the day, daytime. And mm-hmm. I was actually out UFO hunting. It's a weird thing. I didn't expect a whole, a full-blown flying saucer to show up, but it did. So I was, uh, I was facing. That was tonight. Huh? That was tonight. No, December twenty-third, two thousand eight. Oh, December. Oh, I missed that. I'm sorry. Come on, Angel. Keep up here. Well, I thought. Well, I'm excited about the one he saw tonight. I'll tell that one too in a minute. Go for it. And I, I was facing the west, and then I look over, I turn to my right, and then in the northwest I see a, a dome-shaped metallic craft with a flat bottom right above the tree line. And I'm I'm just standing there, like, freaking out. I'm like, oh, my God. And then I stumble to get my camera turned around, and by the time I turn, into, <clears throat> turn around and push a cord, it just started off in a blink of an eye. And I like to kick myself and not turn that camera around faster. Hmm. But I did get it on tape in the distance as as a small dot, believe it or not. I know it's hard okay, to believe. Well, 
No, you're you're fine. No, uh, tell us about the uh, sighting that you had tonight too. Oh yeah, that's what um, he was talking talking about. No, that was the twenty third of December, two thousand eight. Still talking about the twenty third. Oh yeah. Nate, was that the twenty third? Yeah, that was the twenty third one. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me keep up. Got to keep up, girl. Come on. I'm sorry. I'm waiting. I, I want to hear tonight. What happened tonight? All about tonight. I'll tell you what happened. Oh, uh, before I tell that one, does anybody have any questions about that encounter? Oh, no, no, no. Um, I just wanted to hear uh, some different stories and uh, situations that you find yourself in. And, uh, yeah, go ahead, let's, hear, let's hear about the one tonight. I, I'm, uh, I'm with Angel on this one. I desperately want to hear the story now. Okay. Well, I'll tell you the story about what happened tonight. I think it was around uh, 11.15, and um, I was looking for my fiancé's papa to come home because the dog here goes crazy every time he comes home and it wakes up my fiancé, which is asleep. And uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm looking out the window waiting for his truck to come on the road. And uh, then I was, I was watching his plane out there, and I... Uh, watching the plane, and, and all of a sudden there was a big old gust of wind that hit the house, and then r- right when the gust of wind stopped, like, I seen a, like a streak in the sky this day. And it, it took me a few seconds to realize what I just seen, because I was like, oh my God, did that just happen? It, it wasn't fast enough like a asteroid or a comet, you know, how fast they are. And it was a lot closer, too. And uh, it was, you can tell it was like a disc leaving a trail behind it. But it was like so fast, but not not where it looks like a comet or something like that. But it like took off right underneath the plane. And I was like, oh my God, if I had my camera, you know. Yeah. I'm biting my lip. Mm-hmm. Huh? Another one. That's it. Uh, he, he's he's let, he's just letting you talk. Yeah, go ahead. I'm ready to talk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I'm uh, good for now. Jackal, um, Jackal just has a little bit of a hard time believing some things. Um, but no, go ahead, man. <laughs> go ahead. Is there anything else? Um, Optimus uh, Razor. Actually, I do have a question for uh, for Mr. Nate over here. Uh, did that happen? In, I didn't catch if you said it or not. I was biting my lip. Uh, but did this happen in your house or the one tonight, or was it somewhere outside of the area that you live in? I was looking out the window towards the sky. <laughs> what what altitude are you at, Nathan? Uh, I'm not sure, but I know I'm way up high in the mountains. So the oxygen is very thin up there. I've got plenty of oxygen. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just well, well, Nate. <laughs> It sounds like you get to pick uh, which video. That was actually pretty funny. I caught that right now. <laughs> hey, listen, listen. My phone. Oh, that was rich, and I don't mean the show host. My phone's beeping. I'm going to continue listening on the uh, show site. Nathan, thank you for calling in, and uh, I'll continue listening, guys. Okay. Yeah, hey, uh, Nathan. <coughs> I'm sorry, Jimmy. Um, yeah, we'll see you, man. Nathan, where, where in uh, Tennessee did you say you live? You said you lived on the east side, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, what city do you live in? Uh, Greenville. 
Okay. Um, and, and you said before that there were no, um, um, like, airports or anything like that around? Say again? Last time uh, I'd asked um, you about any uh, possible um, airfields around that area, uh, any uh, airports or anything like that, and you said you, said you didn't think so. Knoxville, that was 70 miles away. Oh okay. All right. Well, I'm I'm just I'm just trying to uh, listen. Uh, so um, you know, have you ever heard of the um, the Greenville Green County Municipal Airport? It's a smaller airport, but uh, they do have some large commercial traffic come through there. Have you heard of the heard of that? No, never heard of that. Okay. Well, th that one is actually two miles outside of Greenville. Um, and, uh, see, I live about mm, 15 miles away from a small municipal airport. It's probably even smaller than this one. Um, and I have planes fly over, over my head all the time. And actually, most people don't understand that when they're getting ready to land, they've got to clear a lot of miles, and they've got to come in at about 50 miles an hour. Um, so we're just trying to establish things, and, um, you know, it, it, it doesn't really help your case, though, man, with uh, seeing that there's an airport not that far away. Yeah. Um, how, how long have you lived uh, in Greenville? Uh, since May of 2008. Okay. I'm just, I'm just wondering because, I mean, um, just make sure you keep that in mind. Like if you ever do another interview, make sure you, you know, if somebody asks you, that you bring that up um, because it looks like a very busy uh, airport, to be honest. Yeah, it's, it's busy out here. I see planes all the time, but that's not why I'm filming. I can tell if it has blinking lights or traffic lights on it or not. Yeah. I don't even bother with those. Well, uh, you, you know, the, the comment, I want to make something clear because um, um, I've, you know, I've, I've studied this for a long time. I'm a believer in UFOs. Uh, I'm a believer in the possibility of aliens. I'm a definite believer in alien abductions. I'm just not sure what is actually doing it. Um, just because it's called alien abductions, I don't think that, I don't think that that means in every case uh, it could be an alien. Um, you know, I, I do believe that there are situations. Um, that people find themselves in where there is something else that's unexplained happening to them in the middle of the night. And I'm not talking about sleep paralysis or anything like that. Uh, mm -hmm. So I, I want to make this clear. Um, you know, when Jackal said the other day that it had blinking lights, he's not, he's not exactly saying that every blinking light video of a UFO is a plane. What he's saying is that your, your videos specifically uh, very much look like planes, um, and there's a certain way that you can videotape a plane coming in. Um, like I said, a plane comes in around 50 miles an hour, and that you know that seems fast. But when they're low to the ground and they're coming in, and if you're in front of where they're coming or you're behind, it'll look like it's in the air for a very long time. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've had so, that. So, so, well, anyway, just because it has blinking lights, uh, we're, we're not saying just because it has blinking lights it's a plane. We're, we're you know... Um, we, we've studied your, your tapes a lot. It's just that there's a lot of coincidences and things going on in those uh, that you could point out and say, well, that looks like a plane. So it's not just the blinking lights. Less than 10% of my videos have blinking lights, and the ones that do have blinking lights are the ones that, that look like a triangle, but those mm -hmm. are controversial. So, I mean, if they're causing so much trouble like that, I'll just remove them, you know.
Yeah. Well, well I think we're, we're all in a learning anything. process here. Nobody has exact answers for anything. And yeah, I, I, I think don't, they're just trying to help you out, Nate, too, as well at this moment. I, and yeah, Nate, I don't want you to remove any videos, okay? I'm not saying that. And I'm not saying that if you get any new videos, don't put them up if they're not really, really good. I'm not saying that. Um, you you know, I, I don't care what you put up. Whatever you say, you put it up, okay? Um, oh. You know, they're... Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I, I'm, I just want I just want you to to understand that if you've got a video up there, um, you go ahead and post it, and then post whatever you think it is, or any experiences that's happened with you, or anything like that. Uh, you know, we'll review them. We'll, we'll give you an honest opinion. Um, you know, I'm I'm not trying to I'm not trying to be mean. Uh, J- Jackal's not trying to be mean to you. It's just that in the past, well, I was. A lot of people, you know, well, you were. Yeah, I guess I okay. was. Yeah, you know, I was actually trying to be mean uh, but, on uh, purpose. Because I really don't believe them, but you know what—that's my opinion, and we're all entitled to our opinions. You know, opinions are like assholes; we all have one, and normally they smell bad. And uh, you know, I haven't showered since this morning, so uh, they smell pretty bad right about now. But it's all good. Uh, you know, like Davini said, man, just uh, if you have anything good you capture on video, you know, share it. You know, I want to see it. Okay. But like I said, anything good you capture on video, I'm not talking about. Uh, a plane that has a little red blinking light on it that looks like a, like a freaking airplane. And it's going in one direction and not really doing anything, you know, out of the ordinary. Uh, I forgot to mention one thing about my camera. Um, I have been, a lot of my videos, I've uh, turned the exposure all the way up at night, which gives it that uh, grainy look with all the colors. You can tell mm-hmm. it and then when you watch the orb footage that I have, with that granny around it, and it makes it look like it's like it's blinking or whatnot. So from now on, I won't turn the exposure all the way up to where it'll be that granny color. Hey, listen, we have somebody who actually I think wants to get a question before we go off air. By the way, we, even though we go off air, we continue to uh, record. So if people want to call in, I have an open line. You don't have to put your hand up if you want to stay on as we talk a little bit more here with Nathan. But uh, caller, two minutes to go. Question. You have a minute to go, caller. Go for it. You're yeah, it's just me, Jamie, calling back in. I wanted to oh, okay. uh, tell. I just wanted to tell. Hey, are you trying to steal my video? <laughs> no, I'm on. I'm on Skype, so I might sound bad. But I wanted to tell Nathan. He Actually, you sound better than you did before. You sound a lot better. All right. Yeah, you well, did. You're loud and clear, bro. <laughs> cool. He can send me his uh, video files, and I can I can actually enhance them with the software I have too. So. That's just oh, that's another a great thought. idea. Just another thought I wanted to throw out there. If he wants to send me videos at any time, he can send it to me on my email, or we can do a file sharing, and I can enhance it for him to uh, see what's going on. Yeah, Nate, can, you, can you do that for him? Like send some uh, send some of your daytime uh, UFOs and uh, you know maybe a couple of your best nighttime UFO videos. To, uh, yeah, man. A- any uh, new stories or new videos that you want to, you know, have uh, looked at, uh, give us a call, Jamie, myself, or Divini. You know how to get a hold of us. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll actually post my email here in chat, and if anybody uh, ever much, needs me, get a hold of me. How much time do we have left? Well, we actually we have another hour if we want to continue talking, but it won't be live on radio. Only the people okay. in the archive will be able to hear in. Once we download the archive later. 
But yeah, so basically, left, so. basically uh, after this minute, we're going to have... Uh, actually, not even. We're already not streaming anymore. So right now, this is a private conversation. You little mother... No, I'm only kidding. Well, I enjoyed talking <laughs> with you guys. <laughs> yes, thank, thank you for calling in, Angel. It was a good show. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Thanks, you guys. Angel, you got my email address, right, sweetie? Yes, sir, I do. All right, send me an email, and I'll send you your DVD. You got it. All righty. Enjoy the rest of the evening, you guys, or morning, wherever you are. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, Love you, guys. Love you, Talk too. Talk to you later. Bye. Good just job, you guys. A, just met you, and I love you already. You're you're awesome. Thank you. I love you too. <laughs> have a good one. Bye. You have a good you have a good night or day too. Okay. Bye bye, you guys. Bye. All right, Nathan, yeah, stay on the line here with us, and Davini, stay on the line here with us, and okay. uh, Jamie, uh, stay on the Skype there with us. Uh, so, fellas, how about them dolphins? How's it going? Let's shoot down there. <laughs> so yeah, yeah Nathan you're... was asking. Nathan has, was asking earlier about uh, being on air or whatnot. Uh, Nathan, what we're doing right now is we're we're still streaming, but we're not live on the air, uh, which means only a few people can can really listen in on us, and that's if they want to listen uh, to the archive show. So yeah. you're you're not live on the air right now, but it is it is streaming. Yeah, as long as my as long as as long as my phone doesn't crap out on us, we'll be fine. Yeah, everybody that downloads the episodes will hear what we're talking about right now, though. But yeah, I'd like to apologize for the the uh, exposure all the, all the way up on my video; it just makes it look green, green. Mm-hmm. Well, but, yeah. yeah. In, just in the future, you know, don't don't add any effects or anything like that. And uh, you know, if you can, try to get uh, the Kodak Easy Share. It's a digital camera. Uh, it, it's only about a hundred dollars. It should be cheaper through the holidays. But uh, it, it's actually really good for uh, taking daytime uh, videos. It, it's it's a little harder though uh, yeah. to see what you're doing at night. But uh, it has an awesome it has an awesome zoom in quality. It, it has like you can zoom in on that thing. Uh, really well. I mean, compared to other cameras around 100 bucks or even $200, uh, it's one of the best. But it's called a uh, Kodak yeah. Easy Share. Uh, I try to get you one, and, and uh, of course, if you get like a two megabyte or a two gigabyte um, uh, little drive, uh, I mean, you could record for hours. Make videos. You could have, yeah, you can make videos and pictures too. Yeah, it, it's really good, man. And it's only about 100 bucks. I mean, you know, you got Christmas coming up, so uh, maybe you can oh, yeah. ask. Someone to get that or get that for you, but uh, um, yeah, it's a Kodak Easy Share. But you can zoom in on that thing really, really far. Um, hey, um, here's another idea. I can actually send you um, my enhancement software. You don't have to have a you don't have to have a key to download it. So yeah, I used CyberLink for a while, and then the. Man, the the what the, Hello? oh boy the program I use there is called oh, oh man that was scary that was scary radio right there for a second hold on hold on hold on I'm getting like the show playing I'm holding something yeah all right I had the show replaying all right um.
Yeah, the the software I use is called. Um, let me see here. It is um, Showbiz DVD Two. Now I, I can actually send this disc to you, but I really, really um, would need it back. Um, you know, you could just burn them a copy. You know, that that'll work. Yeah, I don't have a uh, a. Uh, well, just have him send oh, you the videos. That way you can analyze them. Yeah, that you know. would work. That that'd be the easiest thing. Yeah. Yeah, and you know how to use the software already. I mean, you would have to start learning yeah. things. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It uh, makes perfect sense to me. That's all I'm saying. Yep. Yep. But yeah, uh, so uh, about them dolphins, uh, they suck, huh? <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, hey, hey guys. Um, you know, I'm, I am researching uh, major airports around uh, Greenville, Tennessee. And I found another one, but it's it's 124 miles away. Um, I mean, that, that's far enough, but you, you still would get a lot of traffic through there. Um, uh, if anybody was flying from the West Coast and things like that. Uh, but uh, it's called the Charlotte Douglas International Airport, and it is a freaking huge airport. Uh, it's, it's a full international airport, um, and it's even got like a, a mall inside of it. Uh, but it's 124 miles away from Greenville, Tennessee. Again, 124 miles, you know, I mean, you may not think that that's um, uh, too far away, but when the planes are coming from 124 miles away in one area, I mean, from from the ground you can see them. You can definitely see them in the sky from about uh, 50 or 60 yeah. miles away usually. Yep, yeah, so, they'll look like orbs. Yeah. yeah. I, I live over a major. I'm trying to tell you, dude. Hey, major plane. Plane All right, well, uh, guys, I'm going to let you finish talking. My Skype money's running low. I'm running broke, so... Uh, Damn, I thought that shit was like a penny, like a fraction of a penny. For it like is, uh, limited. Yeah, like, I'm going <coughs> to buy unlimited, $24 a year. Nice. But I, oh, I, I, put I, pay, I pay monthly, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, it's like three dollars. Uh, what? Uh, yeah, Skype, three dollars a month. Wow, I put ten dollars in and uh, I finally used it all up. It's charging me zero point zero two one a minute. I don't know if that's twenty one cents a minute yeah. or. They, they get you like that, man. It's uh, it's it's kind of like a, it's, I wouldn't say it's a scam because it's still cheap, but um, they they get you because uh, that is for people who just are going to make a quick call. And they don't want um, they don't want a monthly service. But if you sign up uh, for a monthly service, I, I swear, dude, it's only like two dollars and like eighty cents or something like that. And it, right, it's well. completely unlimited because I I've got family everywhere, man, and I've got friends everywhere. I mean, I've called I've called Canada, dude, on uh, three dollars a month. Alrighty. Well, I'll have to do it, uh, guys. Take care, and uh, yeah, I have a sh I have a show tomorrow at ten p.m. Eastern. I uh, hope to see you guys there. Yeah, and I'll yeah, be and there, I'm... and I'll be uh, doing a show myself after with good old Dennis yep. Crenshaw. And I'll, I'll be around. doing. I'm, uh, I'm going to be doing Jamie's Florida UFO show uh, on uh, the eighth, uh, December yep. the eighth. And uh, I'm going to actually get into some subject. I'm going to get into uh, a little bit of spirituality, and I'm going to discuss some secret societies and groups uh, that are involved. Yeah, that'd in be. 
in that with ufology. So I'm going to tie all that in there. Uh, that That'd way I don't great. bore anybody, you know. <laughs> hey, speaking uh, of ufology, and Nesty Nate, you'll get a kick out of this. On the 9th, I'm having Travis Walton on my show. Oh Who's Travis Walton? No. <laughs> <laughs> I had hey, somebody you know, ask me that in Weeby today. And, and <coughs> they said, Who's Travis Walton? I'm like, Oh my God. Then I said, All right, you got to know this person. I'm having Jerry Pippen on the 15th. Um, who's Sherry Pippen? I said, you don't belong in this chat room. <laughs> Do you know who the president is, huh? <laughs> Are right, you guys, from America? Right. <laughs> I'll, I'll talk to you guys later. All right, All right bro. I'll, I'll see you, Jamie. Jeez. Yeah, Travis so, case, man. The, 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 yeah, I, I would man. say that that's probably the most popular ever. In, in fact... Uh, I would even put it up there above Roswell just because you have someone who disappeared for three days. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, the first one was kind of inconclusive, but, yeah, I mean, they they did. Uh, well, yeah, but if, if you think about it, they had just had the experience, and they made them take a lie detector test. And it wasn't yeah. that they failed. It's just that they were all over the place because they were nervous. I mean, if yeah. you have – if you see an alien kidnap your you know one of your buddies – you know, when you're logging or whatever, or you're camping or whatever you're doing, uh, you know, chances are your nerves are going to be all over the place. And you know, anything like a lie detector test is just, it's just stupid. It's just not going to help you in the situation. Right. Uh, well, the not town for a also, while, anyway. The town thought that uh, his friends had killed him, too, and uh, they were going through a lot of uh, issues. And, and uh, um, you know, maybe Travis will talk about that, you know. Um, um, I'd, I'd like to hear if he's had any other experiences or even missing time. So if I'm not there... Uh, you know, make sure you ask him about missing time, too, because um, a lot of abductees will just have a fear of being taken, and uh, they'll have missing time, and they won't realize that they've been taken again. But uh, you don't want to coach them, but, um, you know, just ask him if he's had missing time since then or anything like that. Yeah, I'll um, definitely do that. And I'll tell yeah. you what, man, I actually spent like 30 minutes on the phone with him today, uh, just really just shooting the shit, you know, talking to Travis Walton. How cool is that, dude? I mean, hey, I was at work. And I get a call, and my phone says Travis Walton. And I'm like, holy crap, it's Travis <laughs> Walton calling me. You know, that's that's effing cool, man. Uh, so I picked up, and I'll, it's funny. I picked up, and I'm like, uh, hello? And he goes, hi, can I speak to the Jackal? That was the coolest thing I've ever heard in my entire life on the phone, let me tell you. That moment <laughs> in time right there is going to stay with me forever because, you know, Travis Walton is a big name in ufology. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it, as soon as he said it, I was like, uh, yeah, this is, uh, the Jackal, is this Travis? He was like, this is Travis Walton. And I was like, oh, my God. I, I, I felt like fainting. I mean, I felt like a little schoolgirl or a well, fanboy, did he talk, if you will. Did, did, when you all were uh, talking a little bit, did he happen to go over a little bit of his story or anything that he wanted to go over? Not really. I mean, we were actually going to talk again because, you know, I was at work, so I really couldn't talk, you know, very loudly. In fact, uh, a couple of, of my buddies at work were looking at me kind of sideways, like, uh, this guy is uh, talking to who? Travis Walton. Holy crap, we know that name. Yeah. Well, wait a second. Well, no, why is he talking to Travis Walton? Hold on, let me finish it. Why is he talking to Travis Walton? That's yeah, crazy that's stuff. Uh, let's report the Jackal, because uh, he's uh, up to some uh, strange, you know, activities. He's talking to Travis Walton. But, you know, they were looking at me a little sideways. But, no, I couldn't really get to, you know, talk about his case. But... But I am going to call him be- at least two or three days before the uh, the show and talk to him again. And then I'm going to go over some show points, uh, topic points that I want to talk about and uh, and really just talk to him, you know, as a person because, you know, I really w- actually would like to 
get to know Travis Walton. He seems like a very yeah. interesting individual. And I believe that he really was abducted. I mean, I 100% believe it. I, there's, you don't have to, like, you know, try to convince me or, or prove me anything. I believe that this man actually went through this shit, and he really was abducted. Yeah. Uh, he was missing for three days. That's physically provable. I mean, that happened. It was all over the media, all over the news. That was covered. Uh, they passed lie detector tests. His story has not changed one iota since it happened to now. It's been the same consistent story throughout 30 years. That tells you everything right there. That tells you, you know, the right. whole entire enchilada is real. Uh, and he's not the type of person, just from, you know, people that know him that I know, uh, who would, you know, be down with a hoax or something like this. He's just not in his persona. In fact, just from talking to the guy for the first time, I could get a sense of the type of person I was dealing with. And he seemed like a very humble, um, very down-to-earth, uh, really nice, like super nice individual, which... You know, I've been told that he's a really nice guy from other people, but, you know, yeah. getting to speak to the guy, I kind of now, I see that. He's really a super nice guy. Am I on there? Yeah, yeah, yeah we're still, still there. Okay, sorry. Um, no, it's just uh, going on my little rant there on Travis Walton. That's, uh, <clears throat> When's he going to be on? He's going to be on on the 9th on the show here. So you might want to tell your buddies to uh, pull up a chair and, and listen in. It's going to be a good show, man. Oh, yeah, my fiancé. Uh, huh? My fiancé was that. She's a big fan of Craig as well. Well, there you go. Yeah, there Just, you go. Uh, yeah. In fact, uh, not for nothing, but I'm going to have a contest that night. Since it's on a Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday is free DVDs night on uh, the Jackal's Head here. And uh, next Wednesday, when he's on, I'm going to give away free copies of Fire in the Sky for, the, you know, for people who call in and give really good questions to Travis. So tell your girlfriend or yourself, call in, ask a good question, and you might just win yourself a movie. Autographed. <laughs> hey, that'd be hey. If I can get autographed, I'll keep the shit myself, you know. <laughs> yeah, that'd be. In awesome. fact, I, I'm gonna talk to Travis about that autograph idea. Good, good idea there, Nathan. You're, you're coming in handy. But yeah, that'd be awesome to get an autograph from Travis Wallen because he's he's a very well known person. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I, yeah, I definitely want to hear him. Um. And, and I'll, I'll I'll probably jump in on just the chat room. Uh, Jackal, and give you uh, some questions from the chat room. Uh, uh, I, I would actually yeah. like to know if he's been regressed, um, because from what I understand, he never did do um, uh, regression. Uh, because um, from from several sur- sources, uh, he he supposedly said he didn't want to get regressed because he didn't want to remember everything. He just didn't want to deal with it. Um, no, no, no. My understanding actually, he did have some uh, regression early on. Uh, but it didn't help him remember anything extra that you know he didn't know. Oh, yeah. It just yeah. helped him. Uh, it it helped him kind of like get the details and put them together correctly, you know, of the experience mm-hmm. and actually have the de- you know be able to be detailed about everything that happened to him. Uh, but no, he he was he did regression early on, but he didn't do it again later on to try to find out more information. He said that you know what when you know when they did the hypnosis that he really just remembered his experience the way he already remembered it. He just really had a little bit more detail to what happened to him, but he was the same thing he remembered anyway, pretty much, more or less. Yeah. Um, and my my real big thing that I want to ask him about is the differences from his book uh, to the film, Fire in the Sky, because there's there's definitely some differences in there. Uh, in fact, as, as you know, in, in the book he says that he saw humanoid-looking aliens or human-looking yeah. you know, aliens. That doesn't show up in the movie at all. They completely you know scripted that out of the film. I want to ask him about that, and you know, maybe perhaps in the future there could be maybe another remake or something, where they might actually do a more true to the story, you know, 
prediction or depiction of the of what happened of the events. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's really what I want to like you know cover that kind of stuff with a man. Just really hear him tell his story, uh, in in his words. You know that how cool is that man to have Travis Walton on my show yeah. here? You know, freaking awesome. Telling the story, you know what happened to him, which. Like I said, I believe it 100% that this man really went through this. I do believe that him and the guys who were there with him saw what they saw. I believe that he was abducted. Uh, I have to, like, he doesn't have to try to come on the show and prove, you know, prove anything to me. In fact, he can call in and talk sports for two hours. If he wants to talk sports, I believe his story already. You know, I just think it would be nice for him to talk about his story. <laughs> yeah, and, like, he may also be under like a gag order uh, from talking bad about a certain movie or anything like that. Uh, you got to keep that in mind. Um Sometimes when when somebody sells their story to Hollywood, sometimes it's in the contract that they're not allowed to bash it or something like that. I don't oh, well, know what they did with him. So yeah, but here's the thing: I'm not going to bash the movie. Uh, quite no, the no, contract. No, no, actually, I, I love the movie. I thought it was actually. I think it's one of the the best ufology based films ever in in the field. Yeah. Uh, because it was it was actually dealt with seriously. It wasn't like a jokey movie or anything. If you watch it from beginning to end, it's actually a pretty creepy movie. It's pretty scary. Yeah, it is. Uh, so, I mean, they they did a really good job with that movie. The actors were phenomenal in it. T.B. Sweeney, Robert Patrick were amazing as the characters, Mike Rogers and Travis Walton. So, I mean, the actors are great. The story was great. The only thing was there were some differences from the actual book to the movie. Yeah, yeah. But the, it, it's Hollywood. Hollywood does that all the time. Any, every time you see something that says, based on a true story, they should come with a little tagline on the bottom that says, Kinda, because they always kind of, you know, they kind of inject their own agendas and yeah. their own views and whatever they think will sell. Uh, for example, I want to ask him, because in the movie, it shows like the aliens had spacesuits, which looked like a typical gray that everybody, you know, sees. Um, I want to ask him if he really saw that in the ship, because I don't remember seeing that in the book, but it's in the movie. Uh, mm-hmm. So I want, that's one of the questions I have. I read the book when it came out a while back, but I don't remember all the details. You know, I, I read a lot and watch a lot that of movies and actually been disinformation that got put into the movie. There were them? The suits might might have actually been <clears throat> some type of disinformation put into the movie because I think the... No, nah, because they, I think they would have cut out the aliens altogether. I think, it, I mean, it, I think they just tried to keep it simple because, remember, they also didn't have a big budget and a lot of things, you know, so I mean, they, they tried to keep it as simple but scary as possible. I think mean, that's what happened. Um, I mean, even, the, for example, the officer in the film, uh, as you know, there's that one main cop, um, like the cowboy, I always forget his name, they had those, like, the cowboy hat, he's like the main, main cop, uh, that actually, that one character is actually depicting like three characters from, if I remember right, uh, which they kind of all rolled, rolled them up into one character because they didn't have enough time to really cast people and the resources to, you know, have three actors play the three parts, so they kind of, you know, did that and they wrapped it all into one person. Uh, yeah. So, you know, it's little things like that which, you know, they're different from reality, but it's, Based on budget restraints and other things. I mean, I've I've worked in movies. I've actually helped produce a movie. It's called Motel the Film it's well, on the uh, internet, all over the place. But uh, I actually did the score and helped with some of the, photo- the video photography or the film, or whatever. Um, so I mean, I know how the film process works and, and how hard it is to get a film made, especially when you have a limited budget. And they had a small budget on that film. They didn't have like a two hundred million dollar budget or anything. Oh yeah, Nathan, you're trying to say something. Go ahead. I always wondered why he could remember his abduction. I'm not calling him a liar. I do, but I believe him 100%. <clears throat> but I always wondered why he was, uh, like, chosen to remember. I don't not chosen. Well, no, that's the thing. He doesn't remember much. Um, 
he was gone for three days, man, and I, I think he only remembered about eight or nine minutes, and that's it. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's bits and pieces, and, and that's the thing. Um, he's not the only person that's been taken for that long. Uh, there was another case uh, of a woman who uh, who was taken, and uh, there were eyewitnesses on this in, in Brooklyn. that She was actually abducted on the Brooklyn Bridge, and I worked with a group that actually interviewed her in private. And um, there were people that we, we got a hold of that were on the Brooklyn Bridge, and what happened is everybody's cars shut down uh, during about 8 p.m. and uh, on the Brooklyn Bridge, and there's books written about it. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, she was taken, man, from her car, uh, you know, in front of everybody, and the car disappeared. Um, but there were other people who had seen this bright light come down, and they got very tired, and they said they felt funny. They didn't have missing time, but they said they felt funny, and they said that um, traffic stopped. And, uh, you know, the, the group that I'd worked with had interviewed her, and uh, she was gone for almost a day and a half. And uh, when she showed back up, man, she was around 400 miles away from where she lived, and she didn't even know what the hell she was doing there. Um, she was in her car 400 miles away, and she had to drive back to uh, – to her home, and I, I, I want to assume it's in Brooklyn, but I did not interview this lady, um, but I worked with the group that did, and I worked with handling some of the information, and on her story, uh, she only remembers a little bit, um, but uh, uh, there's a lot of uh, ab like abductions uh, that happen where they don't remember everything, or they'll get um, this paranoid feeling that something's happened to them, and they'll see flashes. And uh, like a daydream, but their brain is trying to tell them that it's really happened. And that's kind of what happened with Travis. He only remembers a little bit, but he was gone for three days. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, me and my fiance were actually driving in the car one night on on the way home from a, from the store. Mm -hmm. And uh, my fiance was the one that seen it. It went right over the car as we were driving. It was about, I'd say, about. 30, 40 feet wide, like a disc, and uh, it was a it was a big white light. That's all I could see, but it was like a disc shape, and it flew right over the car. It wasn't even like 50 feet above us, and she just stepped on the gas, and we just we got home as quick as we could. Well, now Nathan, is there any way that you can get um, your uh, fiance to uh, come on the jackal's uh, head, uh, you know, in the future uh, with you, and maybe you guys? That just sounds so perverted the way you said that. I get what you're saying. <laughs> I think where you're going with the question, but it just sounds. Yeah, is there any way that you both can like come on here in the future and? Um, See, that sounds even worse. Man. <laughs> <laughs> so did, you, did you call in sometime with your there girlfriend? You go. <laughs> uh, I can I can try, but she's not really like. Well, I understand that. My my wife is actually scared of a lot of the paranormal stuff, and she, she's seen things, but she absolutely refuses to go to anything and actually be a part of certain things because she's she's had the shit scared out of her before. So yeah. I understand that. I definitely understand that. But um, yeah, we're a lot different yeah, when it comes to UFOs. Yeah. Well, maybe you can call in, uh, you know, in the future and, and discuss this topic um, and get more detail into it. But. Uh, yeah, we'd like to hear from your uh, fiance too. And like I said, man, we're, we're not trying to, um, you know, upset you or anything. You know, we we did uh, have to examine your your stuff. So if you have any new videos, post them and then call in, uh, or else come in the chat room or whatever and notify Jackal, um, you know, that you, that you've got this uh, 
new video up. You know, just notify us. We'll we'll even plug it. We'll even tell people about it and how to how to view it. But um, uh, I mean, the most important part, man, is just make sure that you know if if you're going to say it's a UFO, then really, really make sure that you feel it is a UFO. Okay. Okay. Well, hey, Jack, I'm going to go ahead and jump off here, man. Uh, I'm afraid that uh, it's going to hang up on us again. So I'm going I'm to get off here. And, um, Nathan, it was good talking to you. You too. And, Jack, you too, man. It's good It's good listening to your show again. Um, thanks for uh, having me on here as, you know, kind of the co-host. <laughs> Not a problem, bro. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I'll, I'll see you Take guys care. later. And, uh, you know, uh, check me out on Jamie's show, too, Florida UFOs. I'll be there December the 8th. Awesome, dude. And uh, right. tomorrow we'll be back here. So uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta, yep. uh, we have oh, to have you come back it. on tomorrow, man, so you can uh, listen in. We got Dennis Crenshaw coming on tomorrow, which is gonna be cool, man. Cool, Dennis is gonna yeah, be. Yeah, he's show awesome, tomorrow. man. Yeah. Before I go, I want to, I want to shout out to Dennis. Um, I've, I've been working on a book for a very long time, and I've, I've went through uh, two publishing companies, and I've had all kinds of problem, uh, problems with them for the last two, about two and a half years, man, and Dennis hooked me up with uh, a new publishing company, and I'm actually going to go through his same publishing company, um, nice. and I'm going to try that. i got to send it in, uh, send in my script and everything, and, 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 and see what they think, but I've got enough people backing me up and enough uh, information. I'm I'm almost 100% positive they're going to take it on the first hit. So, nice. um, But yeah, I just want to give a shout out to uh, Dennis, and um, I'm going to go and jump off here, though, man, because uh, i got to get out of here. <laughs> All right, brother. I'll see you. All right, talk to you later. Bye, Nathan. Bye. All right, Nathan, now it's just you and I. Yep. I'm actually writing a book, but I only got a paragraph. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, really? You're writing a script? Huh? Are you writing a book? A book, yeah. Uh, Yeah, I was thinking about writing a book, but then uh, I figured they already created the pornography books, so, you know, why bother? (laughs) Yeah. It's been done, you know? I tried. But, uh... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead, bro. I've, I've tried to write books before about other things, and I just get distracted or I forget or I just don't care anymore. But but this is just pretty pretty intense stuff, so I might I might finish this. Well, what's your book about? Well, it's gonna be about uh, about what I see and everything out here. And what I was thinking on doing was creating a a CD that comes along with it, to where you can reference. So a UFO encounter and watch UFO video when you read the book. That'd be that'd be interactive. Ah, so you're putting together an interactive uh, DVD release with a book. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't know how it's gonna yeah, go cool. though. It'll be years from now. Here, here's a, a nice title for you for your uh, DVDs: Nasty Nate's UFOs. <laughs> Think about that. You could you could copyright that. It's free. I'm sorry. <laughs> you had a cough there, man. You, you smoke. You're a smoker. <laughs> no, my fiance is. Uh, it, damn, dude, that sounds pretty bad. Are you okay there? Does she smoke around you a lot, or what's going on? Oh yeah, she smokes about a pack a day. More. Oh jeez, man. You know, secondhand smoke also kills, right? Say again. That secondhand smoke also kills. Yeah, no. That's just not good for you, man. Does she smoke around you a lot? Yeah. Uh, it can't be good for your health, man. You're, you're coughing there like you're smoking crack. And I know you're not smoking crack, right? Meth or anything no. like that? No? 
All right, good man. Stay away from the mess, bro. It's bad for you. But um, make y'all weak, man. Hey, I saw your video on the on YouTube, the one you just posted, uh, rebutting my uh, rebuttals to your videos. Pretty funny stuff, man. Yeah, <laughs> <coughs> go saying he wants me to die. Yeah, yeah, literally last man. I was trying to bait you to get to call into the show because I know you were scared to call in. So I was saying crazy shit to get you to call in. Hey, it worked. You called in. But yeah, I'll, I'll make another video stating that we're cool, man. I I just really want you to really pay attention to you know the next time you're recording stuff because honest to God, man. I, I mean, I like I said, I have years of uh, of not only researching UFOs but of uh, recording, you know, with video cameras and using high-tech video cameras, cheap video cameras. Um, I could use a really good video camera and make a plane look like a UFO. So, I mean, you have to be very careful. Uh, if not by accident, you might be recording planes and you think they're UFOs. Just because they're so far away, you can't make out the shape of what, you you know, you're looking at. Remember, a plane from a certain angle would look like a, like a saucer. The because ones that really intrigue me are the ones that, like are right over my head. They're like in space, kind of. Right. The ones that look like satellites. So when I go and confirm it on different databases, it it turns out not to be a satellite. So those, those yeah, are like, the ones that. Have you caught anything that actually like changes direction or 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 splits into two or something like that? Because see that will give you a little bit more more credibility really with the videos because now it's harder to refute a plane that it splits in half or. Or you know, yeah. quickly changes direction or something like that. Uh, in fact, Jamie himself had posted a couple of videos that he thought were UFOs, but on further inspection, it turned out there were seven forty-seven Boeing's. Uh, uh, so yeah, and you know, I told him, "No, oh, dude, you can see right here that's the Boeing seven forty-seven." And when he looked at it, he did some analysis. And he was like, "Oh, damn, yeah, it is." But from the angle that he was looking at it, even to his naked eye, it looked like a UFO, like a like a tri- like a triangle UFO. That's what I'm telling you. You got to be very careful how you're looking at the, at the object, and make sure that when you're trying to record, if you're zooming into the object or you're you know trying to get a good close-up shot of it, make sure you you don't shake the camera or move it around much, because it's going to give it. A, that's going to make it harder for it to focus on the object. The steadier the camera, the better. One thing you do on you know unfortunately a lot is you move the camera around while you're trying to you know get a good you know picture of the object. That's going to distort the image big time, and it's going to have that glowing orb effect. Uh, okay. Which is that's one of the things, and that's I think what might be happening. Now, when you go outside, do you normally look at the uh, objects directly with the camera, or do you look with your naked eye and just record it? First, uh, I'm just I, I stand out there with <clears throat> with my camera on my stand, looking around with my eyes to see if I can spot anything, and then after but I looking do, looking through I the camera, though, right? Camera on it and uh, and look at it through the camera. So, okay, so I see what you're saying. You, you spot them from a distance. When you're naked eye, you see like a light or something somewhere, and then you look to the camera and you, you focus in on the light. Yeah. And that, Okay, see, that's that's the issue right there you're having. Some objects might be too far for you to be able to tell the exact shape of the object. And then when you when you look through the camera, the camera is distorting the image because of the, the light illusion. Remember, this is, this is a, an actual fact. This really does happen. Uh, light yeah, distorts. Right. My binoculars too to confirm that don't have any blinking. <coughs> binoculars have the same problem as cameras. They, the light will still distort on binoculars. Uh, not as much because they're it's a it's a better system. 
but it'll some light will still distort, especially you know, if they're in a certain angle. It'll still have a distortion. Remember, light is the most strangest thing in the universe. It's light is the the one thing they can travel across the stars at an instant. Light can also you know distort things around it. Say it again. The only ones that I'm hundred percent sure that aren't planes in the distance that look like orbs are the ones that go right over my head, like the ones that look like they're in space. You know? Right, I've, right. I've, I've actually seen two right behind each other, but I didn't get, get that one on tape, though. Now, are, are you familiar with the amount of uh, space debris and space junk that there is uh, floating around the planet right now? Yeah, I, I understand that, too. Um, i tell you what happened. One night, I was out there UFO hunting. I was looking for the small objects in space like that, and I seen one object fly by this bright by one of the bright stars, and then I tried to zoom in on it with my camera, and I and I thought the star was a UFO that stopped, so I I set the camera on the, on that object for like a minute and forty seconds because I thought the star was a UFO by mistake, but by by chance and experiment. I was standing around trying to call the UFO back with my mind. I know it sounds crazy, but I tried calling it back with my mind. Like, come back, I didn't get you on tape. If that, if that, if the star wasn't the UFO, you know. I'm like, I wasn't sure right. if the star was the UFO or not, but I was like, if that's not you, come back. And you won't believe what happened. It came right back in the same path that it came, and I happened to get it on tape. I didn't even have to move the camera. So it came back in the same exact direction that it came in before? Yeah. That's crazy, man. Not really. Uh, you know, maybe there's another plane that was flying behind that plane. No, it was an opposite it, direction. It was an opposite direction? Well, then there's a plane coming in. Remember, planes it, come in and go all the time. It was a small dot in space, though. It was, like, you know, real tiny. A really tiny dot in space? No. Oh. I I don't know. I'd have to be there to to be able to see, you know, with, with my own eyes. I guess. Yeah. That's you know that's the that's the thing about ufology. Unless you have, you know, irrefutable evidence, it's hard to to believe anything. Yeah. Uh, you know that 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 might have just been uh, like I said, a satellite. It might have been a piece of space junk. It might have been a UFO. You never know. Did you capture this on video? Yeah, I got it on tape coming back, but unfortunately, I didn't get it on tape passing by the star going the other direction. Which uh, very that's that's uh, interesting. I don't think I don't remember if I've seen that one. I know I've seen a bunch of your videos on there. Yeah, I've got. The one that really like you know frosted my nipples, man, was the, the one with the garbage can. That just man, <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me, man? Are you serious? You can see five fingers in there. Come on, that one and the the, the, uh, the crop circles one, man. That I almost threw something on the computer. I was like. Are you effing with me? <laughs> <coughs> and it didn't help that you kind of said that uh, the video I sent you was fabulous and raved at how much it looked like your videos, which, honestly, the one I sent you really was a plane. I mean, no joke, that was 100% plane. And it, it came out really good, though. I mean, you got to admit, that looks like <laughs> a fire in the sky. <laughs> you know, pardon the, uh, the pun, Mr. Walton. Yeah. But have you seen my other crop circle video with the the one big one I found in the the cow pasture? Uh, no, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, uh, I kind of uh, stopped looking at the crop circle videos after that one these, the, that I saw, which yeah. was pretty upsetting. Yeah, uh, I'm I, 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 I,
tested it with my homemade. They got to something on TV. What? I got some energy out of it. Oh really? Yeah. It it had no grass or nothing. It was like all dead and and stuff. No, I I, I did see the video that you posted on there on antimatter. Yeah, that, that was, was pretty interesting. Are you uh are you into uh, science at all, there, son? Oh yeah, I'm I'm a theoretical kind of person. I come up with all kinds uh, of. I got an idea well, about a photon fusion reactor. Oh really? Uh, well, how how would this work? This photon fusion reactor? Well, it's very very controversial. Um, you know about the Big Bang, right? And. Well, uh, there's two Big Bangs. One that created life on everything that we know of. And the other one was the first time I got laid. Now, which one are you talking about here? <laughs> the, the Big Bang. The one that created the, one that created the entire universe. Okay, that one. I know that one. Like a fraction of a second, not even a fraction, after the Big Bang, there was this equilateral, not equilateral, but equilibrium of matter that kept changing from light to, to matter, light, light to matter, back and forth, until it cooled down, right? Right. Like uh, the high gamma photons would collide and create matter and antimatter, and then collide back again and create light again until it started cooling down and forms the atoms. If you can create a machine that can that can harness that energy and hold it at that temperature, you can create a plasma-like energy that can like keep light and matter and antimatter in equilibrium. Particle equilibrium. Interesting. Yeah. I think I've uh, I've heard uh, this theory before. I don't know exactly how you'd be able to make a machine like that. I mean, yeah, it, it had to be hundreds and hundreds of years from now. Yeah, you're talking about a Type Three civilization that'd be able to do that. Are you familiar with uh, Michio Kaku's definition of civilizations, like Type Zero, oh, yeah, Type I got One? I've read all of it. <laughs> well, as you know, a Type Three civilization can harness the power of the sun. That you'd have to have that kind of power to be able to do something like that. In yeah. We're way off of that. I mean, we're a type zero. So. It's yeah, going to be a long time before your fusion reactor becomes a reality. <laughs> yeah, I know. I have to be looking down from heaven or something. Just yeah, yeah. At that point, you'll probably be on your own UFO like Kevin's Gate, you know, just riding around. Yeah, wouldn't it be funny if UFOs are and the aliens are nothing but the souls of dead people traveling yeah, in space? That'd be uh, a hoot, wouldn't it? I think it would be funny. Now, the worst scenario for America, this this would be pretty bad. If, uh, let's say, disclosure happens and the uh, UFO lands on the White House lawn, like, you know, the traditional way of disclosure in, you know, the media, how everybody wants to have it happen, you know, the UFO lands on the White House lawn. And out of this UFO comes out a 50-foot Native American. <laughs> At this point, I think we can all look at ourselves and be like, America, it was a nice run. Time to give them back their land. Let's get the hell out of here. Man. La That's Moose, right. you know? Yeah. I'm waiting for you land in, like, New York or something. You know, after watching uh, Independence Day, I don't really want to see a UFO uh, come out of New York and uh, blow stuff up. I don't know. Yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead, bro. I said it'd be nice for like a flying saucer or a UFO to land in a, a very populated place. That way we can have full disclosure. And as long as they're not fifty foot tall Native Americans, it'd be nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I that think would, it'd be uh, that'd make the whole thing unpleasant. 
That and of reptilians, like in V. I would not like to see that myself. Yeah, not fond of the reptilians. I don't know what to think of the reptilians. That's, that's a difficult subject. Well, have you ever heard of uh, the uh, works of uh, Commander X? Are you familiar with him? No. No, and it's not a joke. This is actually a group of individuals who codenamed themselves Commander X. Uh, and these individuals had prior knowledge of, uh, you know, government secrets and stuff like that. There were older people that, you know, had been in the government and knew a lot of the secrets. And they were saying that the reptilians that everybody sees are nothing more than the descendants of the dinosaurs that were here on Earth. And that back then there were dinosaurs that were smarter than we give them credit for, smart enough that they were able to build machines themselves and leave the planet. And wow. when they left the planet, they left for, you know, how many millions of years for, you know, for civilization to be able to pop back into existence. And once they got back here, you know, you know millions of years later of evolution for them also, uh, you know, they got back here and the planet was being ran by a bunch of monkeys. <laughs> being us. Now, that would make a reptilian pretty mad, I, I assume. Yeah. That's kind of like <coughs> sad, you know. There's not a lot of evidence on the reptilian stuff. Oh, no, but there is, actually. There, there is a lot of uh, historical work on the reptilians. In fact, the Bible has reference to reptilians. For example, yeah. what was what was Lucifer? Uh, in the Bible, a serpent. What is a serpent? Descendant of a, rept- a reptile. Yeah. That, that, yeah, so, that is. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it, I mean, the the uh, connection is there. The serpent also is a reference to the DNA, as you know, the two intertwined serpents and in DNA is also represented there. Which, if you really want to, you know, be kooky about religion, uh, for example, let's say the you know the Bible says that God gave the devil or Lucifer reign over the earth. Uh, to show that he was an uh, all-loving God, which I don't understand how that happens, but that's kind of in the Bible. He says that, you know, he let Lucifer reign over Earth for yeah. some time, and he was going to go chill and on vacation or something while Lucifer has reign on Earth. Well, then that might, you know, be the reason why our DNA looks like two snakes, if Lucifer was a snake, you know, at one point. Also, it ex- you know, it might explain why, you know, hell has fire and the sun is a big ball of fire. Have you, have you, know, you uh, we're living in hell. Have you heard of the sounds of hell thing coming from underground? Oh, yeah, the uh, Mel's Hole or the other, oh, yeah, the, not the Mel's Hole, the other one, the, the one in Ukraine, I think. Yeah, Someone that's very, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Well, that sounds like a bunch of recordings from, like, people that walked into a mall or something and had people screaming and just yeah, going bananas. It, it just sounds been. like ra- random noise. Recorded over random noise, recorded over random noise. And when you get a collection of noise like that, that's what it's going to sound like. Yeah, I'd like to go there and see if I can get the same results. Yeah, see, now that would be interesting if one could actually go there. But I don't think the directions to the place has ever been given online. Like, it's kind of a secret, I believe. It might be fake, man. Probably. I I don't know. I mean, our girl used to put that on the show a lot. And, you know, uh, I have a lot of respect for our girl and his show, but... They did put a lot of fake stuff on the show also just uh, because it was a good story, you know? Yeah. But it happens, man. That's that's the problem with ufology. That's why with our show here and with the websites we're building, we're trying to get a little bit more serious with stuff. You know, we're trying to get away from uh, just putting, you know, 
every anybody on the on the air. You know, we want to have people that are really credible on the air. Like Travis Walton, that's a credible person. That's a credible case. You know, that's a really credible individual. He's been through some shit. Like he really has gone through his issue. Um, this happened to him. You know, I believe that this man had an experience. Oh yeah, Travis Walton. He he's in, he's very important in UFO in ufology. Yeah, and not only that, on the 17th, I also have another very credible person coming out, Stanton Friedman, who is the godfather of rocket science, uh, the godfather of Roswell, really. <laughs> I mean, nobody you know talks about Roswell more than uh, Stanton Friedman. Nobody knows probably about Roswell more than Stanton Friedman. So that's another good show that's going to be coming up on the 17th. That's cool. What do you think about the Hollow Earth theory? Well, you should listen in tomorrow. I'm going to have actually one of the writers of the Hollow Earth books in the house. His name is Dennis Crenshaw, like you heard earlier. Um, you know, there could be some credibility to that. I mean, I, I'll leave it to the realm of possibility. I'm always open for, you know, for anything out of the ordinary like that. It's it's Good possible. To I'll leave it at that. I mean, but it, it's tough to believe, uh, especially with the uh, the theory that the uh, the center of the Earth plays the role of the second sun. And they heat, you know, enough for there to be life in the center of the earth, around the center of the earth, I guess. It's not really in the center of the earth. Um, yes. It's kind of around it. It's, yeah, it's weird. It's <laughs> how gravity how gravity would work, I really have no idea. But <laughs> Yeah, it'd be backwards. Yeah, that's odd. But uh, have you heard of the expanding earth theory? Uh, Yeah, I've heard of that also. It explains Pangea a lot better. It does, it does, it does. If Earth is real, it could tie in with that. Yeah, this is true. I mean, it's it's funny to uh, to say it, but it actually does explain a little bit better the reason why the planet looks the way it looks also. If there is, you know, a hollow Earth, uh, that is the fact that the planet might actually be half a planet. I don't think that the Earth is a full planet. I think it might be half a planet that the water from the inside just, you know, came out because of the whatever impact might have hit it. That's my theory, really. More than even the hollow earth, I believe that, that uh, the planet itself uh, is not a full planet. You, know, like you see most planets are, you know, more solid than the earth. The earth is more water than anything else and very little land. Now, if you take the water out of there, what, what happens? You know, it's basically half a planet. Yeah, some people think the moon was part of us, the core, and when whatever hit us became the core and the moon popped off of it. That makes sense. Yeah, I've heard that, actually. Uh, I think it was uh, the Sumerians, uh, in their writings, actually, right, there's, there's a planet that hits us called Tiamat. And yeah, parts of, yeah, Tiamat, when it, when it collides with what we now call Earth, you know, part of that became what's now known as the moon. But, of course, I don't know if you know about this, the moon is actually moving away from Earth. So in about 200 years, the moon might be really far away from us, uh, which is going to mess up a lot of our gravitational pull and, you know, oh, tidal yeah. waves and all that stuff. So that's actually something that's happening also. They might have to put rockets on the backside of the moon to keep it in place if that's possible. Uh, I don't think that's possible. That's a pretty big object. You're going to have to put, like, fucking Superman back there to be able to push that thing. Yeah. I don't think we have that technology yet. Yeah, no, we, we're still uh, fighting wars with people in suits. We don't have yeah. that kind of technology. <laughs> I mean, remember, we went to the moon and, uh, 
the equivalent of a technology that took us there was that of a washing or washing machine or, or a dryer or something like that. It was very, very low-tech technology. We just were able to get there by the pure grace of whatever God might be out there that allowed it to, to happen. But that could easily have been a disaster because they really had very little technology on, on their trip to the moon. Um, you heard about the alien bases on the back side of the moon, the dark side? Yeah, I've heard of uh, of them. I've, I've seen videos on YouTube. Uh, depicting astronauts walking through the bases and stuff like that, and there's a video that uh, supposedly shows what is looks like a UFO um, that they find on the on the moon itself. And when they went inside of it, supposedly there's a being that, that was dead inside of the UFO, and it looks very much like a Middle Eastern woman, which was kind of odd. But uh, it looked like, kind of like a Middle Eastern, like an Egyptian woman or a goddess or something. And she even had like the little dot in her forehead type of deal. She even had that. Um, she had, you know, like the um, Hindus have a little dots in their head. Like she has that. She had a piece over her face. Uh, in fact, I think it's called the Apollo 11 or 17 or something. Yeah, I think it's got two. Yeah, and it shows uh, it shows her. It's, uh, the Apollo something. I can't remember the exact mission, but it's Apollo 11 or, or 17 or something like that. I don't remember. But it's yeah, one of those. If you, if you type in uh, Mona Lisa Alien on YouTube, you're, you're going to get the video. Mona Lisa EDE or Mona Lisa Alien or whatever. Uh, it looks interesting, but it could be a mannequin. It could be a you know a number of things, but it looked interesting. I, I do think there's bases on the dark side of the moon. That'd be a perfect place for a for a checkpoint. Yeah, well, actually, you know, the dark side of the moon is not really the dark side of the moon. That's just kind of a clever name that people put on it. The moon does show that side eventually. You just don't see it, you know, every day. Uh, you ever heard of a new moon? When there's a new moon? Yeah. That's when the moon rotates a little bit. You see parts of the moon you normally don't see. Huh. Like the dark side of the moon. You eventually okay. do see the whole moon, but it, it's just it doesn't you don't see it all the time. The one side you constantly see is the regular side of the moon. That's why they call it the dark side of the moon. But yeah. even with telescopes on Earth, we really wouldn't be able to really get a good look of any bases up there, especially if they look like the terrain. You know, they have that grainy sandy look to them. It'll be almost impossible to, to see anything. Yeah, most of it's probably underground anyway. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> like the uh, the satellite that we crashed on the moon. I don't know if you heard about that, but supposedly there was a where they crashed it, there was a, a pipeline or something that burst that they didn't even know about. There was like fire that came out of it and shit. Huh. A pipe on the moon? Yeah, yeah, there's like a, like, it was, they actually crashed it inside of a crater. There's some video that actually leaked out that shows fire coming out of the crater. Because I guess they, there might have been a pipeline or something. They didn't know about it. And they hit it. The thing blew up, and there's some fire that spewed out of there. There's fire? That means there's oxygen, too. You got it. Wow. That's there's the that. big secret. That was the big secret of uh, why they had to leak that video. That means there's a whole atmosphere on the moon, even clouds. Well, actually, if you uh, do a little research, there's uh, people that have actually said that they've seen clouds, uh, rain, yeah. all kinds of stuff there on the moon. So. A couple of pictures on the videos, they said they photographed clouds over the moon. Yeah. yeah. Well, it'll make sense that it has a, a thin atmosphere, at least. You know, not a thick atmosphere like ours, but at least a thin atmosphere with a couple of clouds here and there. Yeah, it'll make sense. I mean, it's a cold atmosphere anyway, so it'll make kind of sense. 
Yeah, it's being so close to us, it has to have some sort of similarities. Exactly, yeah. My biggest intrigue, though, is not even our moon. I really would like to know more about Europa. That's the moon I really want to know about, because that is an ice moon. It's covered with ice, and there's liquid water known to be on the bottom of that ice. Yeah, and no, I want to see if there's anything living underneath that ice. That'd be interesting. Yeah, normally where there's liquid water, there's some sort of a, of a living creature out there, and that is that'd really, be, I think, that's that'll be, I think, the first discovery that is announced publicly that we found, you know, a being somewhere else. That'll be like a fish or something from Europa. Yeah, be a weird-looking fish, an alien fish. Wouldn't it be funny if it looks like a grouper fish or like regular fish from Earth? Yeah, that means like being fish. the same around the universe. Yeah, well, the, have you heard of panspermia? No. Never heard of panspermia? Well, this is actually a scientific theory now. Follow along here. This is uh, the theory. It, it, panspermia basically says that all life that generates in the cosmos, everywhere, no matter where you're looking at it, everywhere in the cosmos, all life comes from one single source. And since that's the reason that it comes from one single source, that gives the reason why all the aliens that everybody sees are bipedal. That means they have two arms, two legs, they look humanoid, um, you know, but like we, like us. They look like us, basically. Uh, the yeah. reason this is is because not only does it come from one source, but it comes in the same form. It comes in comets. As you know, the planet is constantly bombarded with comets, meteorites, and stuff like that, which has inside water, has the molecules of life, has DNA. So for if a planet is starting to you know build its you know itself up and it's starting to get to the point that life might evolve on it, if now you start bombarding it with comets that have the building blocks of life, guess what's going to happen when when the starts to mix in? You're going to get life yeah. because the building blocks are there. Now, if that's the case, then this would mean that all living creatures throughout the entire universe share the same similar DNA. Yep. That means we're very similar. This gives a perfect explanation why they're beings that look like us, or we look like them. Yeah, that would explain a lot with the bipedal aliens. <coughs> yeah. I mean, really? if not, you you would expect an alien to look like some kind of crab or some kind of weird, you know, creature from another planet, but yet they look kind of like we do, just a little bit odd, you know? <laughs> oh, that was a good one. Yeah. Um, I'll say something I forgot. Oh yeah, I think there's a uh, billions and billions of civilizations out there. You know how big the universe is. Well, put it in perspective like this: just in the Milky Way alone, there are billions of stars with trillions of planets. Yeah, no, that's that's why. I and that, hundreds of thousands of them are Earth-like planets, from what we've been able to observe. And that's just an organic. Uh, just, just in the Milky Way. So, yeah, there is definitely life in the universe. Anybody who says otherwise is a complete moron. Now, yeah. here's the thing, though. And this is something that Michio Kaku says with pure brilliance. And this is something where I also believe that Travis Walton really went through his experience because Travis Walton kind of walked into the situation by accident. You know, they were just logging and they just happened to see a ship. And he walked out, and, you know, he was abducted because he kind of walked into it. You know, if he would have stayed in his car and left, nothing might have happened to him. But he walked yeah. out of his car, and he tried to get a better look at it. And they said, oh, yeah, you want to see us? Well, here we are. And they abducted him. And if you see the movie, in fact, even said in the book, 
that his experience was very um, kind of impersonal. You know, they, they didn't really communicate with him. They didn't want to explain yeah. to him what they were doing there. They were just, you know, they took him, they did their experiments, they were done with him, and that was it. You know, they didn't even try to talk to him. I don't think they have any kind of emotion like we do. Well, here's the thing. It, it, that makes sense if, if you take Michio Kaku's theory that if we're in the in the cosmic scheme of things or scheme of things, we're nothing more than ants compared to an anthill here on Earth. I mean, you don't go to your backyard and try to make friends with the ants in the anthill, do you? You don't sit there and you try to communicate and say, hey, I'm me. You know, what's your name? How's it going? Let's make peace. Let's break bread. You know, I'm here. I'm I'm in your plane. This is your plane of existence. You don't do that because they're ants. You know, they're whatever. They're ant creatures. You know, they're beneath us. Well, put yourself in a position of an alien being, a type 2, a type 3 civilization, who are, to us, are gods because, you know, they can do stuff that we can only dream about. We are literally the ants to their, you know, to their being. Now, if this is the case... What happened to Travis Walton makes perfect sense. That's oh, how yeah. you would treat an ant. You would just treat it like an animal. You wouldn't treat it like, you know, with emotions. Because yeah, to you, they don't matter. It's just another person. It's another thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, I see what you're saying. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, that's that's why his case is, to me, it's irrefutable. I mean, you cannot you cannot crack any holes in it. It's, it's an amazing story because of that simple fact that it follows along with you know, what modern science is, you know, kind of saying this would, would be what aliens would do. You know, even Michukaku would say, yeah, type 3 civilization basically is a, a race of beings that are godlike. Now, to a race of beings that are godlike, do you think they care what ants are doing on an anthill or a planet? They don't care. Unless we're a threat to them, they don't care. Now, the moment we start traveling throughout space and we become a type 1 civilization, at that point, they're going to start caring, because now we're going in their territory. Yeah. I've heard that you they can uh, go from spiritual form back to physical form, and, like, go from heaven and hell and back. Well, I don't know about all that. I'm actually atheist myself. Why not really? Because I'm agnostic. I don't really believe in uh, heaven or hell or any of the above. I don't really believe in the devil, to be honest. I think it's a lot of uh, brainwashing and media manipulation and church intervention to uh, make people believe in stuff that's not really there, you know? Uh, I do give an opportunity to the theory that there might be a higher being known as maybe a god with a big G that yeah. created the entire universe. I will, I will accept that as a possibility because I don't know if it's true or not. I can't say whether there is or there isn't, you know what I mean? That's all in the face value. But at the same time, I personally have no reason to really believe any book that is written by man. Yeah. It's just because man is corruptible. You know, anybody can be corrupted. Anybody can lie. Anybody can make shit up. You look like an angel. Look like an angel. Walk like an angel. Walk like an angel. Talk like an angel. But I got
I dropped something. Hold on. Is that better? That is perfect. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's probably what you need to do. Your Skype is adjusted a little bit. What I did was I just took off my earphones. Because uh, no, I, actually, I, I switched back to my G1, man. Ah, okay. My, my, uh, my ears are kind of stopped up. Yeah, well, we'll we'll get together on that Skype tomorrow. Maybe we can figure out what's wrong there. Uh, anyway, uh, which one did you want first? The book, the Hollow Earth? Where did you want to start off with? Yeah, man? yeah. Let's talk a little bit about, about the Hollow Earth. Yeah, I mean... I, I think that everybody who's in here knows already, you know, about yourself. But, you know, let's talk a little bit about, you know, how, you know, you started doing what you're doing now and what led you on to writing the book and stuff like that. And then talk a little bit about the hollow earth. Because it's, it's actually yeah. a very interesting topic. I, I'm really into, like, you know, the, the hollow earth theory myself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess I started researching the hollow earth back to uh, – Actually, I first heard of the Hollow Earth back in uh, 1968. Uh, in 63, I saw a UFO. I've told about that on many shows, so we won't get into that. But I saw a UFO up close and uh, while I was in the military. And, and when I got out, I started researching that. Earlier in my life, uh, my, my step-grandfather uh, quit the Masons uh, in, a, in an uproar. And as a little kid, he had, he had cattle out on the... Uh, a little piece of property near here, and I used to go out there with him, and, and it was more, they're wild cattle, so it was more just hanging around together than anything else, but he, he told me all about the Federal Reserve scam, and, and he told me about the secret societies, and, and uh, all of this, now this was about 1964, and uh, of course, everybody knew him. You know, said he was a nut. You know, nobody, nobody at that time. You know, that was Eisenhower years. America was perfect, so nobody would believe any of that stuff. But I put, I kept it all in the back of my head. And then I saw the UFO. Uh, you know, a couple of years later, and then in about 1968, I started investigating you know, my own. I started looking into UFOs. Uh, my, my starting point was the origin of UFOs because I knew they existed. I saw one. I mean, I don't, I don't have to argue about squiggly lights right. in the sky and all that. So, so my brother, one day I was sitting on my mother's porch, and my brother, who was one of the smartest men I ever met and unfortunately died very young, but he came up on the porch. He was younger than me. He came up on the porch. He had me a little book. It was called The Under People by Eric Norman. A little old skinny book, I know, 120 pages at the most. I've still got it. And uh, it told all the, the – it was the first I'd ever heard of the hollow earth and the hollow earth theory. And uh, I, I was fascinated, but, you know, I knew better because I'd already learned in science how the earth was made up. So uh, in the book, there was hardly any uh, uh, source material, and that kind of burned me up. I hate a book that doesn't – I love the source material. That's where I find my information. So I was a little upset with that. But one source it did tell of was Ray Palmer, who put out uh, Fate Magazine back then, and Flying Saucer Magazine, several others, Search. And uh, so I called. Uh, it, it, I wanted to, to get the copies of the magazines that it told about, that had stories in them about how it worked. So I called up uh, uh, the Palmer Publishing. I, I called up Amherst uh and then they gave me the number for Palmer. And, of course, I was just a kid. I had never met anybody in my life uh, 
I think I met Johnny Tillotson once, <laughs> but I never really met anybody in my life, you know. And so when he, a guy answered the phone and, and he said, this is Ray Palmer, it's like, it was like Elvis answered his own phone, you know, in that, in that realm. So uh, we got to talking and I told him that I wanted to uh, start researching and writing. And he asked me, what am I doing wasting my time? <laughs> anyway, uh, I called him several times to talk to him, and he sent me a whole box of stuff. And I went through it, uh, pictures and stuff, and packed it away and said, that's ridiculous. You know, that, that's totally ridiculous. So then I, I went along with everybody else that they're all extraterrestrial and all of that. Until about 1980, of course, I spent some years partying and some years working, so I didn't do as much as I as I wanted to. But I happened to be up in Anchorage, Alaska, with that huge uh, uh, air sh- uh, 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 airplane. The huge Japanese airliner was uh, followed by a huge UFO, and there were drawings, full-page, front-page drawings of it in the paper, and, and all of that. And, and and that got me interested again. So I started researching again, and I started realizing that. What I was reading was the same stuff over and over and over and over. So I, I went back and I said, let's 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 do something different. Let's start at the very beginning of UFO uh, of UFO investigation and let's just look at source. Let's let's look at forward source. Well, the first thing I found was my. It just happened that I had collected all this stuff over the years, so I have it available. So. Uh, I started with the very early Parber stuff in 1947 uh, and, and read on up. And what I discovered was that about the time of Project Sign, uh, the, the, the CIA had actually taken over the dissemination of UFO information. Yep. Uh, and so, so I said, whoa, you know, uh, now this starts getting into what I had learned from my grandfather, you know, about the government involvement and everything. So I said, wait a minute, if they took over dissemination, everything from that point forward is tainted. So let me go back to 1947 and study what was what was reported in, in books and magazines and newspapers from 1947 to 1960, uh, about 61, I think, when Condor came in, which, by the way, exposes a sign. So, yeah. so I started reading that. And uh, at that time, I began to realize that they're, they're the, in the first place, in 1947, the Rand Corporation, which is a, a government think tank, the Rand Corporation uh, was given the job of, of figuring out where they came from. And from, from their report uh, of 1947 to the government, the Rand Corporation reported that the, the the flying objects being seen in our skies today are not conducive with outer space travel. So uh, that got me, you know, that, that, that sent me one direction. And then the next thing, and you can find this, this is all in the older UFO book. The, the, the next thing uh, that I found out was uh, the, a, 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 a directive from... Uh, from uh, military intelligence, I believe it was Army Air Force at that time or something like that, uh, intelligence said that uh, that they were not that they that they were obviously uh, that they couldn't leave our atmosphere or that type of thing. So 
government records, and, and by the way, most of this research can be found, what we're talking about now can be found uh, on my website, uh, www.thehollowearthinsider.com. Uh, and and if you go at the very top right-hand corner, there's a little box that says Best of THEI, and there's some headings over there. If you click on UFO, you'll get all the uh, exact spots where this uh, research comes from because, like I say, I hate uh, research stuff. I just hate it. So anyway, uh, so I started reading the first books that were written by the first uh, ufologists, uh, you know, not written around 1950, 51, like that. And I came across a book by Gray Barker. Uh, Barker Yeah, the book is called They Do Too Much About Flying Saucers. And in the book, he tells the story of Albert K. Bender, who was the man who formed the first UFO group. Uh, By the way, another thing that was uh, put out by the Condor was that inside they, they decided to infiltrate all the UFO groups. Take that as you might, but uh take the notice how many are retired military in those groups. So take yeah. note from there. Anyway, the other thing they said that that they were gonna do is to start using movies to uh to indoctrinate people. Uh, in fact they, they named Walt Disney, which is uh, Walt Disney by the way did a lot of uh propaganda movies during World War Two. So he was well connected with the uh with the scoop the spooks up there in Washington. So anyway, uh, so anyway, uh, they, he, he, he put out an issue of his magazine, and in the magazine he says, next month I'm going to reveal the origin of UFOs, or, or at that time they called them flying saucers. And uh, between that month and the next month, all of a sudden he changed his mind and refused to even write about UFOs in the magazine. In fact, it changed into an aeronautical magazine. No more UFOs at all for a couple months, and he went out of business. But he refused oh, wow. to talk about it. Well, one of the people in his group was Gray Barker, and Gray Barker and two of the other ones talked him into having a a uh, uh, sit down with him. But he said that he would he wouldn't answer any questions that he felt would endanger national security or that had anything to do with what the uh, uh, what he said was that two men in black had come to visit him, and that's where the men in black came from, uh, and 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 had told him that, you know, stuff that he was right, but they had convinced him not to talk about it. So anyway, so they had this meeting, and the whole the whole uh, transcript of their meeting is in the book. They do too much about flying saucers by Gray Barker. So they started asking him questions about uh, these flying saucers, and his stock answer was, I, I can't tell you. That's government knowledge. I can neither, you know, confirm or deny that that answer. But these were the only kind of answer he was given. And then somebody asked him the question about, does the hollow earth have anything to do with it? Because in those days, the the early ufologists were looking at all, they weren't just looking at outer space, they were looking at all possibilities. And the hollow earth theory was one of the possibilities they were seriously considering. So at that point, he shut up. He wouldn't say another word. He he, no, no, I, you know, he, he just didn't say a word. He changed the subject. So they got back on track, and he started giving the same stock answers. And then they asked him the question, does it have anything to do with the Shaver mystery? Well, the Shaver mystery uh, was, was the story of Richard Shaver that came out in 1940s 
Uh, he claimed that he was hearing voices from a civilization that lived in subterranean tunnels under our uh, planet. So at that point, at that point, he once again shut up, wouldn't say nothing, and uh, changed subject in the same type of thing. So then they went back to question him, and he got the same old answers. So those are the only two spots in the whole uh, interview where he 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 would refuse totally to answer. And I felt sometimes you say more when you say nothing, you know. So I said that. So so. I'd already arrived at the conclusion that UFOs are mostly from Earth. I base that on the metal findings, which uh, the reason you don't hear about the metal findings too much, and in fact, I've got a chapter in my book uh, about the metal findings, is uh, because a long time ago, these UFO groups decided that if they, that the UFOs do come from outer space, so therefore, any metal that's turned in is coming from a UFO has to have an element that is not available on Earth. So therefore, any metal found with only elements from Earth can't be from UFOs. So there's a Stanton Friedman said one time that there was a 35. Uh, of course, he did. He kind of he hauled on, on it when he was on my show. But anyway, I, I have uh, in, in my book uh, I put uh, three three instances. Uh, showing you the metal and the, and, the, and, the, and the conclusion every time they they found metal supposedly from UFOs was that they had all earthly elements, which that makes the uh, outer you know outer space thing not work. So UFOlogists coupon instantly, and uh, that but the only problem was most of them were usually pure elements that in the time that they were found they couldn't have been made, or they were composed in such a way that modern science could not compose them. So they're finding these pieces of metal that have all earthly elements, and they, they, they are constructed in such a way as our, our modern science can't do it. So that, along with the fact that there are 10,000 to, to half a million UFOs seen around the world every year. This is every year, year after year after year. And, of course, you know, so much percent of them can be put away, but let's just take 1% of those, you know, okay, if just 1% of them, that's a lot of flying craft. <laughs> yeah, we, you we, know, I've, I've actually, <laughs> I've, I said that exact line to my father in, in a conversation about this when he <laughs> found out I was doing paranormal shows, he told me, do you really think there's, you know, life on other planets? I mean, yeah. what are the odds? And I, and I go, Dad, even if it's only 1% out of 100%, that means there's a lot of life out there, you know? Exactly. Well, you know, and, and, and I'm not disputing that because some people get upset when I go further with what I'm saying. But yeah. uh, what I what I what I do believe what I do believe is that I know it takes it costs us good old uh, Federal Reserve notes, uh, which are worth nothing anyway. But but it costs us a ton of those to shoot off a rocket. And if you've got somebody far far out in space and they're shooting off ten thousand to twenty thousand of them, I don't care what their fuel is. I don't care what 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 their uh, technology is. I don't care what it is. Everything costs something, so they're oh, yeah. paying something. So you know, that, so you've got metal from Earth. You've got composition of metal that 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 nobody on the face of the Earth can do. And you've got uh, and you've got uh, well, get to the beings. And whenever Travis Walton's on your show, you ask him this: Wasn't there a human-looking being? That was in the craft. There always is. They cut it out yeah, of the movie. Yeah, yeah. They cut out talking about it. 
There's always yeah. a humor on that side. Okay. Yeah, you know that so, that really is interesting that they cut it out of the movie, and you're you're absolutely right in his book. Yeah, they cut it out. I've got it. Yeah, I've got his original book here. They cut out all that part. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and, and and you know it's, we're having uh, Betty uh, Betty Hill's niece uh, on our show in two weeks, and uh, and it's the same thing. They saw he was they said we're German looking, and uh, you know I could go on and on. And I even had when I had Don Schmidt on the show, you know I finally narrowed him down to admit that the aliens did not admit, but I mean nobody ever digs into this question that the aliens seen weren't the ones that we take as the aliens. But the people always define them as being like children or little people with this with misformed heads, you know. Yeah. So there's so so taking all of that into consideration, I said, okay, the, the origin of them is our Earth. If it's if the origin of our Earth is our Earth, where, where? <laughs> Excuse me. So I narrowed it down to several pieces. I narrowed it down to inside the Earth, under the oceans. In the jungles of, of Brazil, because there's a lot of sightings out there, or oh, the yeah. Arctic and Antarctic, because also one of the things that uh, that, that uh, Bender, Bender, not Bender, but uh, yeah, Bender had found out because he was the first one that was uh, uh, joining groups all around the world. One of the things he found out was at that time uh, most flying saucers had a trajectory from north to south, and uh, so so the, those are the areas I picked. And the first area I was going to decide that would be the easiest one to disprove was the hollow earth theory, which, which by the way, is two theories. It's the hollow earth theory and the subterranean theory. People get all confused, but it's two theories. So I decided that that was the area I was going to look at first because it would be the easy, easiest to disprove. Well, it wasn't. <laughs> I, I, I don't, you know, even though a lot of people think I'm a total proponent of the hollow earth, I'm not. I have no idea whether it's hollow just like anybody else. But I have read enough that whenever somebody wants to discuss it, I'll be the devil's advocate, and I'll throw the facts at you. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and, and it's funny. I've kind of always been intrigued with the, with the hollow earth theory since I was a kid, you know, from watching movies like Journey to the Center of the Earth and uh, and things like that. You know, it, it's always been an interesting subject, and the possibility is there if you look at the the – the stories behind the theory, if you look at the theory itself, it, it is possible that there could be uh, some sort of, you know, of artificial sun, uh, you know, uh, down there, you know, that is actually nothing more than the core of the Earth, which might be giving life to, you know, other parts of the, of the planet underneath the waters and everything. I mean, the possibility is there, uh, and it's an intriguing possibility. I mean, it, it'll be amazing to be able to take a trip down there and, and actually see, but unfortunately, I think it's just too deep for Man, it's funny we can't really go too deep in space, and we can't go too deep under underwater or underground. It's just, we're kind of just stuck here on the surface, which, which sucks. Yep, uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> you know, it, 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 I studied it for years, and, and, and we could have fifteen shows and still not cover everything. Uh, it's yeah. really an, an entertaining uh, idea. Uh, by in fact, I am right on the verge. I've lost one page. I've got to find it. But we're right on. I'm right on the verge of making all of my. Uh, in the 1990s, I put out a a newsletter called the Hollow Earth Insider, and uh, it went it went to like uh, it went to every state in the union and uh, to 35 other countries, and it was people that were really interested in that stuff, and they would mail all their information to me, and I'd sort of write up a report every 
uh, every month. And then it got to be every two months. But anyway, uh, so anyway, those have all been, you know, all, all the knowledge that I have put on the Internet and that has been taken from me and used elsewhere is only about 70 pages of my research. And my research extends to about 700 pages. So there's only uh, 10%. Wow. There's only, yeah, there's only 10% of my research on the Internet, and that 10% has got me the name. But like I say, only less than 1,000 people have seen all the research. So oh, wow. I've got, I'm within one page. I've lost one page, and I've got to go through and find it, and we're going to have, be making that available real soon uh, in e-book. Although there was, there was three volumes and three issues, three volumes of six. Uh, issues, uh, most of them around 32 pages per issue, and uh, and it's got all the newspaper clippings and everything from all over the world uh, about the underground hub and about uh, digging tunnels to Russia and all kinds of, uh, it's just, it's loaded. And so we're, we're trying to make that available as quickly as possible because I've got a lot of, a lot of people want it. Yeah, no, e-books seem to be the, the wave of the future for writers uh, most of your work is going to be on ebooks. Uh, do you think that's uh, a, a good uh, avenue now for you know writers who want to start putting some of these stuff out? Yeah, it's yeah. Really hard, yeah it's, it's really hard to get a book. I mean, you can have to yeah. uh, who's been trying for years to get his book together, and I know you you, you kind of helped him out. Um, I mean, it's it's tough. It's tough yeah. to put a book out. It really is. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's take the book, my book right now, Secrets of Delshaw. Okay. Uh, we're, we jokingly, but it's truthful, we say it took over 100 years to get this book out. Uh, Delshaw was, tells, tells the story supposedly happened in 1850s, but he wrote the story in, uh, in, in, into his pictures in uh, the turn of the century, uh, 1901 to 1923. And then Pete Navarro, my co-writer, got his hands on the, book, on the story or the material in uh, 1968, and he spent that time deciphering and, and uh, drawing, drawing uh, notes out of the drawings and whatnot. And so he had turned it over to me in uh, 1998, or 90, no, 1996. Uh, yeah, and, and, and so then it took me, uh, you know, it took me... Uh, Three publishers in ten years to get it because I wanted to order it the way it is. Uh, Anomalous books finally read the manuscript and, and uh, they 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 published it for me. But uh, uh, yeah, it's hard to get a book published. Uh, a a, a theo wrote in there. I like to hold a book in my hand. I'm the same way. I do too. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm afraid. But I, but what I'm afraid of is the younger people don't. They're gonna they're gonna get more used to the computer and uh they're gonna get all their news over the computer. Uh television's gonna go totally to so called uh personality personal shows, you know, rapes and murders and, and uh all this stuff. And uh the news that the people that want news are gonna get it off the internet. And that's good and that's bad because I I'm for a free press, I'm a total libertarian, but there's you know Boy, it's going to be hard to weed out stuff. You know, it's really going to be hard to weed out stuff. Oh, yeah. I learned that. You know, I learned that through my research. You know, uh, once I discovered that that the same people who were hiding the source of uh, of, of of flying saucers, as I call them, 
that's hiding that that information from us are the same people that's destroyed our country and pushing us towards socialism. And uh, yeah. younger people, and I'm hearing younger people say, "What's wrong with socialism?" So it's working. Their plan is working, but until old timers like me uh, get out of their way, they, you know, they will have to do some pushing. Well, you know, it's funny. I don't know if you heard what the plans is uh, for the internet. Uh, at least what the government plan is. They're planning to do an internet 3.0. Uh, right now, we're, we run on what's known as internet 2.0. Uh, but they're planning to have a, a government-based Internet that is free-for-all. Uh, basically, you won't have to pay for Internet anymore, but they will actually not allow you to go on certain websites. There will actually be restrictions on there on what you can access, uh, which, again, that sounds like Big Brother telling you what you can watch and what you can't watch on the Internet. Uh, I think, And also the plan for the Internet in the future seems to be that it's going to be merging with TV and other you know, entertainment uh, sources, uh, which is going to be kind of interesting to have, like, you know, TV channels and Internet kind of uh, simultaneously working together, which is going to be odd, but that seems to be the, the direction that's going. What do you think about uh, about Big Brother putting restrictions on what you can and can't watch with Internet 3.0? Yeah, well, you know, I, I'm positive that they're going to do it. I'm positive they're going to try to do it, and I'm positive they're going to do it to an extent. But still, you know, there's always going to be these guys, like like my, my son, for instance, uh, back when Quest was real popular, he wanted to put together a party of a 1,000 people playing Quest, so he just built a server himself. So there's always going to be people out there who will handle the underground. But what happens, you see, yep. what happens yep. when the movement starts, something, see, the, the, the government, if you want to watch secret societies, government, uh, the controllers, whatever you want to call them, they they operate in a simple plan, okay? It's because they've got so much time. In other words, in my lifetime, I've seen so much. In your lifetime, you've seen so much, a younger person. And so from my lifetime to two lifetimes away, uh, they can put in stuff that they want. So what they do is they create a problem, okay? Yes. Create yeah. a problem. 1936, marijuana, uh, black men and and uh, Mexicans are, are, are smoking marijuana and running around raping, raping white women. There's the problem. There's the problem. I mean, it's a problem, okay? Now, we're going to really go. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. They were half right, though. I mean, brothers and Mexicans are small Wait a minute. We're the government. We're going to solve it. So they throw in Amsagers, boys, and make tough laws. And what they get out of it is free labor in their prisons, okay? Right. So they, they adjust it, and they get rid of the people that will go against the government by smoking marijuana, okay? Yeah. So now, okay, let's look at something else. Let's look at uh, the Patriot Movement. Uh, you, had, you had Ruby Ridge. You had, uh, you had Ruby Ridge, and you had Waco, Okay. And there was a Patriot Movement, and I was a member of the Patriot Movement. And what the Patriot Movement was, was it was men and women, most of them had been to Vietnam or World War II, who got together in meetings talking about how to change our country and invited guests like Bo Grice or, or a guy named Tom Donahue or, or that. It was our chat room, or we didn't have chat rooms. You had to go around the town. So Bone Grice would travel around from town to town. We'd all meet and talk about what we were going to do to change the government. Okay? So that was, so so you had you had uh the problem was Waco. I mean you know, that 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 was their problem because it created a a 
a, a people who felt sorry for these people, who though were different at Ruby Ridge, you know, just because they were different, didn't, they didn't need to be chased out of their houses. So you had this Patriot movie come up. Well, they need to do something to stop that. So you had you had uh, Oklahoma bombing, which was done by a bunch of Patriots, which were yep. red, which were skinheads. And so all the little mom and pops, like me and my wife, we drifted not me so much, but we drifted off because we didn't want to be associated with that. So they create a problem, they solve the problem, and it goes their way. And, and, and everything they do, you can see that. This, this, this present health crisis, they create a problem. There's no health crisis in this country. There's nobody on this show they, that uh, there, there, there's nobody on this show that could tell me that they that they uh, uh, that they have been denied medical treatment in this country. No, it, it's true. Look, I have no insurance myself, and I make a pretty good living. I have no insurance, and I have decent credit. Nothing, nothing great. Uh, I went uh, earlier this year to out to the hospital. I was rushed in the emergency room because I, have, I was involved in a, in a three-way car accident, uh, and I was beat up pretty bad. Uh, I have no insurance, like I said, and they did, they did not deny me medical attention at all. They took exactly. me in, they cleaned me up, they, they stitched up my wounds. I needed 18 stitches on my, on my left arm, five on, my, on one of my fingers. Um, right. I was cut up pretty bad, and they treated me just like, you know, they treat anybody else. That's and it was right. a pretty nice house, and pretty nice hospital. So I do agree that there's not really a crisis per se, uh, but you know, I, I do agree created, that everybody does. But, but it's a creative crisis. Oh, of course, yeah, exactly, yeah. Using the media and all the created. So now they're going to get this. Well, what is this actually going to do? You know, it, it's not going to change the fact. I'm just like you. I fell off a mountain in North Carolina, and oh, they wow. came in and life flighted me out put me in the hospital, sewed up my leg, took care of everything before they ever asked to see my insurance card. Yep. And yep. then and then when I gave them my insurance card, my copay was, I don't know, fifty, a hundred bucks, they sent me the bill to my house. So yep. you know, so so yeah, we have problems in our health care, sure we do. And the ones that are going to use it is the ones that know how to take advantage of it. Exactly. The ones that don't are going to lose out. But what I'm saying is there is no health crisis in this country. However, they have created one. So yeah, now they're going to yeah. solve it by the government stepping in, and we're going to pay them more of the useless money for them to take more of our powers. Because, you know, right now the insurance company has a certain amount of control. You have to have a, a, a main doctor you go to, and, and, you know, they'd be recommended and all that. Uh, that control is going to get even more so, I believe, because their whole the government's whole job is control, and it has been for all of my lifetime. You know, I, I sit here and I laugh at people who say, well, you know, Republican, uh, Democrat, liberal. Uh, uh, I have sit here through every administration since uh, Eisenhower, knowing what's going on because of my grandfather, and watching take shape what he told me was going to take shape. And I don't care which administration is in there. You see what I'm saying? Until oh, yeah, we yeah. have a viable third party and they win, our country is, is, is not a free country. Yeah, and by the way, the independent party, supposedly, that Ross Perot kind of created, that's a total bunch of baloney. That's just uh, more puppets on the strings. A real third party, really, by the people, 
is uh, what's needed, and I completely agree with you, man. Uh, Whether it's Republican, Democrat, or Independent, as they as they call now, uh, it's the same thing. There's still puppets, you know, being controlled by the same puppeteers. Oh yeah, yeah. You know that gets me. You know it gets me. You know when you've got things like you've got McCain running against Bush Jr. You know. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and they say, and they say, uh, are you? And the both of them are asked the same question: Are you a member of the Skull and Bones Secret Society? And they go, <laughs> Yeah, well, that's a secret. Well, yeah. <laughs> the truth of the matter is, the truth of the matter is, the Skull and Bones was actually started by uh, when, when the revolution happened. Most people in this country did not want to be free from England. They liked it the way it was. It was just a handful of of uh, malcontents that uh, changed it. <laughs> And had they not won, they'd have gone down in history as outlaws. But uh, the fact of the matter is that that the, the main landowners of, of, of the United States were sent over here by the British Crown, and they were oh, all yes, like, you know, they were like the black sheep of the of the big families, and, and, and you know, one would own Virginia, and one would own uh, uh, Georgia, and one owned Maryland. You know, well, these guys, seven of them got together and did. And in, in 1776, they sent their four sons, yeah, four, uh, four of them got together, I'm sorry, sent their four sons over to Germany to tutor directly under Professor Wilhelm, who started the Illuminati. <laughs> Those four came back to this country, and they started or became the heads of Yale College, uh, uh I forget the all the all the Ivy League Harvard, college. Harvard, Yale, yeah, all yeah, of them. Right, yeah. One thing people forget. One thing people forget, and it's funny that you know you, you turn the, the conversation in this direction. Uh, you know, I've always you know been clear about this that I believe that every president that we ever had on, on this country has been put in position. You don't you don't win the presidential election. You're given. Well, you the know, look at no, look at it, look at it this way, man. It, you know. It, all of these things work the same. Uh, if you've ever been in a union, uh, mm-hmm. you know the men elect the shop steward, the the men around, you know, and then and then the shop steward goes and gets governed by these other people, and then he's elected as business agent because he knows yeah. more people, and then he becomes president if he outlasts everybody. Well, by the time yeah. somebody gets in the position to run for president, they owe so many favors, you know, and and to the wrong people. And the people advised them, you know, we've had the same presidential advisors Forever. since Eisenhower day. You know yeah. that? You know, yeah. the people behind the president, it's just one group or the other. Are they the Kissinger bunch or the uh, Sozinski bunch? You know, I mean, let's take a break and look at what we got, you know? So, anyway, that's, that, all that, it, it, it just all comes together, you know? It just, it, it's just. Yeah, one, and, and <laughs> don't forget, Dennis, also don't forget that a lot of the, in fact, I think 98% of all presidents have been related by blood. Uh, George W. Bush and Obama are cousins. Oh, so yeah, I know, just, I know. But, just, uh, just, you know, ponder yeah, that for a second. People are saying, oh, well, you know, Obama's going to bring change. No, it's the same thing. It's the same right. bloodline. <laughs> the, point, the point I wanted to make when I was a minute ago, that it kind of slipped my mind when I got in a rant, was, was so... So here you've got a secret society with direct links to the Illuminati, and 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 you've got two guys running for president, 
And we all know that the the pledge of the Illuminati and the Skull and Bones is a one world order. Oh yeah. And you've got oh, yeah. and you've got both of them laughing because they're members of this society, which uh, you know when they when they take oath of office, they're they, they're supposed to not. It's supposed to be to us as the Americans, but they can't take oath of office and live up to the oath of the Skull and Bones. So. You know, it's 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 the education system, but I, you know that's another story. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, that the education system. We can go on for hours on that, boy. Let me tell you, no, but you know, it, it's not really. I, I don't think it's so much the secret societies, like in general, but there's like one or two that really are populating a lot of these people. Uh, for example, I don't think like the Freemasons are you know any dangers to the world, as people would say. Uh, even though I'm sure there's bad Freemasons, just like there's good Freemasons and vice versa. But, uh, you know, Skull and Bone seems to be the one more notorious for, you know, putting presidents into positions. Uh, so you have to kind of look at them and, and, you know, them and the Illuminati as the main puppeteers, along with, you know, big oil companies and the, and the billionaires like Ted Fields and the Rockefellers of the world. Uh, these really are the people that are running the, not only the country, but really the world, along with the British monarchs. And remember, all this goes back to bloodlines that descend from you know centuries ago, which is it's crazy. Oh, yeah. but it's, oh, yeah. it's still yeah. continuing. Yeah, that's that's uh, why that, that's why everything everything connects. You know, I mean, yeah, that's does, what yeah. I, that's what I discovered. Okay, after uh, researching the Hollow Earth during the period of research of that, that's what I discovered was that everything connects. And then I was interrupted because I found this fabulous story to write a book about. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, let, let me tell. Yeah, let me tell a little bit about that before we lose all yeah, our time. Ahead, ahead. And I can go on and on about that other stuff. I hate it, but this was fun. This is uh, this is fun. Back in uh, back in '95, I was writing this. Uh, I was I was doing the Hollow Earth research, and my end plan was to write a Hollow Earth book. They've all been written by now, by the way. There's there's great ones out there. But at that time, there was only a couple. And uh, a friend of mine, uh, Steve DeVero, one of my best friends who lives in Houston, Texas, was going to Antarctica because he was a, he's a carpenter. He's a master carpenter. And when they need carpentry work down in Antarctica, he goes down. And he came through Jacksonville to see me on his way down. And I, at that time, I was researching the Admiral Byrd portion of, of the Hollow Earth Theory. So I had several issues with Admiral Byrd in it. So I gave them to him. I said, hey, man, see if you could slip these into the uh, library up there. Uh, he, he said, oh, I'm sure they'll have you know, the reading material. So anyway, he took those up. When he came back through, he, he said, wow, man, I loved them. Everybody else loved them up there. I left them up there. He says, how can I get a subscription? So he, he got a subscription for him and his father. Well, his father, when I went over to Texas, and his father uh, something to find out. His name was Pete Navarro. Had found some information that uh, just when, when I saw all the information he had, and he asked me to write a book on the subject because he liked the way I wrote. Just uh, <laughs> it freaked me out. The story he had to tell, yeah, it, it still freaks me out. I mean, because this is you know if you if you you know I was a writer, but but I had written for newspapers, magazines, my own publications. Uh, had columns in newspapers and things like that. But, you know, your dream is always to write a book when you're a writer. And, you know, the book, the only book I'd ever thought I had in my mind was The Hollow Earth, which I started researching. 
had to find a, a story like this is any writer's dream. Here's the story. Pete, Pete in, in uh, 1932, Pete saw a UFO. Uh, he is a he's a master artist. He, he's a he's a commercial artist, but he can he can look at a, a, a anything and make an exact replica of it. And that alone, let's see, the UFO made him an uh, interesting person. Well, he he went he, he went to look at these uh, pictures that this guy named Delshaw had drawn back in uh, 1901 to 1922, 23, and they were uh, the size of an old scrapbook, you know, 17 by 12 or whatever, and they were page after page of drawing of unusual-looking flying machines. They were all geometrically drawn with a lot of color and everything, and uh, they were beautiful. But, in fact, today they sell for 10000 to $25,000 a page, and they're ha- hanging in... Uh, Museums and art galleries all over the world. In fact, right now there are 35 of them on display in London, England, at the Museum of Everything. Anyway, oh, wow. Pete, uh, Pete, Pete went to look at them, and he what he noticed first was he noticed looked like little pieces of of machines and, and engines and that type of thing that would really work hidden throughout this artwork. So he he became so you know anxious to look at them. Then he traced down the owner of who was a gentleman who found him in the dump. And uh, he, he, he ended up buying eight of them. Four of them had already been sold to a museum or a lady that worked for a museum. And as he began to study these, he began to uh, take notes in journals. In the end, he had 17 journals full of notes and drawings. But what he would do is study the pictures, you know, just by inch by inch, draw in the machinery, put down weird sayings he saw in it, and he discovered that there was a code hidden within this, uh, within all these drawings. Well, he finally found the uh, the code, the, the, the sheet that had the code on it, and he broke the code. And then he found out that once he got the code, that wasn't enough because what Delshaw had did was he had hid halves of sentences, pieces of sentences on one page, scrambled them all throughout the book. So there was another whole puzzle in there. So Pete spent oh, wow. all that time uh, breaking what we call the Secrets of Delshaw, the name of the book, Secrets right. of Delshaw. And the uh, website is www.secretsofdelshaw.com. Anyway, he he uh, filled these 17 books with notes and, and, and everything, and uh and the story that he found hidden within the painting was Delshaw, uh, and, and, and he also researched Delshaw. So in Delshaw, we knew that he was born uh, June, June 4, 1830 in Brandenburg, Prussia. He immigrated to the United States in 1853 and went to Houston, Texas, applied for citizenship. And then he disappeared off all government records until uh, 1860. When he again applied for uh, citizenship and uh, got married, and his life continues like everybody else with a written record. Believe it or not, there actually are good records back there for certain areas of the country, Houston, Texas being one of them. Anyway, uh, so what what Delshaw claimed during those years that he was missing or that he has no record of being in Texas or anywhere else, uh, he claimed that he went out to the gold rush area of, of California, which was in full bloom, out to the 
go rush towers of Sedora, Columbia, which are twin, twin towers out there. They still exist. You can go visit them. And according to him, he became a member or a draftsman, if you will, of a secret society called the Sonora Aero Club. And what had happened is one of the members of the Sonora Aero Club had discovered an anti-gravity fuel called MP gas. And so this group had formed to, uh, to present ideas and drawings and such and to actually invent and fly flying machines. Oh, wow. So so uh, uh, they were also part of another secret society called, called NIMSA, which if you look at secret societies, I cover this uh-huh. in the book also, you know, you look like Sonora Aero Club would be like, you know, the Masons or something like that, and then NIMSA would be the Illuminati or, so you know, higher up. So anyway, uh, it's a fabulous story, and uh, we used a lot of Peach drawings and uh, black and white photos of Del Shaw's drawings in the book. If, and if you go to the website, www.secretsofdelshaw.com, then uh, you'll find uh, uh, there's a, a link to the forum at the top, and you can go over there, and I cover uh, some of the uh, discrepancies or, or negativity that I hear about the 1896 uh, uh 1996-7 bearship mystery. Uh, uh, a little bit about that, for those that don't know, in, uh, in the late, in, in 1896, I believe it was January, uh, might even, it might not, it might have been November. Maybe it was November. Anyway, in, 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 in 1846, uh, 1896, a strange flying machine was seen flying over Sacramento, California which is about 120 miles uh, west of Sonora, where 40 years before Del Shaw claims he was working with flying machine. So this strange flying machine shows up in Sacramento, California, and uh, hundreds of citizens saw it, including the, the mayor of San Francisco, the secretary of state of California, the high sheriff of uh, San Francisco, and plus hundreds of other people. They put all kinds of names in the paper. Uh, you can look up the names and you'll find them if they did live there at that time. So, you know, one of the things that uh, UFOlogy loves to say is this was all, that this, this flap was nothing but editors having fun, uh, you know, fooling people. But yeah. I, 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 I try to disprove that on something that I've got in my form. But anyway, so after that, these same airships were seen all across the country. Uh, uh, over all kinds of towns and cities, and they were written up in the newspapers. And, and it wasn't like today where you've got the Associated Press and the NBC, CNN, and all that stuff. Uh, so nobody learned about this until about the 1960s when a, a guy named Ballard started gathering all these stories up. Nobody realized how prevalent they were during that time. So, you know, it's... it's uh, it's a pretty good connection. I, I cover it a, a little bit. I don't, uh, a couple of reviewers have said I don't cover that. It's it's well, enough. So Go ahead. That'll be for the next book. You can you can write a little bit more about that in the next book. Yeah, well, you know, we'll see about that. Uh, I, I'm pretty happy with with this one, uh, but I am going to do a lot of more writing about that. Like for instance, I said that uh, that that. Uh, that 
that UFOlogists, if you know, if you go look, most of them pupa the 1896-97 mystery as just a, uh, a figment of the imagination or a, a, a trick or a joke played by the uh, the editors at the time. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, you know, because, because of uh, Mark Twain, you know, that's why. That's why they did that. Yeah, they probably did a few of them. But mainstream newspapers that are still around today didn't do that. They were there to report the news because... That's the only source of news those people had. So yeah, I you, know, that you know what, and not to cut you off, but you know what, the reporting back then, the, the people that actually did the news were a lot more credible than the guys doing the news nowadays. If you, look, exactly, at, if exactly, you look at the guys yeah. nowadays, they're a bunch of puppets also, you know, being ran by the big corporations. Exactly, them exactly. Yeah, you're right. And another thing is if you read writings from that era, letters and books and all, you'll find that those people – could describe and, 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 and had a better way of, of writing than we do today. You know, a, 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 you know, a guy out of high school could write better than a guy with four years college today. So anyway, uh, I, I, I did a series of articles. I did a, I did a se- series of articles which was available at that forum site, which can be reached, uh, you know, from my, from my site. If you go to the very top of it, you'll see one of the – you can click on the forum. Uh, a three-page article there that I wrote on that, where I took the uh, uh, the San Luis Post Dispatch and I took one day where they used the whole front page to report on these uh, these strange flying machines, and then I compared it with the front page of the New York Times, and lo and behold, but the top story of the New York Times was about one of St. Louis's major, uh, biggest, uh, well-known. Uh, personality or, or, you know, a general type uh, person that lived in St. Louis and had disappeared a month before. And their front page story is about him, yet in St. Louis, his hometown, the whole front page is devoted to these flying machines that are being seen. So, you know, the St. Louis Post-Dispatch is still there today. Uh, People buy newspapers for news. The more people that buy your newspaper, the more advertisers you get. You start lying and telling stories on your front page, you're going to lose readers, you're going to lose advertisers, and you're going to go down the tube. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, so, so it's hard for me to believe that all these newspaper editors got together. And in particular, like you mentioned, the, uh, the reporters of the time were, were, were more, were, were, you know, they, they were more thorough. They, they, they put yeah. the names. They put the back names. then, they were, they were real journalists back then. They were real journalists. Yeah. Yeah. They, they put yeah. the names of these people who saw it and put in, you know, willing to sign a statement. And, and, and like I said, a lot of times, like over Chicago, over Chicago, it says it says thousands of people climbed to their rooftops to watch this flying machine fly over. And you know, there were no there were no planes in the sky. There was, you know, there was nothing. So naturally, they everybody was seeing a star. But uh, I I don't that don't hold water with me. And besides that. A lot of people, land, a lot of these craft landed and particularly taken on water. And, and what's an interesting connection with Delshaw is Delshaw claims that the NB gas, the anti-gravity gas that fueled his arrows, uh, that that gas was made out of an equal amount of green crystals and water, H2O. So he has pictures of the tanks being mixed and, and whatnot. So... Uh, it's interesting oh, wow. to note that, oh, wow. along with the fact that if you go back and, and look at uh, uh, stories of fuels that have been discovered and lost, 
or people have shown the government and they refuse to, to use them and what over the years. I know you've heard those stories. You'll find they always have some kind of green crystals or green liquid is, is, is mm-hmm. where yep. they agree to. Yep. So, uh, yeah, writing the book was just unbelievable. Pete gave me uh, 5,000 pages of information, hundreds and hundreds of, of wonderful drawings. I, I had to uh, pick and choose. You know, he said, make this into a book. Well, he writes technically, and, and so what I did was I took uh, – uh, he's so meticulous that when he, when he writes, uh, when he would interview a person, he would always go sit in his car and write down the exact words both parties said during the interview. So that when he turned it over to me, I had all the actual words, word by word, for the people that he interviewed and researched this material. Plus, he wrote minute <coughs> details of everything going on all the time. So all I had to do was take my uh, my knowledge of, of fiction writing and make it into what I wanted to end up with, and I'm pretty sure I, I, I reached that goal, was I, I feel the main thing about this book was I researchers we all we all research to some extent if we listen to this type of show we oh, research yeah. and researchers never get the credit you know you you go with the ones that make the big money the smart ones they get all the credit but there are other researchers under them that say hey what about this what about you know so this book the way i wanted it put out and the reason it took me so long is because i wouldn't have to go along with some changes other editors wanted or other uh, other book publishers but what I wanted to do was I wanted to look over the shoulder of Pete Navarro as he found these uh, these wonderful drawings and as he researched them. And then I wanted to look over Gelshaw's shoulder as he uh, did the story that he tells in them. And, uh, you know, I, I had to stretch time limits and, and uh, dress them up in, in my clothes, so to speak, uh, that I found in research. But I did 10 years research of the time. I did, ten, you know, of uh, the place in California. I, I researched each area, clothing, whatever, until I felt confident that what I was describing could have been the way it was. And so, you know, I, I think I accomplished my goal, and I worded it out before, you know, Pete's 89 years old, and, and I just wanted him to see it, and he's seen it. So my goal was accomplished, you know. If people buy them, that's great, you know. But uh, that's that's yeah. nice, and that's uh, a tribute to a, to a great man, really. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. it's unbelievable. He he researched this whole thing, and uh, if he, you know, he's the only guy. If if he, nobody will ever have all these all these drawings together again to to study yeah. the story. But you know what you can do is like if you're in London, England, right now. In fact. Uh, Somebody's doing that. I sent them, a, uh, because they didn't have the book yet, I sent them a, uh, a copy of the code and what the code was. They, he could go into the museum there, walk up to a Delshaw, and he could pick out little pieces of message on the Delshaw using our book. And, uh, and, and, and some of them we even cover extensively with the number on them. So if they run across the one that's in our book, they could really know a lot about that certain one. But they, they they tour all over the country, and they're they're they, the places that own them are the Wait uh, Wait W A I T T E I believe it is Museum in San Antonio Texas, and the uh, the Middle Museum in uh, Houston Texas, and there's another one in San Antonio Texas I can't remember the name, 
uh, a man who owns 80 of them, and uh, if you ever talk about it, selling them, even though he's an art dealer, he loves them, is, uh, is, is, uh, is Stephen Romano. If you go to his site, uh, you can go to www. Yeah, it's, it's www.charlesdelshaw.com. Uh, he's got all of Delshaw's artwork, a lot of it up there. Uh, there's some of the museum in France, and there's plenty of people that own in their own homes. So, yeah, you, you, nobody will ever get to study these again, you know. And it, it's, it's all a lot of strange things about this book, the way it happened. Uh, if 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 uh, Fred Washington, the man that found him in the dump, had gone over and and and, and, and forced his way into guys trunk of his car who'd already picked him up and then turned around and offered him a hundred dollars uh for a junk dealer in nineteen sixty eight. That was a lot of money. And and had he not done that uh, and then took him back to his shop and then had not a couple of kids stopped by and asked him to put him on display in their college. And then had not Pete Navarro uh seen the 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 notice of the paper about him being on de- uh, on display and going now, Pete Navarro is probably the only man in the world that would have taken this job and, and finished it and done what he did because yeah. of his makeup. You know, he's 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 determined. He won't quit. He, he keeps meticulous notes of everything he does. His family has his whole life in notebooks. Everything oh, wow. he's ever and he he uh, he 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 was a uh, an artist. You know, as good as Delshaw. And he could so he could take and pick out little things. And he was interested in UFOs. And he was interested in codes uh, because of, of, of stuff that his brother had done in the army during the war. So with all these interests and the determination to spend 27 years, that story would have never been come out had it been found at the dump and, and never made its way into the museums. Uh, it's still the whole story never would have come out. So so we owe a lot to him for getting that story out to us. Yeah, like I, like I said, he's a, a hero, really, uh, a great man. Uh, it, let me let me ask you a question here, uh, and be you know be as honest as as you possibly can uh, about this. Uh, do you think, and, and I'm going back here now to to the Hollow Earth. Uh, do you think that the coverage or the actual cover up that that might be going on? Uh, do you think that has to do with 2012 at all? I mean, we all saw the movie 2012. Uh, well, for anybody who saw the movie 2012, you know, the, the uh, Earth kind no, of depleted. No, no, no I, don't, I, don't, I don't put any stock in uh, 2012. 2012 to me means the calendar's going to turn over. <laughs> like well, I said, that's a positive way of looking at it. Like I said, I've said it on other shows, I've said it to other people. If I can afford it, because uh, I could have afforded for this stupid, you know, but that's what they want us to do, stay at home. But if, yeah. I could afford, if I could afford it, I will be sitting in Palenque, Mexico, when the sun rises on the 21st of December, as soon as it gets up nice and high, I'll get in one of them little buses and go into town and party on uh, uh, tacos and, and, uh, and, and Corona beer and, and tequila. So. And anything else is okay. It sounds pretty yeah. good, actually. Uh, I might be there with you. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people will be there if they could get down. I mean, it'd be really cool to have a big party down there. And we could all broadcast. Ah, there you go. 
Actually, speaking of broadcasts, speaking of broadcasts, real quick, uh, I know you, you've seen the website and you've seen uh, what we're doing on there. Uh, you know, you're, you're one of the main uh, hosts that we put on our website now. Uh, we're actually going to be streaming your show live on the website when you guys do a show every Saturday night. Just well, I appreciate know. that. Yeah, yeah. You'll be broadcasting live. This Saturday night, uh, this is a good show. We're, we're, we're really, uh, I've been, I had to, I, I just been wanting to do this show. It's on Voodoo. But I, I didn't want to just do it with anybody. I wanted to do it with the best. So I, I got a hold of uh, the, Voodoo, the, the Voodoo Museum in New Orleans, which is a fabulous little museum. I've been there every time I go through there, which used to be quite often. Uh, because it's halfway between Jacksonville and Houston, and, 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 I, and that's a trip I make a lot. But uh, so I got a hold. I was fortunate enough to get a hold of the head historian, who's been a historian there since '72, and uh, he's going to so he's going to be our guest and tell us all about voodoo because we all have ideas about voodoo and, and, and that type of thing. But uh, but you know it, it, it's really it's really more interesting than most people think. So. That's going to be a good show. That's Saturday. So you're going to be streaming that on yours too, huh? Yes, sir. <laughs> In oh, fact, we're going to uh, put the uh, the shows on the front page. So when your show, when my show ends, the next show will be your show, and it's going to just stream right through your show. So on the front page of our website, my show will be streaming live, and then your show right after mine. About that, Osmond, give him a, give him a, give him a hand clap or something in the chat room. My sidekick <laughs> over there, Oz. <laughs> the website is coming out really nice, man. I'm actually uh, impressed with the, the way yeah, it's coming I, out. Yeah, I, I looked at it. I looked at it. I got to I got to pat myself on the back on that one. Jamie just posted the link on the chat room here. F O U dot F O U F O radio dot weebeufobelievers dot com. That's the website. Address. It is going to change though. We actually got a new URL coming up, which is skywatchersliveradio.com. dot com. Okay. Wow. That's going to be great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I don't know what to do with voodoo, but. <laughs> I, was, I was reading chat room. I'm sorry. Uh, sorry. I, can't, I, I can't do two things at once. I can chew gum and watch women. I can do that at two things at once. Oh, anyway, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, and and, and we, we, we've got, if you don't mind me uh, letting give you a kind of rundown of what we got coming up on the show. Uh, yeah, go for it. Go for it. Yeah, we, we've got two months covered already. Like I said, next week's the Voodoo, uh, and the, the head historian from the Voodoo Museum in New Orleans. Uh, after that is Kathy Barden, who's uh, when, when is your show coming on with uh, with uh, Bruce Walton? Oh, with Travis Walton. Uh, that's that's going to be yeah on the ninth. I'm going to have Travis on the line. Wow! So that following weekend on the twelfth, I'll have Kathy Barden who is the niece of Betty Hill from the Barney and Betty Hill case. There you go. So three days after your show, that's great, man. That, that'll work out great. And uh, then on the 19th, we have William Brock, who uh, writes about uh, 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 caverns, cauldrons, and uh, creatures, unseen creatures from inside, all that type of stuff. And then after that, we have Dean, my friend Dean from... Uh, He's brought, he's going to be our first international or intercontinental guest, I should say, from uh, Brazil. He's going to be there on uh, 
UFOs, uh, underground UFOs, ancient cities of, of South America. Uh, he's also going to become a regular on our show uh, shortly. And then in January, in January we have got uh, Hank, uh, Dr. Hank Crossman, who who's, uh, uh, was was a has been associated of mine for years. I lost touch with him, but then I found him in the Philippines over Skype, and uh, he's going to come on about a book he's writing about a UFO crash crash that happened around the same time as Roswell, in the same area. Uh, one of our listeners, R D forty seven, knows a lot about that. So it'd be some good information on that. Yeah, and R D forty seven. He's going to be on my show in the next uh, couple of days, also, RD47. Yeah, man, he's, he's, yeah. he's going to be great. I, I got to see him. RD is a, a good man. Uh, but anyway, so then that's going to be Hank, and, and, he's, and then he's, uh, and, and Hank's also going to become a regular on, another, on our shows later. Then on the night, we have Don Schmidt. Uh, he was on before, and, and he had a good time. He'd never been on. Uh, uh, a show like ours before, I don't believe it. He called back and said, "Man, I want to, I want to be on the, your show again." So he's coming for his second time on the night. And then on the tenth, we have Ken Hindle, who's got his own show, Blog Talk Radio, great show, three hours every day, and uh, he can, he, he can, uh, he's got so much information. He's written forty books, and like I say, he's on every day and talks for three hours and has guests sometimes and sometimes doesn't. But he's knowledgeable as anybody, so I'd have to have him on the show. And then we got Greg Gavin uh, from uh, OneLight.com. He's on the 23rd. And on the 30th, we're starting our international show. That's what I'll be using, the people I mentioned to you from uh, other areas of the the world. We've got somebody lined up in Brazil. We've got somebody lined up in the Philippines. We've got the U.K. lined up, and we're working on Scotland and a couple of other. So uh, anybody out there that, that lives overseas and has Skype, a uh, way to call us real cheap, we sure are looking for correspondence in your area of the world uh, to report on uh, UFO uh, uh, any kind of happenings, even even if it's not new, if it's happenings in your area. Uh, if somebody called from Transylvania and wanted to tell us that there actually wasn't fun there, but, you know, then we, <laughs> but we're looking for uh, worldwide correspondence for a once a month show well, we'll rotate them around and bring them on to tell their stories because uh, USA isn't the only place where this kind of stuff happens. So you guys get in touch with us or tell your friends about that. How's that sound, buddy? That sounds awesome. That's a, that's a, that sounds actually really, really cool. And just to let everybody know, Jamie from Florida UFO is going to have Jerry Pippen on his show on the 15th. If you haven't wow, know right? Jerry Pippen, if people don't know Jerry Pippen, they should be ashamed of, them, of themselves. They should know Jerry yeah, Pippen. Yeah, we're all... Uh, we're we're all working hard to, to supply everybody with uh, with good shows and and uh, I'm glad to be associated with you guys. You know we're all from Florida. Uh, doesn't mean anything to other people probably, but it does to me. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and listen, uh, my lineup is pretty good too. It's coming up, I got like I said, RD47 tomorrow or Ron Slusher, as he really is known. Uh, he'll be on the show tomorrow, and I have of course. Travis Walton on the 9th, like I said earlier, and Nick Pope coming up on the 10th. I got uh, our good friend Steven Jacobson coming up on the 11th. And Toby oh, Johnson, yeah, Toby Johnson, who's a, a Sasquatch hunter, uh, will be on the show here on the 12th. As you know, I'm not really uh, big on Bigfoot. Um, that's 
kind of an oxymoron, big on Bigfoot. But uh, anyway, he's going to be on the show. We're going to talk Bigfoot on the show. And then a really big guest, just like Travis is a big guest, I'm going to have Mr. Stanton Friedman on the 17th on the show here. I'm really wow, looking forward to that one also. Yeah, that's awesome. Great lineup, man. You're doing good. And tonight, I actually just confirmed that. I said it earlier in the show, but I don't know if people heard me because I was kind of breaking up over the Skype thing. But uh, I actually confirmed tonight I have Mr. Steve Eunice, who's uh, actually the person who runs the website supermanhomepage.com. It's devoted to Superman, the Men of Steel. So while it's not Little Gray Man or Little Green Man, we're talking about Superman. He's from another planet. So it kind of, you know, relates to what we talk about here often. <laughs> but we're going to be talking about Superman for an entire night. And the cool thing is it falls on a Wednesday, which Wednesdays are DVD giveaway nights now here on, on the Jackal's Head. So I'm actually going to be giving away to the best caller of the night a free Blu-ray or DVD copy you pick, whichever one you want, of Superman the movie. Brand new sealed. That's going to be pretty well, that's, cool. That's great, man. That's great. Yeah. I like that CD giveaway. Uh, when I get yeah, rich, man. I get bored. I'll do that myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm doing that also with Travis Walton. Uh, the night he's going to be on the show, uh, the the person with the best call to Travis Walton, you know, whoever really just you know blows me out of the water with their call, is going to get a free copy of Fire in the Sky, the DVD sent to them oh, by new. So yeah, guys, you know, get on the show, call in, and win and win some free stuff. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to give away free stuff, so you better, you better call in and win it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I understand. That's great, man. Yeah, I like that. Uh, yeah, I, I, I put in the chat room. Oz will like Superman, and believe me, he's a comic book nut, so he'll be here for the whole show. <laughs> <laughs> and look, we have, we have a new uh, person in the chat here, Jock Itch, which I, I, I like the name already, but he's uh, he's been saying a couple of funny things in the chat there, which um, I kind of agree with. <laughs> Over the one to repeat it, but uh, Doc, it's fucking to the show, man. Wherever you might be. <laughs> Osmond says, "Tell me how to win that uh, that DVD again." <laughs> uh, it, by the way, it'll be DVD or Blu-ray copy, whichever one you want. You'll get. Uh, it's uh, all you got to do is call in when we have Steve Eunice on the line, who's going to be our guest, and uh, ask a really good question that's related to Superman. Something that you know that really blows him out a lot because this guy knows a lot about Superman. He runs basically the biggest Superman website on the Internet. It's supermanhomepage.com. Uh, in fact, I'll type in the, uh, the link here in, in the uh, chat for in a second. Uh, and just call in, ask the best question you could ask. Uh, and, you know, we'll, if you win, you win. If we decide that's the winner, you'll get the free DVD or Blu-ray. We will give away a free DVD or Blu-ray. Don't, don't, you know, think that we're just trying to hype it up and then nobody's going to get nothing. We will give one away. In fact, they, on the last Wednesday, uh, yesterday, I gave away a copy of Dark City on DVD. So, you know, it's a real giveaway. Call in, you will win. Oz, if you call in, you will win. Wow, that's that's great, man. Yeah, that's that that that, that, that primes it up a little. That, that might get more callers that way, you know. We're gonna watch. We'll watch that close, won't we, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, really, I'm really looking forward to the Travis Walton one. I, I kind of uh, sent him, in, you know, a couple emails, tell him about the promotion and stuff, and you know, I'm gonna talk to him in the next couple of days. Uh, I really want to hype it up because I really want to get a good crowd uh, on the show here to listen to his show specifically. Uh, you know, that's that's kind of. Uh, and when, when are you having? When are you having his show? On the ninth. Okay, 
that, that it will be featured uh, tomorrow on my show uh, by choice of next week. Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, because, uh, and you know, of course, you, you know what I want in return, right? Yes, yes, I know, I know. And I, <laughs> and I will do my very best, my friend. You don't worry about that. I, I know you. <laughs> Just don't forget me. <laughs> no, no, no. You got my word on that, my friend. You know, you got my back, I got your back. That's how we roll here in the Jackal's Head, man. Yeah, man, we did good. We did good. Well, I sure appreciate you having me on tonight, man. It was fun, and it kind of got me out of my sick slump here that I've been in for a week. And, uh, no, man, I appreciate you coming like, out here. I know you've been sick, and, I, you know, like I said, I really appreciate you coming out and doing the show anyway. Uh, it's it's an honor for me to have you on the show. It really is. You're, well, you know, you know I, I always have fun. You know, I've come on before, not as a guest, but uh, just to bullshit whatever <laughs> and it's always you know I, I always enjoy coming on your show so anytime you know you need me as a, a, a staff or whatever give me a holler and you guys uh go over and check out my book uh, the secrets of del shot spelled d-e-l-l-s-c-h-a-u.com and uh while you're there look around the site then go to the forum and read those articles i told you about they'll be published through the nexus but you can read them first uh, on my site. Hey, Dennis, uh, let's do this. Um, go ahead, finish it. Talk after you. You're done. I thought you were done. Sorry. What? Go ahead, <laughs> go ahead man. Finish off. I, I I'll lost, your... You lost me, man. What's going on? <laughs> you, you were talking about, about your book, and I jumped in thinking you were finished. So I'm saying finish. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Uh, well, well, you got two more hours, man. You... <laughs> no, I was going to say, we got 30 minutes left on the show. If uh, you want to stick around, uh, we'll take calls. If anybody has any questions for Dennis Crenshaw, please call in number 347-205-9961. If it's cool with you, if you wanted to stick around for a little bit and take some calls, if anybody has any cool questions. Yeah, sure. You know I will. You don't want to win no DVDs tonight, but hey, call in anyway, you know? Yeah, well, you, you know what? Is it going to go off the air and come back over or something? Uh, no, no, it's only, uh, it's just a regular two-hour show tonight. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, but we, well, still, see, we still got 20 see, minutes. See, mine's behind, because I, I went in through chat, and I went in through Skype, so then I went to your homepage, and I looked down, and it says, uh, two hour, one hour and 58 minutes remaining. You see, because I never clicked on that, so it's, it's froze on that time. <laughs> So, you know, I thought, what the hell? I mean, I've been over here talking to my throat's wall, and here we got two more hours. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we're only doing a two-hour show tonight. I, have, I actually have to work tomorrow uh, early, so, and it's Friday, so I don't, you know, I don't want to mess up. Uh, so we're only doing a two-hour show tonight. But it's been an awesome two hours. I mean, you really are a, a well of information. Me and Jamie have talked before, uh, before you were on his show, and we were like, man, he really uh, – he really knows his stuff, man. You know, you could ask Dennis just about anything. He really knows what he's talking about. And you you have to come back as a guest. I know you're always here as a friend, but as a, you know, as a guest to, you know, keep talking and, and give out some more information. Yeah, well, you know, like I always say, you know, don't believe it because I said it. Go read the the papers and the books. But if you'll, if you'll go to my site uh, or if you get in touch with me, I'll definitely give you my sources because I don't say anything that uh, that I don't have at least uh, one and a half sources. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, 
I'm not going to lie. I don't get two sources on everything because carbon knowledge tells you is one source that you know. You, but I, I need at least one other source that's uh, you know, like one guy. One guy one time criticized me. You know, you get these guys that they're they're so funny. They think they're so knowledgeable. And I, I was in a chat room or a message board or something, and he criticized me. He says, "Well, when you talk about the hollow earth, you get your." Sources, your source material out of the Hollow Earth books. And I thought, well, what? Where the hell else do you get that? You know? Yeah. Yeah, it's like. If it goes on and and, and we're getting into the scientific evidence, I'll get it out of scientific books. But when I'm talking about the Hollow Earth theory, where the hell else would you get it except out of the Hollow Earth books that that have been ripped, you know? So it just. You know, it's just funny how people think. And let me shoot a question to you uh, regarding the hollow earth. Do you think, yeah. you know, based on your information and on your research, do you think that it really is kind of like the movie uh, Journey to the Center of the Earth, like that, like paradise within? The yeah, earth? yeah. I, 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 the hollow earth theory. That we're talking about two different theories. What did you say? We had thirty more minutes or not? Yeah, we got yeah. about half an hour almost. Okay. Bit. The hollow, the hollow earth theory, and I've explained this on other shows, so I might be just talking to the, you know, singing to the choir. But the hollow earth theory was, was put forth in, in 1913 by uh, a man named Marshall B. Gardner in a book called A Journey to the Center of the Earth. And, uh, and in the book, he claimed that worlds were formed by uh, revolving uh, star systems, or not star systems, but my mind just went right. But anyway, it's a revolving mass, uh, and it, it, he said that the heavier stuff was pulled inwards uh, to form a center core, which uh, just kept getting tighter and tighter and tighter because it was it was you know the heaviest stuff in the universe, and because it got tighter, it created friction, and because it created friction, that created heat, and heat created light. So he claimed that right in the center was a center sun. He claimed that all the lighter weight material was strung outwards to the point where gravity and centrifugal force meet, and it formed an outer shell. And then in between those two was uh, was atmosphere. He claimed that the ups, upside, the top, the outside of the world and the underside of the mantle, which would be that stuff slunk outwards, the inside, looked just like mountains and, and valleys and, and that, and they were both habitable. That the real uh, magnetic pull of the Earth was the mass of the Earth itself. And because it was it was formed into a shell, it would be the center of the shell. Uh, so that if you walked over inside, you would still uh, have that same force pulling you in Plus, you would have the uh, centrific force hold you, hold you in. So that was his theory. The other theory is the subterranean world theory. The subterranean world theory is that there are ancient tunnels connected ancient caverns throughout the, the whole interior of the Earth, and that uh, at times uh, different civilizations or type beings went inside to get to escape outside catastrophes and continued to live inside. For instance, the reptilians, which are uh, uh, relatives of the dinosaur. Right. So so uh, that's the two theories uh, put together, and that's the two theories I studied. 
Shuffle there where you are. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's funny. You know, I this goes, it goes in so many directions, you know, that it's, you know, I've had people tell me at a party, oh, I heard that you know about the whole earth. Tell me about it. And sit down and expect them one drink to learn everything I learned in 45 years. It ain't done <laughs> that way. <laughs> no, yeah, no, it's true. And I, I remember we spoke once about the uh, reptilians, and I asked you about a gentleman by the name of Commander X and the uh, the story that he put out, uh, which was fascinating to me, because the reptilians that a lot of people are seeing are nothing more than the descendants of dinosaurs, which, you know, went out, out of the planet when the, the comet hit, they killed most of the life on Earth. Uh, and it's it, he also says that when they came back, the planet was being ran by monkeys, a.k.a. human beings. Uh, it's very It makes a lot of sense that if there is a hollow Earth, uh, that they would go and, you know, live there since, you know, the population running the top of the earth or the, or the outer layer of the earth is us, you know, they don't want to interact with us for whatever reason. Well, uh, another, thing, another thing you need to look at when studying this whole thing yeah. is, is, you know, I, I, I try to look at everything from a practical standpoint, you know, and uh, practically speaking, if, uh, if, if, if God built a house, why would he put anybody on the outside of the roof? Why would he put them inside? So my contention is that all uh, all heavenly bodies, or not all, but many of the heavenly bodies, are occupied by residents inside. And that man is nothing more than an experiment that was put on the outside of the, uh, of the most habitable planet there was to just see what would happen if they were put on the outside. And it's my belief that, you know, uh, that the inside of these are inhabited. That's why it's always exciting to me when they say they found tunnels on bars and that type of thing. Because I I believe the insides are are where where beings are supposed to live, inside the house, not outside. And I believe that. In fact, listen, we have a caller on the line who has their hand up, 812. Uh, You have a question for our guest? Dennis Crenshaw, ask away. Hello, Jackal. This is Oz. Hey, uh, Oz, man. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing well. Dennis and I have debated this hollow earth thing for, uh, well, better part of two decades now. Um, and he knows that I don't buy the part about the heaviest stuff going to the center of the planet. This whole uh, iron core idea that we have and that we're taught in school is a bunch of crap in my opinion because if gravity theory is accurate and there's no reason to doubt it then the heaviest material would be halfway between the surface and the center not at the center because the center would be zero gravity there would be no acceleration due to gravity at the exact center of the planet. So, there you go. Um, Scientifically, it does make sense. It does. Well, yeah, uh, but yeah. that's the part that's ignored by almost all the researchers and, of course, all the geologists who think they understand planetary science. Well, remember, Oz, we really still don't have a full grasp of even, you know, of space or, or or gravity really uh, to extend it to the full full extent of why even it exists. Uh, so right. I mean, any possibility is possible, which that's the great thing about you know theories. Really, they're all theories. 
Uh, even right. scientific theory is nothing more than theory. String theory is just that theory. Uh, you really there's, there's no way to detect or measure, you know, these right. things. Unfortunately. Well, since you brought up string theory, Michio Keku did a wonderful job in postulating a theory that can't be refuted without magic. Um, so, you know, he's a good physicist. Uh, he, he understood the rules, come up with a theory that nobody can refute just because there's no science. Um, anyway, and that's and that has a lot to do with our research to date and our understanding of what makes up this planet and all other planets. As Dennis will tell you, there's no reason to believe that uh, the magma and, you know, all the volcanoes and stuff go all the way to the center of the earth. Dennis will tell you it's like a pimple. You know, if you, if you pop a pimple, you get this stuff that spews out. Does that mean the whole inside of your head's made up of that stuff? Well, in some cases, yes, but go ahead. <laughs> well, in some people's cases, their, their, their head is hollow. And there's at least one host on Block Talk Radio who definitely has nothing in between the ears. I wasn't going there. That's, that's between you and them. But uh, <laughs> in the old days, Dennis's website, the Hollow Earth Insider, had a forum on it. And we got into some lively discussions there, and it was great. And hopefully we'll get that going again one of these days. Right, Dennis? I'm hoping, man. You know, I've got so much on the top fire that woo. Uh, yeah, as you were saying, as you were saying about volcanoes, right? Uh, that's very true. Uh, though it's funny, in one of the hard work groups, somebody sent me a—I uh, don't know whether it was a, a Wikipedia or, or one of them type of a site explaining about the about volcanoes, and they said, "See, here it is. The magma comes from the from the center of the earth." And I read it, and I read it twice, and then I said, what? And I read it again, and, and what it said was that the magma came from from deep inside the mantle, you know, which is what is true. So, you know, people people misread that kind of stuff. Uh, I, in none of my research have I ever found where magma or the, the stuff spewing out of volcanoes comes from any deeper than 35 miles. And the... the, uh, the the actually the the mantle of our earth is uh the the the, it, it, the skin which is the outside uh is about ten miles thick and then you and, and then you get to the 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 mantle and it's about twenty five hundred miles thick so when you when you find out that that magna comes from no no deeper than thirty five feet it, it's it, what it is is it's it's pockets of where uh Heat has formed. They have no no explanation for it. They have a lot of of uh, theory, but no explanation. But it's a pocket inside the inside the battle where heat forms, and it's forced upwards and out. And so it has nothing to do with the so-called outer core at all. So you know, it's funny. Anytime I've given talks on how Earth, there are three questions that are always asked. That's one of them. What about volcanoes? The other two are the pressure uh, as you go deeper, and the hot how it gets hotter as you go deeper. Well, one of the the deepest we've ever been, by the way, is 8.5 miles. That was into the crust at the Moho. That was just into the crust. But they but they did another project. No, that was it. That was it. Uh, I'm sorry. That was in uh, Russia. 
uh, on a predictor there, Kida predictor or whatever. But the other, we we actually got into the battle because they went into the deepest part of the ocean, and they found a place where the crust was very, very thin. So they were actually able to go uh, into the battle, and that's called the Boho Project. And in the Boho Project, they found that as they went deeper, there was indeed an increase in, uh, in heat <laughs> until they reached a certain depth. And then the amount of the increase of the heat started becoming less and less to a point where if it reached a certain point, it might be nil and back to just like the surface. Now, that's a, that's a finding. But, that you know, once again, that's only eight miles into the battle. Now, at, at the other one, uh, in Russia, which is, the, is known as the deepest hole drill, but in actuality, the other one is deeper because they started deeper. Uh, they they found that pressure did increase till you reach 1,400 feet. And at 1,400 feet, they found less pressure. So there, what that has shown, and that's as deep as they've been, what that shows you is that the idea that the deeper you go, the pressure, there's, they've got something wrong in their equation. And that could be changes in pressure all the way down. So... Uh, that's, that, that answers the three questions that are always asked when somebody asks you about hollow earth. So if you're going to talk about hollow earth, if you remember those three questions and you give a talk and you tell them everything you know and you don't want to bullshit, say, okay, I'll take three questions, and you've already got your answers. Yep. 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 I think we're all doing that. <laughs> so so huh? there are – the other thing you mentioned earlier, Dennis, was that the – the hollow earth theory goes back. I forget now what date you said, but um, early nineteen or early twentieth century. But you know, really, the first writings go back well as long as there's been writings. So yeah, the first, the very first writings about uh, an inner earth. But see now, that's the subterranean theory, not the hollow earth theory. But right. the but the earliest writings about creatures living inside of early earth was found in the tablets of Mesopotamia. Uh, which which are the oldest writings known to man? Uh, there's play yeah. tablets, and it's the story of Gilgamesh, who was half half god and half human, and uh, uh, he, he found out he was going to die. And he didn't like the idea that he was going to die, so he went inside the earth to be, to meet with his mother, who was a goddess, and, and that's where all the gods and goddesses lived was in the underground, and so he went in there to to find her and had all kinds of adventures. <laughs> So that was the first uh, journey to the center of the earth writing is of the oldest writing known to mankind. Another old writing is, is this is awful strange, as uh, people who studied the uh, the Mayan and the Aztec and those type people, they realized that, that the church sent, uh, sent the Jesuits down to destroy any writings. And they kept a few of their books. You know, for years they taught everybody that they didn't have any books. Now they admit they do. And they kept a few and they put them in the, uh, the, the Vatican. It's strange that one of the books is a story about a man who went into the underground uh, and had a lot of adventures there. That's one of the only books they kept uh, from, the, from the Mayans. And it's in the Vatican. So... You know, there's all kinds of strange stuff, you know. Now, anyway, as he was saying about the hollow earth theory, uh, that, that, that gentleman's name was Marshall B. Gardner, 
and he he put forth that theory in 1913. I've been studying that theory versus uh, the accepted theory, which which is taught as fact since uh, since I was in junior high school, or I went back to that time, and uh, I found that every ten years the the accepted theory changes, and it, and although the accepted theory changes every every uh, every every ten fifteen years. The hollow earth theory doesn't change, and the facts that are found are actually pointing more towards the hollow earth theory than the accepted theory. Now, that's a pretty rash statement, but uh, I'll, I'll give you a couple of facts if we got time. Uh, number one, in, in the 90s, it was found that the, the inner sun or the inner core spun faster than the outside of the earth. Probably most people here have heard that. Yeah, well, I, went, I wrote it up in my magazine. And I went and looked up the definition of er, of, of planet because because what they were saying they said that it was, here's the exact words they said the inner 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 core spun faster than the outer part of the planet so therefore it was quote a planet within a planet end quote so I went to the dictionary and I looked up the definition of planet and I looked up the definition of sun. And what I found is what the definition of the dictionary says is that what we have there is a sun within a planet. So it doesn't matter about the rest of the hollow earth theory. That part of this hollow earth theory is true, but scientists refuse to say the words. So that was one. Now, another one is around the same time, excuse me, <coughs> around the same time, one of the number one geologists, and I don't have his name right before my eyes. But all of this stuff I'm telling you is available on my website, uh, www.thehollowearthinsider.com. There's a little box up in the right that says the best of T-H-E-I. And throughout there, you'll find what I'm talking about. And you'll find the link, or not links, because I wrote it before links. But you'll find uh, where the sources are for my information. So about the same time, two other geologists, uh, top geologists in the, in the world, uh, came out with a story that appeared in uh, Earth Magazine and also appeared in Geology uh, Journal of the time. And in it, they said that the under, and this is an exact quote, the underside of the battle looks exactly like the outside of the Earth, although it may be more pronounced. There are mountains, valleys, and rivers upside down under the battle. Well, that, that they had to scramble with the with the known geology, and they wrote a whole new book that they put out real quick, cheap for everybody to read, called "The Naked Earth," that makes the theory fit. So, 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 but that theory fits the hollow earth theory exactly. You know, it yeah. it, 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 it kind of uh, makes sense a little bit. Even even when I look at uh, biblical references, it almost sounds like the Garden of Eden, in a sense. Now that's 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 one very good, very good because that's one theory that uh, that's one theory that several of the people that I was in touch with back in the days we were studying this, and you got to realize that I had people all over the world that were just as interested as I was, and we were studying everything we could find, and then they would send the information to me, and I've still got it. <laughs> but anyway, several of the top uh, people looking at the hollow earth theory have come to the conclusion solid conclusion that would and they, one of them is also a biblical uh, scholar uh, that would would Noah came uh, Noah actually came from inside 
that 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 it was a flood that brought him out of one of the polar openings. Because there's, there, there's mention about him, and there's mention in there about him never having seen daylight. Uh, they had to get used to daylight and all these kinds of things. So uh, that you know that you, you hit on a very good point because, like I said, most of the people that were in the research area there uh, believed that 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 paradise was inside the earth, and yeah. that we uh, that we had been kicked out for some reason. Or something like that. So right, it makes yeah. sense. and even even Noah, Noah, the stories of Noah really are just kind of a reworked of the the trials of Gilgamesh, which you talked about earlier. Like exactly. Noah's flood happened happened to Gilgamesh exactly the same way. So really, exactly. one is the other. I mean, I'm pretty sure Noah is Gilgamesh. Just right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's uh, it, it, it's very interesting. Uh, the, another interesting point is according to uh, Gardner's theory. If the Earth is spinning, uh, was spinning like that, then the heavier material would set to the center of the globe, and it would leave openings at the North and South Pole because there was no batter. You know, if you're slung around, and if you ever take a bucket of paint and spin it real fast, you'll see what I mean. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that, that's his theory. Well, what do we talk? What do we talk about? And also remember that his theory was it's the mass that attracts. So it was the center of this outer crust, which forms the gravitational hold that holds its own, not of the center sun. So with those two facts, uh, I found what I was, I was actually I was researching Admiral Byrd, and, and I, I'll try to get that done again too. Uh, but but what, at, at the same time, in 1947, when Admiral Byrd was taking a, a massive amount of troops to the the North Pole, the largest movement of military and peacetime, even up to the day. And, and then in a few weeks, he was supposed to go for eight months, and in a few weeks, turned around with his tail between his legs and hurried back to Washington after losing several planes, the admin explained. Well, during that time, at the North Pole, there was an experiment going on between the, uh, of, of the U.S. and the Canadian Air Force. I found all this information in the New York Times in 1947. They discovered that there were three magnetic poles, not one, not one moving around, but three. And they further said that if they kept looking, they were sure they would find more and they would be a, in a circle area around the North Pole, but they weren't going to give out the coordinates all. Now, I read this myself personally in the New York Times, and I believe if you go look at my site close enough, you'll find out the exact dates of that stuff. So and so now you've got a circular area around the pole, as Gardner said there would be. Now, at the same time, Wendell Stevens, who was the largest collector of UFO uh, pictures in the world, uh, I asked him uh, what started him in it. He told me that he was in an operation Tarbigan, which, excuse my throat, which uh, which was going on at the same time up in Alaska. He was in the Air Force, and it was his job to take cans of film that was being taken by barbers who were outfitted with the best photographic equipment available in the day, cutting-edge stuff. And that he it was his job to escort the boxes from uh, from these these jets the minute they landed into unmarked aircraft, which took off for Wright-Patterson. 
He said although he could never look at the photos, he uh, he was able to talk to the pilots, and what he found out was they were taking pictures of saucers coming uh, through the ice and diving back into the ice. Oh wow! Oh, and, that, and that's what got him interested in UFO pictures. So now let's 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 take it over and put it together real quick. You got you got uh, you got Abelberg taking the largest army ever moved to the South Pole. You got uh, the army, the Air Force of, of two countries finding a round uh, uh, North Pole instead of in one place wandering around as they try to tell us. And they've got somebody taking pictures of flying objects over the North Pole. And that kind of reminds me of the old farm boy when he goes out hunting a rabbit. You know, he'll, he knows where the two rabbit holes are. He'll send the dogs to one rabbit hole, and he'll wait the other one they pop their head out. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, that's, that, so that's, anyway, that's, that's, that's that part of it, too. That's incredible. Uh, Al, is you still there? I am. Oh, However, anything, uh, you want to add? Go for it. Uh, I've lost my Firefox, so I'm I'm not in the chat room as of right this instant. But uh, yeah, I'm still here, and the whole 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 Earth theory and everything is still fascinating to me. I I came at it from a different angle than what Dennis did, but we ended up in the same place more or less. So consensus a great yeah, actually, find. Actually, oh, actually. Actually, Oz and I have been sharing information for about 14 years, and uh, oh, wow. he also, and I also want to say he also uh, did a little research for me in California when I was researching the Delshaw book. So we've been buddies a long time, and he taught me into doing that radio show we do called Unraveling the Secrets on Saturday night at midnight. <laughs> there you go. And everybody, be there or be square, because that's the place to be. It's an awesome show. Uh, be at my show first, and then we go to his show, their show. There you go. You can be your warm-up act. How's that? I, I'm your warm-up act. That's what it is. I'm, I, I'm, the, I'm the clown that comes out in the beginning and makes everybody laugh a little bit and then gets you know to the serious people later and to the real shows. That's me. I'm the clown. Well, you better take it easy on us next week because we're going to be talking about voodoo. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, and I, I got a box full of sharp pins all ready to go. Yeah, I hear uh, I hear that that voodoo stuff uh, could uh, really that leaves you in a bind. Uh, if I start feeling any if I start feeling any little pricks or any uh, little uh, pinching in my nerves or something, I'm gonna like you know call you guys up and be like, hey, what the hell's going on, man? Hey, there there are plenty of pricks on this network. This yeah. is true. <laughs> yeah, but I've noticed I, I but I've noticed that the professionalism is rising to the top. Yeah, this is true too. Yeah. This is very true. Guys, listen, we're almost out of time here. we got about a minute left. Thank you so much for, for calling in, Oz and, and Dennis. You're awesome, man. Thank you so much for being my guest tonight. I know, like I said, you're a little bit sick and you are you know need that surgery, and I really do appreciate you spending, you know, a couple hours here with me and talking about, you know, your book and everything. You're the man. Yeah, I just, want, I I I just wanted to call in and let him rest his voice a little bit because I had him for a better part of an hour earlier tonight, so I know he's got to be tired. Oh, yeah. No, I spoke to him for a little bit also, and I know how sick he is, man. I bow down to both of you guys, man. You guys are awesome. You do a great show. Everybody listen to their show on Saturday nights at midnight on Raveling Secrets. Even if I have a show for whatever reason on, go to their show. It's better. That's just the truth, man. You guys are awesome. Well, you do find yourself, Jack, but I do appreciate the plug. 
Uh, yes, you know, man. it's from the heart, man. But yeah, with 21 seconds, folks, I want to say God bless everybody. Peace, love, and uh, I'll see you tomorrow. We'll be back here in the Jackal's Head. And then, right, real right. quick, before before we leave, can you do me one favor? What's that, buddy? Can you say really loud and clear here, now I'm a voice in the Jackal's Head, Mr. Dennis Crenshaw. Now... I'm a voice from the jackal's head, Dennis Crenshaw. There you go. <laughs> and we're out of we're out of time here. We're completely overboard. Hey, it's now. gonna it's gonna cost you a dime every time you use it. Oh, I will send you a dime every time I use it. You got my word on it. <laughs> and I know because I and I know because I'm always at your show. <laughs> Oz, I want you to do the same thing for me. Say it. I'm the Oz man, or say whatever you want to say it. This is the Oz man, one of the voices in the jackal's head. That's awesome. See, that's professionalism right there. This is why, why I bowed down to you guys. Why do you think I have him as a co-host? <laughs> <laughs> this is why I bowed down to you two, man, right, right there. Thanks so All much. Right. Guys. guys, God bless. Take care. Good night, and uh, talk to you guys tomorrow. All right. Good night, Jack. Bye. Bye. Yeah, have a good one, man. Take care. <laughs>